This is the official redo of episode 100. I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, I want to thank all the listeners who've been with us since the get-go. The get, uh, if this is your first time listening, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to thank everyone that supported us, helped us, all the sponsors, all the Patreon subscribers, uh, anyone who's liked or shared or subscribed to the show or left a comment. Uh, thanks to all of you. Um, can't believe we got through 100 episodes of this. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm not, I don't got much to say other than, um, if you do like the show, please do all those things. Um, subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, give it a like, get a thumbs up or whatever the equivalent is for that app. Um, leave a comment or a review if you can and, uh, share it with all your friends and, uh, anyone who think, uh, anyone you think might be interested in this. And if you really want to go above and beyond and financially support the show, go to patreon.com slash big truth. And, uh, there's three or four different levels there that you can go and, uh, and, uh, actually financially support the show. They all come with their own benefits and exclusive stuff. Uh, we got a lot going to go on this year with that stuff. So check it out. Patreon.com slash big truth. And, uh, without further ado, let's jump right into it today. You just looking off into space <laughs> with your little bottle of uh, buzz already buzz balls buzz balls yeah <laughs> this is fucking Delicious. great all right yes once again we have liftoff I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Truth Podcast this is the episode one hundred redo the re-recording um what is it like three weeks later uh, no it's gonna be longer than that a month a month or so yeah, yeah. I think. so we recorded this about a month ago and if you follow us on social media you probably saw that it was a whole trail of. Um, shenanigans following the, the last uh, uh, episode 100 where the, um, the the SD card had a crack in it and it started arcing out and I tried multiple ways um, to uh, recover the, the episode. It was a four hour M4 with a uh, but, you know, I'll introduce it. We get the same cast of characters with us today, but just so background. So uh, we, we tried to get that downloaded. Didn't work. Big shout out and thanks to everybody involved. That it, it turned into an international effort. One of the guy from came over from Europe was trying to help out and this and that. He flew over from Europe. No, no, he was he was here for the um, he was here for one of the shows. Uh, yeah. And um, and uh, I forgot what show it was. We were at it, I think. I was. I was. Yeah, he was. I forgot who it was, but but my mind's in fog right now. So anyway, but long story short, we had an international team of experts trying to download this thing and recover the data. We couldn't. So sorry about that. So we had to give some time, let some time go by, so we wouldn't try to recreate the episode. Um, so this is heal the redo. Wounds. Yeah, heal the wounds, lick yeah. the wounds, and fucking keep going. But so yeah, this is an M4. I'm here with uh, to my left, Chris Pittman. Uh, left across, uh, 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 Mark Unseen and uh, Joe Hawk directly across from me. What's up? We're uh, broadcasting live from the um, third lift over at Chophead Custom Cycles, as usual. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Next What's year, going on? <laughs> next year, we do this M4 punk rock bowling. <laughs> punk rock bowling. <laughs> right by the poolside. <laughs> yes, Ryan Packer couldn't be with us because he has to go work at punk rock bowling. Real talk. Uh, we'll, we'll give him a call later. Um, 
And uh, yeah, man, last episode was good. I, I, I don't remember all of it, but I remember we had a lot of uh, past guests come on. Uh, we called a lot of people. I didn't tell anybody we were going to be calling them today. We might gorilla call people later, depending on how drunk we get or how stupid we get or how bored we get. <laughs> just any of those things. But, um, but just, uh, again, thanks to everybody that stuck with us for this first 100 episodes. This is actually technically 101, even though it's 100. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's surprising to me that this thing's still going. So it's all gravy from here. <laughs> Have you done much talking about, like, how it was that you got started to doing this podcast and what you thought this was going to be when you started it versus after 100 episodes, what it, what it eventually has become? Um. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, literally, it started. Um, I, I might have addressed some of that somewhere. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, did you just start it just because you, you, everybody was locked down? Or, or, no, you started it right before the lockdown, right? Yeah. So basically, what had happened was um, podcasting was was emerging and getting bigger. Um, People had told me to do a podcast before, like Ian. It, it, uh, basically, Ian McFarland is kind of responsible for this. Yeah. Because uh, Ian kept being like, dude, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I was like, I always thought a podcast, like <clears throat> a, I thought of a podcast as one person sitting there like ranting for two hours. And I'm like, I can't do that. I got, I don't, I, I just, that's, I don't get that in me to rant yeah. for two hours by myself. Um, so then I started listening to more podcasts and I heard like different ones, interview ones. And then things like Rogan and, you know, all the stuff. But I started listening to a lot of the, the punk rock and hardcore ones. Because mm-hmm. there'd be, like, guests I really wanted to hear on it. Like, someone would have, like, Mike Judge or Polly or from Shia Terra or whatever. Yep. And you'd listen to them, and they sounded like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. I was like, would yeah. you record this in a fucking wind tunnel? So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe I should do it. Because like, I can, you know, I figured the, the background would be, you know, punk rock, hardcore stuff, motorcycle stuff, and just weird shit, right? And so I was just like, no one's doing that. Like everyone, everyone sub, uh, specializes in one subgenre. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't care. We'll do whatever. And so just figured with a background and interviewing people with anthropology and stuff uh, that it would go all right. And then, then the lockdowns happened and it was cool. It was something to do every week, you yeah. know, and it was easy to get everyone too because right. no one was doing anything. So yeah. that's why, and, and I wasn't, so I could do it every week. Now that's why it's biweekly because yeah. it's, it's, a, you know, running three businesses and then trying to get in touch with all our friends that are always crazy i mean it's impressive that you made like i mean technically at this point it's 101 episodes because i mean it seems like if if you can do a podcast that lasts like a solid 12 episodes like you have like a successful like show yeah even if it gasses out at 12 so i mean for you to be doing this is this like second year third year i don't even know more than that right i (laughs) mean we're three years into this pandemic yeah so it must be about three years two three years that's pretty more impressive. than three years. It's pretty impressive, man. And yeah. like you, I'll look it up. I yeah. can find out when the first one was. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Johannes was the first guest. Yeah, that was actually yeah. It was during the pandemic because I remember that because I was, was I was number eleven. You were eleven. I was eleven, and then we had just started talking about how like I remember one of the things we were talking about. We're like, hey man, like maybe this is gonna be a good thing. Like we're all gonna like unify and. Like, with, with all this, we're going to, like, and, you know, and then that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'd have to bring it out this fast. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 11, I was so hopeful for the future. And yeah. Now... <laughs> Your smile and optimism yeah. is gone. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it's yes, way yes. gone. That was just a smile of sarcasm and fucking whatever. Just, I'm just, whatever's behind the smile is not <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the bumper sticker say? I'd rather be a... I'd rather be building a... Uh, 
whatever it is, Bulldozer in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Garnsby, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. That movie's fucking, that documentary is so fucking it's good, great. man. So. Yeah, we, we definitely, on the anniversary, we're going to have to do a Killdozer appreciation uh, episode. Oh, I want to get a Killdozer tattoo, man. Yeah. yeah Maybe sure. we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll have uh, Dan or uh, Johannes come on and do them live. Oh, that would be fucking great. How come, you know, uh, uh, oh, you should have a contest to see if there's anybody that would get like a Big Truth podcast tattoo. No one's gonna do that. Somebody's I bet somebody do would do it. Somebody would be fucking. If you do, do make the tattoo free, and they have to do something like, uh, you know, like this post, share it, and then we'll no, select one they person at random. Like, they got to do something stupid. Like, I mean, you you got to have win like a stupid prize. Like, like Getting like the tattoo is the stupid. Thing. The fox. You got to get fox. the stupid fox. Yeah, if you okay. get the tattoo, you get the Joe's like, All right. do it. All right. So my father dug out this fucking rancid, fucking. <laughs> Taxidermy. Uh, taxidermy fox that's fucking horrible out of his attic. I wasn't here when he brought it here to the shop. Yeah. I was running an errand or something, and uh, Ryan was like, dude, your father came in laughing his ass off, and he just put that down and fucking left. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you can win this rancid fox. I'll take a picture of it and put it out there. Yeah. The first person to get to a... Uh, I don't care what you do. You don't have to get the logo or anything. Like, what? It's got to be... Uh, a cre it's, take it's, creative, artistic <laughs> license. It's got to be something that's an obvious reference to the Big Truth podcast. And I would, I would also venture to say you'll get a $50 gift card from Hijinks Apparel because he was uh, sponsoring this episode with that. So you get a $50 gift card from Hijinks Apparel. And an Apparel $8 grab bag and a fox. <laughs> but you have to, if you're out of state, you have to pay for the shipping for that ugly fucking box. No, no, I'll pay for the shipping. I'll pay yeah. for the shipping. If you get a tattoo of the podcast, I'll pay the shipping. Like, I, you're you too know. good to your fans. <laughs> I'm too good. That's too good, right? Mm. I hope nobody... That should be the, uh, like the ad for the... This episode is just the fox. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, I yeah. hope I hope nobody gets that tattoo because I, I want to buy that fox off you for the cast. So the problem is, is like we're only eight minutes in and we already got the contest out of the way. <laughs> Good. I meant to do a contest too, and I didn't tell you. And everything must be in sync. So yes. Everything's good. I've done enough of these. Yeah. So the thing is, too, because, yes, yeah, the 100th episode, we had yeah. to do a contest. So thank you, Chris and, and, uh, and Joe, for, for coming up with a good contest here and uh, <laughs> rules and parameters. So, um, so. Whoever is the, is, is it, uh, no, wait, is it going to be the first person to email us a picture of the tattoo or the best one? I don't think there's going to be more than one episode. Yeah, yeah. For argument's sake, like, just let's pretend there's going to be two people that are super enough. There's not going to be two no, people. Yeah, but let's just, let's, let's just pretend, all right? All right. Whoever has the first tattoo, Gets the better that. tattoo. We, we will do an M4 vote. Okay. And whoever has the better. <laughs> oh, we'll big, put it big, up. Big, big, yeah, big. Big Truth Podcast tattoo. Maybe I'll put it out to the Patreon subscribers and let, okay, them, let them choose let them decide. the winner. Let, yeah, let that the way it's decide. not on us, so okay. no one can say we play in favor yeah, time. Right. Let the people choose. The first. This is the benefits of becoming a Patreon subscriber. Yes. You, get to, you get to vote on dumb shit. So that person will get the Fox and the $50 gift card. And I'll throw in a, some other prize pack. And then... I have a bunch of stuff from past sponsors and stuff I'll throw in there. All right, cool. Like Valuing at least $100 worth of crap. All right, so you get to get... Horribly disfigured for the rest of your life. Oh, and hold it—you could toss in like a, uh, well, a no, laser, I'm not, laser I'm not. tattoo removal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, no, no, I, I will the do. Runner, the runner will, up gets laser tattoo removal. I will do year, discounted. Year, year, I, yeah. I will do discounted. Discounted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But year after. One year after. You yes. have to sit around for a year with that stupid tattoo yeah. of whatever it may be. So the problem is, right? Like, as we grow older, yes, I know less people that would do this stuff. Ten years ago. 
we would have had 30 ten people ye- ten like tomorrow. Ago, 10 years ago, that fox would be coming home. Yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Johannes would be here like right now. We'd be texting him and he'd be here and you'd be getting a podcast tattooed. But yeah, so I don't care what you get as long as it is obviously the podcast reference and it doesn't matter where you get it. I don't care where you get it. Or does it have to be a visible one? No, it's got to be. It's got to be somewhat visible. Because I mean, if somebody's just gonna like, I mean, if somebody just gets it like I on, don't their know, what, on, on their on their on their thigh or something like yeah. that, like this is an advertisement. Yes, for the okay. for the show. All right. Extra point. Extra points for like neck or hands. Neck, hands, forearms, face, 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 face. face, face, face you just chewing, chewing. I'll toss in a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So if you get a Big Truth podcast on your face, you will get a uh, a, a rancid fox taxidermy. It's a big full size fox too. And, and there's it's like there's some landscape. He's it's like landscape. he's on a log. He's on he's on driftwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you will get a fifty dollar gift card from Hijinks Apparel. You will get a hundred dollars from Joe yep. personally. Yeah. And uh, you will get a prize pack from uh, from me. Well, yep. I'll throw a bunch of stuff, chop head stuff, Big Truth <laughs> podcast stuff. So that's uh, past sponsor stuff. We still got stuff from like Pirates Press and Roger at Purchase Street Records and stuff. So. What, what, are you gonna, go. what are you going to toss in? And uh, Mark will send you one of his old CDs that he peddles on fucking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get, uh, you, you get, oh, I, I, you know what you could give Sound of Rebellion 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you do this before July 15th. All right, <laughs> no, but, it keeps yeah, getting more and more get complex. Yeah, get if, if you do this before. Front row's ticket. No, 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 no. Before July 15th. You get to be put on the Unseen's guest list, and you get to hang out with the Unseen in the green room. You get a backstage pass. Backstage pass. You get to sing one song with you, the Unseen. You get to sing one scene, uh, song, and, uh, and, and you, get to, uh, in, you get to share pizza with Mark himself in the back room. Of the I, I'll buy the pizza. I'll okay. buy the pizza. I'll be Your choice of toppings. No, I'll just buy the pizza. Okay, just buy the pizza. Okay. So that, that's is, a good Is context. that good with you, Mark? Yeah, it's got a half-hour cap time limit, though. <laughs> <laughs> you love your fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, before I forget, speaking of that, so um, our show on July 15th, uh, I wanted to let everybody know that... 12 minutes in, first plug. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so um, I was talking to uh, Brian you- from Death for Dishonor today, and um, <laughs> they have a, a new single coming out. Seven inch. It's gonna be uh, our show is gonna be their record release show. It's um the Boston show there. The, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh two songs seven inch. I've actually heard it. It's actually really good. It's an original. And then the B side is um Sonic Reducer by the Dead Boys. Okay. And it actually sounds awesome. He sent it to me um, first without vocals. Brian does everything he can to escape like the beatdown rap. <laughs> like whenever they do a cover, it's like Cox Power or right. like Dead Boys. It's like you know what I mean. Like, but when I when I first heard the like the cover, I'm like, this kind of sounds familiar. I didn't know it was Sonic Reducer. I'm like, dude, this is a fucking awesome Oi song because like the way they play wow. it. Wow, did they do it? They do it Oi tempo. Fucking poser, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was I don't know. It was early. But anyway, wait, yeah. wait, wait, what's that? I'm just like, it's just like, I, I mean, dude, it is a well-known you, yeah. you should be able to fucking like know Sonic Reducer like right off the bat. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Like, like, this is a great no, boy it's, song. It's like, what's this song? I've never heard this before. <laughs> Bro, it's Bullets Creek Bob. It was just like, it was just like, the, it was like just a riff. It wasn't like, it was like halfway through the verse when it kicked on on my phone. Uh, and I'm like, and, so, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like they're doing like an Oi song or something. And so then, so um, they did it at that time. Like, and then I heard, like, the lead. And I'm like, oh, it's Sonic Reducer. Yeah. And then and then he said it to me with vocals and stuff. But, yeah, anyways, um, Death Before Dishonor has a new 7-inch coming out um, right around July 15th. 
and uh, two songs. And and uh, you'll get a, uh, if you get a Big Truth podcast tattoo, you probably you get, get a new Death Photo Son or 7-inch. We'll, we'll get you a Death, maybe maybe a test press. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see how much Brian wants to appreciate this plug on his, right. on, his on the show. I'll text him and ask <laughs> Yeah, well, let's, let's text Let's call him. Actually, let's call oh, Brian. Oh, yeah, do it. He, he's going to be our first, he's going to be our first gorilla call. All We're right. going to gorilla call Brian? Yeah, I'm going to call right. him. Hold on one second. Their seven inch is called Master of None, by the way. So these are gorilla calls. We don't know if people will pick up or not. He said he was going to like a work party with his wife or something, but he might answer. Perfect. All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's see if he picks up. Make sure, right, hold on. Make sure it doesn't go to his voicemail and tell his phone number on the voicemail. <laughs> no, if it does, I'll hang up. Wait, I want to pair this. I gotta I gotta pair my phone. Hold on one second. Such a good oi riff. Yeah, such a good oi riff. Yeah. Are the Dead Boys like playing again now or some shit like that? I saw like they they toured, I believe. Yeah. They toured. Yeah. Has anyone heard? That's. I think so. I think. Yeah, they have played. Yeah, yeah. Played. I think they've played a few times. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you really have to ask yourself at what point can it not be serious or worthwhile? You know, can a punk band continue to play for a hundred years? Here we go. Let's see. No, no, keep talking. The phone's just ringing in the background. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a shelf life to fucking everything. I think that a lot of these classic bands, we're, we're beyond that now, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just, it really tempers my enthusiasm for seeing any of these bands that started between 1977 and 1982 um, not telling anyone what to do, of course, here, but it's just like, um, I remember seeing some of those bands in the late nineties and they were old Please then. Yeah. Right. Uh, wah, wah. <laughs> not you, not you, right? He's probably at his work party. So. Yeah, I don't know if there's any bands from that era that would actually get me out the door to see anything. I mean, I mean, I, I would, I would check out some of those bands. I would, you know, if, um, Verukers came around or yeah. GBH, you know, these classic bands. I saw Exploited last year. They were really fun. That was yeah. fun. Dude, Waddy keeps performing. He's had like how many heart attacks on Literally stage? Literally like two. He's I still think. going, dude. Like, I, think I just even saw his brother stop playing. He's like, I can't play with you anymore, dude. Yeah. yeah. I saw footage of what they played at Punk Rock Bowling, right? Like, there was some footage I just saw of them, like, that was filmed yesterday. And it was yeah. probably, yeah, probably. I think they're playing Punk Rock Bowling. Yeah, that they're was, still good. Verukas are still great. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually playing with them in September. In I haven't California. seen them. I'm very jealous of that. I saw a discharge with the singer of Veruca singing for discharge. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that was, was absolutely awesome. awesome. He did yeah. a good job. But man. then yeah. more recently, I saw a discharge again with their new singer. And like, no disrespect to that guy or the band, but it didn't really didn't hit. Didn't catch me the same way. Yeah. But he did a fucking great job. Yeah, no, he did an awesome job. I saw that. Yeah. I think that guy's just an awesome front man, Rat. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's, an, you know, kind of an inspiration to me as a singer in a band. Yeah, man. Fucking Brian, dude. Crossed off the Christmas list. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. So, I, I don't think a lot of people... I, dude, I don't pick up my phone ever. Like, so, And it's going to be funny just to see. I do. I'm, I'm just so desperate for you. He probably knew, though, because I told him I was coming tonight. Like, yeah, I, he's like, I'm like, oh, dude, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, truth has never called me. Like, like, what? like I text, you know, we text, but he's never called me. He's like, what the fuck is going on? You? Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, speaking of that, like, Black Flag keeps insisting on tour. <laughs> It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, they coming around. Uh, they, just they just came around. Just came around. Right? Yeah. Did, yeah, did they I play didn't the go. Middle East like a yeah, couple weeks ago? Yeah. I didn't go to the Middle East. I saw him in New Bedford uh, last year or whatever. And I, was like, 
I didn't go to any of those shows. You know, when I was a kid, if you had told me Black Flag was coming around, I would have cut my arm off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. now you couldn't drag me to something like I, that. I would call in a noise complaint if it was like totally. A <laughs> what I did do though, what I did do, like what I did appreciate seeing was years ago when they did the Free the West Memphis yeah, Three show. That was, that uh, that was, was yeah. great. And Keith Morris came out and sang the first half, and then. Uh, Henry Rollins saying the second half they did a split set that was fucking great because it was all kinds of ex member old members from Black yeah. Flag. This Greg Ginn fucking money grab one sucks. <laughs> I think it's cool sometimes when some of these bands do like a one off. Yeah, and for a fest or whatever. But um, I don't know. You see these people touring. So many bands. It's just the singer or it's just the guitarist yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just the drummer. And oftentimes everyone else in the band are young guys from other bands. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not like. <clears throat> You know, you're not getting any of what it was to see right. this band in the past. And, not and for it's nothing, just so fake. Yeah. And not for nothing, Black Flag had so many fucking members. If you can't get one <laughs> yeah, other right. dude or you one know, other girl, cause you can't get Kira yeah. to come with you or, or you know... Then you, there's something wrong, right? Yeah, right. They, put they out, can't even get Dale Nixon. They, they, <laughs> they put out that fucking record where the cover looks like the Airheads rapper or whatever, Dude, Warheads rather. Horrible, That's man. the worst right. album cover I have ever yeah, seen. Know, it's it's such seen, a joke. It's that? called What the F. You've got to see this fucking cover. <laughs> this is the, one of the most iconic, legendary bands of all time. They could have chosen anything. They could have yeah. contacted the most renowned artist in the world. I mean, think about is, the is, old is Black Pettibon Flag art. Is yeah. Ray Pettibon still alive? They could have had him do another one. And that would how great Dude, would that have their been? Their art is an this, iconic part of that this, band, and this, this is their fucking record cover. Just, he did all we'll the do, We're going to do a visceral finish, react. Finish drinking your drink, and then just the announcement. <laughs> 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 it's like a parody. That came out like 10 yeah. years ago or something. I remember yeah. that being like, this, what the this, fuck? I was like, is this, this fucking serious? South Park? This is yeah. their real this, record cover, this, dude? This looks like something that would be in like, like Claire's at the mall. <laughs> Like, like, literally, it would have been way better if they just had that top and bottom script in just the green background. Yeah. Uh, right. Acceptable. They, I'd, I'd, yeah. Like, Not bad. Wasn't that with, um, what's his name? Ron. Which, Ron. Uh, which, that yeah, album with Ron what Reese, iteration? Is that his name? Ron Reyes. Yeah. Ron, yeah. He was like, uh, hold on. Let's see. I, uh, let me, let me see. He was like the first yeah, or second uh, yeah. singer, right? Yeah. Ron, Ron's the singer. On oh, this. wait, wait, wait. Brian called us back. Oh. Wait, let's call him. <laughs> he called back. I I had my thing on. Now we're playing phone tag. Hello. Uh, we are calling because we are uh, promoting live on the podcast a uh, seven inch by a band called Death Before Dishonor. Um, we just wanted to see if we could get uh, some commentary, please. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Mark, Mark promoted your seven inch 12 minutes into the podcast. As he should, as he should I have to promote his 30 year anniversary. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, this is episode 100, but the redo, we just was uh, giving you a call to check in. Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about the, uh, the seven inch or whatever you guys uh, got going on there? Uh, so we came back from Europe with a uh, from a very special tour with very special people uh, in February. Uh, a band called Slapshot, uh, ourselves, Risk, and uh, International American War Machine. Uh, so <laughs> we got International back Incident of, uh, War Machine. <laughs> allegedly, don't ask. Uh, so there was a bunch of momentum. We had some songs in the can, so we uh, decided to record a seven-inch before we go back to Europe for festivals. Uh, so yeah, we recorded. A new song and a cover song for this said seven inch. Yeah, what what's the uh, release date? 
And where can people find it? Uh, I've, I've been asked now. So I know that it will be out by the Unseen, the punk rock band from Boston called The Unseen. Uh, you might have heard of them. <laughs> might have heard of them. on Warped Tour and elsewhere. Um, but not that often anymore. Uh, I know it will be out by then. I don't know the exact release date. It should be announced on Tuesday. I don't know when this the, uh this international podcast is going to air. <laughs> but... It should be out on then. Uh, it should be out by then. Uh, but sometimes end of June, early July. All right. Uh, on on, on uh, the Bridge Nine record. Nice, cool. Uh, and uh, we we had uh, we had uh, thrown in a uh, test press of that to the first person that gets a Big Truth podcast tattoo on their face. Is that all right? One hundred percent. Yeah. Peel the sticker off. <laughs> Fuck yeah! What are, what are you uh, doing right now? You at a party? Uh, I'm out with I'm out with my wife at a at an event, an adult event, I guess we would call it. Uh, <laughs> not a punk rock event. Um, how's everything in uh, that side of Massachusetts? Everything good? We're holding it down. We're holding it down. It's me, uh, Mark, Joe Hawk, and Chris Pittman. Nice. And you? Yeah, and you. Mark. Mark was like, "Oh, you should come down." I was like, "Oh, cool. Tell me twenty minutes before a forty-five minute ride." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's punk rock. <laughs> but yeah, so we have a new seven inch that should be announced on Tuesday. I don't know when this podcast is going to be out, and then like uh, next we're playing. Week. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you know, fortunately, I paid enough money to get on the unseen thirtieth anniversary show. I appreciate that. Pay to play. Pay to play. I appreciate all the tickets you, that yeah. you pre-sold. Yeah, we sold them all. So if anybody needs tickets, I don't have them because we just. I like got a, I got like another stack in my house. If you want, I'll, I'll I'll meet up with you this week. Just like thirty more. Nah, nah, I'm trying to cut down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is going on. And, and and hey, while you got here, I appreciate the American war machine phenomenon that happened in Europe. It was amazing. We had a good time, um, man. That was. I, we still got. We probably should still do a tour recap podcast before we forget everything because that was a good one. It was a good time. It was a good one. We absolutely should. Uh, How many? Time. 18 dudes on one bus for like three weeks. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. And every, 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 whether it was two in the morning or six in the morning, it was me, Brian, and Craig down in the, down in the lounge, <laughs> not being able to what, sleep. What, yeah. Whether we're either trying to sleep downstairs or partying. It was yeah, all happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, fuck yeah. We'll let you get back to your adult event. And um, well, I, well, I appreciate you checking on us, little folk. Um, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your podcast, and we we should definitely do a catch up soon. And uh, yeah, uh, what is it, July fifteenth, the 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 return of the almighty punk rock Boston Legends Unseen at the Middle East, right? That's right. But Mark, oy, oy. Mark mentioned this show, but he promoted your seven inch, so you know. Um, whatever you paid them, <laughs> it, it's, it was, it was yeah, money well we invested. Don't, uh, allegedly. We don't want to talk about it. Uh, don't worry about it. All right. Fuck yeah, I man. Got... All right. Have a good All night, right, bro. All right. So that worked out. All right. <laughs> One down. <laughs> we're, we're, it's going to be jam-packed with uh, special uh, appearances. You know what we should do? We should... Then they're probably not going to pick up the phone, even if we could find their phone number. But we should actually call like the punk rock museum and like ask them a bunch of stupid questions. Let's do it. We're right. get ba- bands. Let's let's talk about the punk rock museum first because I know we had a good. That's like that's like that. What's I think we had a lengthy this? conversation before you were even yeah, here. Chris. All, all that stuff like between See the punk rock bowling, the between the punk rock bowling and the punk rock museum, like that's just 
stewing in my mind. I'm like, there's there's so much gold that we could talk about. And we're going to be checking in with Ryan Packer later, and we're yeah. going to get a live update about what's right. the, the going on at Punk Rock Bowling. Yes. And, uh, yeah. It, we should also bring up what the uh, the lineup is for Punk Rock Bowling also, because I don't even know who's playing that. Mark, you must have played Punk Rock Bowling at some point. Yep, I have. Yeah. Um, the thing with Punk Rock Bowling is it's part of it is – like a huge outdoor festival, which is kind of similar to like a warp tour, you know, like main, like stages set up at the end of a parking lot. But then they also do nightly club shows, which is like playing like the Middle East downstairs, like that type of vibe. And uh, we've done it a few times, but we, we've always done the club shows. I'm like, I have no interest in playing on a huge stage outside in front of 10,000 people in like 100 degree weather. I'd rather play like the 500 capacity room. This is, this so. is a, a, a- a credibility grab right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, you know. This is a credibility keep it real. grab. What, what I want to know corporate is, event. What I want to know is uh, how I'm many... Sponsored by Monster, I want to keep it real. <laughs> how many times has uh, Aaron Mikovich uh, interviewed you? Who's that? Uh, no, never. Never? No. Who's yeah. that? I did sleep over a house once, though. Oh, did you? Did anything happen? <laughs> Not much. Not much? <laughs> it was that, a long time ago. That's that, like, she, she does some sort of, like, YouTube show called, like, I don't know, like, the last rock and roll shit or something. I don't know. Like she's like a, a somewhat attractive looking chick who's completely stupid. She has like Liberty spiked charged hair and she just interviews like punk bands. Like, are you, are you showing a picture of her? No, I know. I know who you're talking you know about. Yeah, I know. Who you're I know. Well, okay. Uh, the tag, the, the main caption. <laughs> Is it, does it really say never mind the ball? <laughs> is it really? I didn't see the rest because it was blocked off. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the punk rock museum. Man, that's, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> and anyhow, this, right, it, this chick, she interviews bands at like things, events like Punk Rock Bowl, and she's just dumb as the day is long. And, uh, she just is it that's not the girl that um talks about punk rock stuff but gets all the facts wrong yeah, like kind of on yeah, purpose yeah yeah is that the one no they're, they're not, not on purpose, purpose. no She's no no there's, there's one where i really think it's on purpose it's it's fucking hysterical i mean i'll uh, show you a you picture know, of who maybe, i mean look you, ultimately, you know, i think it's uh, the dude from bad religions kid that wasn't the dude from circle jerks and um no it, it's not the same person all right all right, there's another one where she like talks about like she'll talk about Black Flag or the or or misfits and just say we, the total wrong stuff. On we purpose. shouldn't even like give this person the know, attention that okay. they're getting okay. on this right. episode. Right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, punk. The idea of punk has become this huge thing, yeah. and it can mean multiple things to multiple people. There is a concept of no, what no, it is. no, can't man. It's got to be way more elitist. Well, <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I, 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 for my part, have tried to be the most elitist yeah. man on earth. for for many years and ultimately feel like that failed because you just can't fight social media you can't fight the future there there there's no like collective will to keep anything underground or exclusive everybody wants shit to be on instagram and stuff the moment that it happens and so it's going to be what it's going to be and you, you you can have people out there who are trying to live outside the system and stuff and that's great Oh man, Mark is showing me some really <laughs> horrific, cringy advertising for this punk rock punk museum. Punk rock museum? What's the crusty package? What's 
the crusty packages, you walk through the door and then they like shower you with beer and then coat you with flour. Yeah. So you look like you've been antiqued. I mean, yeah. what so the hell? It sold out anyway. It sold <laughs> out. It was $100. $100. Um, look, so we were talking so, about that earlier. Like, how so, much is it to get in there and how look, many people are walking through that door this so, weekend? So if, if me, Truth, and Mark start a band right. called The Crusty Package, can we do a split <laughs> with Killed Spike? No. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> the Crusty Package. It's just like some like crust punks balls. <laughs> it's like the album cover. Yeah. It's the crotch of the of It's like the Molly Crew album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. But it's got stink lines Dude, and flies. Did you see the bottom of like the discharge logo, like at the bottom of the shirt? The, the, the flap. Like yeah, the, the flap. Blood flap on the Let's front. Do it. Look, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Where's Packer? He, he'd be in. Right. You know the the thing he, about like he'll be in the band. He's he's the crusty packer. <laughs> the crusty packer. <laughs> <laughs> we all have like bad like crust names. I don't even agree with the way that the word crusty Dirty was Joe. spelled <laughs> in that thing that you showed me with an I E. It's not right. It should be it's a, a y. y. It's yeah, a y. absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the big truth podcast. <laughs> So, oh, imagine that! So imagine, I'm dude, I'm doing that. That's gonna be the app for episode 100. Imagine, maybe. yeah, the, the you have like a new logo now, and then it's just the Sex Pistols, like ransom note lettering, so re, redone to say Big Truth Podcast. So I mean, stupid. all of this stuff has become so meaningless. <laughs> it's so dumb. So, so uh. let's see. So Saturday today, Bad Religion's playing. I know Packer's real happy about that. I, they, I wonder if they're playing any of the Christmas songs. <laughs> that's that's Packer's favorite album. He was telling me about it earlier. <laughs> Did we talk about the Christmas album with you? No. No. Do you know this is a real thing? I'm not at all surprised no, to hear the it. The Bad Religion Christmas album is a I real thing. A full album. I do not like Bad Religion. I'm not surprised they did a Christmas album. I never felt that Bad Religion was even really adjacent to what I was interested in or trying to do. Um, Still to this day, I've never met a Bad Religion fan with the exception of Packer. I can say in full honesty, to the best of my knowledge, I have never heard Bad Religion. That's good. Isn't there's that a, good? Keep, keep a, that run up. I'm trying. Dude, there's a great uh, thing on YouTube or somewhere where the dude does like every Bad Religion song. <clears throat> oh, I saw that. That was. <laughs> he also does every Rancid song and he does like a bunch of them. Yeah. And they're great because, did you see that? No. Yeah. I, I forgot. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you, but it's just like, it, it's fucking a So Part so. of my elitist program with regard to <laughs> punk is not liking Bad Religion. Yeah, and, there you go. Yeah. They're just a t-shirt band. They just have that one logo. I, I bet in 1982 or whatever, that logo was fucking really great at getting into fights and other things that yeah, people yeah, want to be absolutely. doing, you yeah. know, but unfortunately for us, it's uh, 2023 or whatever it is. And that is about the most basic bitch milk toast <laughs> statement that you can possibly try to make. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, imagine if uh, Bad Religion came out with a T-shirt uh, with the no sign over other religion symbols. Now, yeah. now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. As a teenager, my friend was like, let's start a band called, like, Worse Religion and, like, put, like, you know, something else on it. And it's like, it's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what they were going for. Well, originally. that's just it. I mean, uh, there there was value in um, that yeah, you, were, you were rebelling against a majority that was Christian-dominated in a, in a society where Christianity was being pushed on people in schools and stuff, you know, and for— not complaining about this reality, but I guess fortunately for everyone, that has changed at least to an extent, at least where we live, certainly. Um, 
But the things that used to be provocative and edgy aren't anymore. No, and that's kind no. of the. That's no, and, and meanwhile, there's in no punk, recourse to attacking Christianity anymore. anymore. Yeah, meanwhile, there in punk, there is no advantage to be gained from trying to be edgy or provocative in no. like a real way. You'd get shunned immediately, you know, for for any expressing anything that's outside of like majority accepted moral views. Well, it's it's just like uh, anything, man. Like. The left that's supposed to be progressive, like they're the most fucking fascist motherfuckers around now. And punk the rock, the most people punk that were supposed to be so accepting well, of all things are the most fascist. Motherfuckers I think there around. is there is an extreme left out there, and some of those people are in yeah. punk. That is that is like fighting for traditionally left wing things that that I certainly also agree with. You know, sure, but then sure. you've no, got no, this no. this yeah. sort of more mainstream people who might kind of present themselves as being leftists that, in the grand scheme of things, might even be uh, right wing or center right, yeah, right yeah. At, at best. I mean. Yeah, this is it's it's a wacky world out there, so, and that's why I'm gonna drink a buzz ball pr- provided by Joe Hawk. They're they're delicious. Thanks for bringing those buzz balls. I had never had one before today. Which one did you? Uh, which I brand? drank the cranberry one, cran blaster, which is great. Yeah, the, a, uh, the woman at the package store. She said that that was her favorite. Interesting. So, yeah. I'm about to have a chalk. Oh shit! So for people who don't know what, a, so I always thought a buzz ball was a, a Jello shot, and I don't know why I ever thought that. I mean, it's just this the color of it. <laughs> I mean, good. You guys know about this thing that um, college students are doing now, the, the Borg, the Blackout Rage Gallon? You guys know about this? Oh, shit. Sorry. Uh, I, I spilled buzzball all excellent. over the, the pad. Just like that, the show gets deleted. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what, what is, what is okay. it? Glitch. It, it was is a glitch. mixture of like, um, it's like energy drinks, a tremendous amount of booze. There's like Pedialyte or like some weird like medicinal type stuff yeah. in there. And so the idea the is the con- yeah, you're getting hydrated. You're getting a tremendous amount of alcohol. You're getting the energy drink boost. And the idea is that you're supposed to like black out and rage, hence the name. And then, then the next day you don't like have a uh, hangover or whatever, supposedly. But like people are dying. New contest. <laughs> so Also, I'm like... I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to pick a hole in this. Like, I'm like, well, he, this here's all the thing. sounds great. Aren't, aren't you, Other aren't than you the death. basically doing the same thing? I'm, right I'm, now. I'm basically doing that now. I've had two Tito's and uh, Celsius's. Yeah. And I'm on a buzz ball right now. And, and Mark brought in this Mountain Dew energy drink, which is going to be the worst thing in the world. That's yeah, pretty bad. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to get to that. So I'm basically doing it. I call that an even Steven. When you do yeah. that, and then you then you do vodka and Gatorade after you do vodka and yeah. energy drinks, because then the, you get hydrated. And, I'm just pissed because when I was a kid, there was no blackout rage gallon to be drinking. And I feel it was like called Thunderbird. Well, I was drinking like, Mad you know, and I say a kid, right? I mean, like my er, early 20s here, you know, I was drinking like the brass monkey, the 40. with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, And it's just like, where was this scientific attitude towards like blacking out? <laughs> but in a way that also keeps you alive past to the point where maybe you would die. That, uh, well, we, we didn't have the internet. Man. We didn't because have the internet. That's, that's one of the main things, right? Yeah. So the internet has done us, uh, you know, evil as well as good. The, yes. The duality I mean, of man. I mean, if you think about, like, all those, like, weird, I mean, not even, like, drinking challenges, but just, like, weird challenges. Like, it was, like, like within the last five years, like, the, 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 the Tide Pod. These kids and their <laughs> Tide Pods. None of, none of us, I mean, not that Tide Pods, Tide Pods existed when we were kids, but none of us, well, maybe you and your friends would have thought of Crusty Package is totally against (laughs) Tide Pods. But I mean, we we wouldn't think about that as like doing that. 
I don't know. I did I mean, some insane it, shit yeah, that know, was the nonsense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> the difference is, is that no one was filming it. You know, we were just living in the moment. Yes. You didn't yeah. eat the Tide Pod for social media credibility. You ate the Tide Pod because you were insane. Yes. And it was a better time. New contest. New contest. <laughs> Listen. Whoever eats. <laughs> Punk Rock Museum. What unseen memorabilia is going to be in the museum? <laughs> There's none there. Not yet. No, they actually asked a while ago. I'd, but this was like years ago. I had no idea what it even was. I was like, wait, what is this? I didn't know it was going to be like an actual big thing. Like, I don't know. But how, yeah, they asked and I just never sent anything. How much the forgotten material? Uh, forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good story. That was a great story. You should tell that story. All right. I, all right. I'll tell the story. That's a great story. So um, this was probably 15, 15, 20 years ago. We were on tour with the forgotten. And halfway through the tour, they're like, they're like, we got to tell them the story. And like, I'm like, what story? They're like, all right, so check this out. They're like, we were out in San Francisco area. They're, they they were like playing and they ran into um, Fat Mike. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> they ran into uh, so they ran into Fat Mike, um, and he ended up taking him like out to eat, got him shit faced, took him to strip club, spent a bunch of money on him, and then like they're talking and he's like, yeah. So I was wondering that like want to talk to you guys, uh, you know, like the guys the label have been talking, we'd be interested in signing you guys. And then they're like, oh, really? Like, they sign us? And then, and then, like, it came out, he thought they were the unseen. Wow. <laughs> so, like, they're like, we like, kind of kept it going for a little bit because we were getting all this free shit out of it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's a good story, though. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. There's, like, there's a weird aspect of sort of consumerism that affects all of our lives and everything around us. And it definitely affects punk and how we view it. Like, um, if you look, like, you can make your music free and people will still buy the record as a collectible object, which yeah. I understand that, but that is like a materialist consumerist thing. And so of course there's different links to which people will take that. Mm -hmm. um, and there has been, I've seen a lot of people that I respect who are like really into um, objects related to punk, whether it's record collecting, whether it's collecting flyers or collecting original artwork or yeah. unique items or stuff related to bands or people. And when I was in my first band in high school, yeah. I kept every flyer, every set list. I made little notes about the show and everything. Yeah, I, get, I still have stuff like that. Like I have like so many old flyers and stuff. But like my band that I'm in now, I don't even have really any of the records, you know, or like <laughs> I fucking didn't keep any of that shit. And the, the old T-shirts and stuff, I gave all that shit away um, because I never a lot of this stuff is kind of just made to be like in the moment. It's of its yeah. time. It's made to be thrown away. It's not meant to become some kind of historical collectible, like uh, an original copy of the declaration of independence or something, you know, it kind of seems like to me, like the whole idea of like, it, and this even goes into like documentaries, like hardcore documentaries, punk rock documentaries. Like it seems like in my mind, especially with like a museum, you don't really start documenting stuff or like making a museum uh, until that thing is completely dead. And so in my mind, it's just kind of like a, the idea of like a punk rock museum, like it means everything at this point on is just. Are you saying, just is dead. Joe saying on the Big Truth podcast that punk rock is dead? <laughs> I am saying punk rock, well, at okay. least for me it is. Yeah, That's yeah, official, yeah. folks. Yeah, Boy seems to be alive now, though. It's got a huge resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the bollocks. Here's, yeah. here's Joe Hawk. Chitching. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like. It, it, the idea of going to like a museum and like seeing stuff like there's certain things that are, are kind of cool, but like, I don't know. I'd rather just see like some dude like Roger, like on YouTube. Well, I mean, he did it on like the, the AF do documentary, just like 
opening up like a trunk in his garage and be like, here's a bunch of old flyers, here's the original t-shirts. Like the idea of going to like a museum to like see stuff. I mean, there's stuff in that museum I'm sure I would I would fucking love to see also. But I mean like a, I, like a petrified turd. But you don't want to pay a hundred dollars for the crusty package. <laughs> is what you're uh, saying. We have mutual like, friends who are like promoting this thing. You know what I mean? There's people that I respect who are involved in this thing. Um, to me, I, I like museums. I go to museums to learn something, yeah. to be inspired, to find meaning. And uh, I, I've actually had, this is like a misunderstanding that some people have had about me where I will talk about like punk or whatever and my ideas about it, but I'm talking about my ideas about it now. I could really fucking care less about trying to chronicle the annals of this thing and be the guy who knows all the names of all the people in all these bands yeah. or gets every reference. Like it was, this was never meant to be that. I like, I don't know. I just always liked the culty aspects of all this stuff, like secretive, sure. secret society stuff. And it's like, yeah, the that idea was the of cool like, part. You had to seek it out. And that hasn't it. been like that for like fucking 20 plus years. Uh, Those I days know. are truly Those, over. Yeah, oh, that's totally. what, but I mean, the idea but that's that why like, we all have a different appreciation of it. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the day, right, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. And I'm not saying guys. I'm for this museum. Yeah. But I'm saying if you get some fucking hot topic kid to go in there and see some shit about history that yeah, they dude, didn't know. Even the hot topic thing is f from the past. Yeah. All right, well, whatever the news thing is, whatever the news thing is. don't my even exist anymore. <laughs> but if you get, some, you get some fucking whatever kid yeah. to go in there and see some old shit yeah. that they might not have known about and understand the history, maybe it's not a bad thing. No, and, and, but I'm yeah. not agreeing with it. I'm just saying, like, that's well, the only benefit I can see of it. Well, that's, that's, there, is a, there is a distinction to be made there's like two different ways that you can look at it. You can be like, I'm a punk, and that means whatever you think it means, where you uh, don't you don't take shit from anyone, or you say fuck you to cops, or whatever. And then there is like this punk music super fan thing, which is a legitimate category of like musical fandom or whatever, which Mental I do illness. not. So yeah, I don't put myself in, but. I mean, there are people who just think, you know, think that punk music is cool and they're just a super fan of punk music and people in punk bands are their idols and they would love to see a yeah. T-shirt that was worn by whatever dude, you know, yeah. which... I, I mean, there's still stuff like, I, I mean, for take, take for example, like, this has only been recently, like, my, uh, my sister's boyfriend, uh, he has, like, a 15-year-old daughter and, like, out of nowhere, like, she was over at my house for, like, Easter or something like that and she came down to, like like to where my movie collection is. And she just started like, she's like, oh, you have a bunch of John Waters movies. And it's like a 15 year old girl. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you know about John Waters movies? And then we started talking about music and I'm like, what do you listen to for music? And she's like, oh, I'm really into like The Damned. And she started like naming like later Damned albums. And she's like- So she's, this kid could be from like 1989. Never mind well, she, And then she just starts like naming like all these like goth punk bands that she's like checking out, like good stuff. Like stuff that it's like, you would not expect like a 15 year old girl to like be listening to nowadays. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, you're really like digging deep on like some like cool shit. And like, so I like, I started sending her like recommendations for like, Oh, you should check this out. You should check that out. She's like into like, like I sent her like the new wave, like blitz albums. I'm like, cause she's like kind of into like, like the yeah. new wavey, yeah. like electronic stuff. And it's like, it's like, wow, it's like, I don't expect anybody of your generation to be listening to stuff. So it's like, that was cool. But I mean, uh. I don't see too many uh, 
Well, on the one hand, that's definitely cool. Yeah. And on the other hand, I think it's kind of sad in a way because um, think about when we were 15. Yeah. I was listening to music that to me was old and it yeah. had been recorded 15 years prior. If that, it, it was, it, if music was old five years prior. Sure. Yeah. 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 Whereas, whereas now a lot of young people are listening to music that's like, what, 50 years old now or something? Yeah. I, I don't I haven't done the math here. But, but it's I a, mean, I, I, think about yeah. it. Think about Imagine if us in the 90s were trying to ape some kind of subculture from 1953 where we were dressing as greasers it's or called rock people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was happening. I guess it was. But it wasn't all punk rock. Or, but but or what I was getting at, like, it's, it's interesting to me that like, I think nowadays like kids have like such a, a short attention span that it's like, I mean, there's, there's kids who are like hardcore kids who don't even know who Negative Approach is probably. You know what I mean? So it's like for like, like a fifteen-year-old kid to be like listening stuff from like yeah, but we talked nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, no, I get it's it. like I'm like I'm like wow. It's like actually here's like a kid, probably one of few that's like into like the history of shit, and it's like I don't yeah, think kids really respect any history. I don't, of shit. I don't but, know, but if, kids kids have it a little tougher in, in that aspect, right? Because like like I got in this 85, 86 when I was a kid. Yeah, there was only a few years ahead of me that uh, I had to find out about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're a kid into it now. There's fucking 40 years. There's, yeah, there's 40 years of shit. So, but I'm just saying, most I kids are not going to go further back five years. You know what? I miss the days when you couldn't you couldn't find out about that shit. Yeah. That was the best. Yeah. You know, the first time I, I listened to uh, the Black Flag CD, Everything Went Black. That's like the compilation, their earlier material. And then yeah. the last track is like. Um, it's a compilation of ads on the radio for their shows. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if those were upcoming shows. <laughs> I had no way to know what year those things were recorded because I didn't even have the CD. I had a dubbed cassette yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. fucking record or whatever, you know? You were like so, showing up at these venues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, didn't even know, I, I didn't even know what city or state or yeah, anything. Yeah. I had no way of knowing yeah. when this music was recorded, if this band was still around i got a sense that this band was something from the past because for my perception at that time in 1994 or whatever punk was kind of something from the distant past meaning yeah, 10 yeah. years before sure you know so but now it's it's easy it's, you, you can just go to the punk rock museum you can go sign up for the crusty package you get in there you, tonight, get out. you can go see me first in the gimme gimmies you know uh fear I could probably three. list 10,000 things that I would rather see a museum of than a punk rock museum, including like a weird taxidermy museum. Sure. I'm like just like <laughs> going, looking going around a <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> museum, yeah. you know, like all of these other cultural things that to me would be something cool to learn about. The idea of like learning about, I don't know, whatever, like what people wore in 1980 or like lineups of gigs, like. Yeah. I know, I get it. I, I get I get it. It's it's a weird thing. That's fucking whatever. Let's see. <laughs> Adolescents are playing tonight. Uh Fishbone. You know what I was surprised at? And I'm not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I'm not slamming anybody, whatever. It's like it was like uh the big bands were like bad religion, blah blah blah. Then it's like the interrupters, and then there's like bands after them, like five bands later, like GBH and shit. And I'm like I don't know if the interrupter should be playing ahead of GBH. You know what I'm saying? Just or the exploited or whatever. But that's just yeah. my. Well, and, some and, of them. And I like I like those people. Like mm -hmm. like we we played some shows with when when I was doing stuff with Bricktop. We played with the interrupters. They're good people. Like I'm, but mm -hmm. I, I would say it to them. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't be headlining so, over GBH. So yeah. so GBH <laughs> is playing tomorrow night. 
Oh, is that what it and, is? And okay. uh, it's rancid, the damned, face to face, blah 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 blah. Agrolytes, noise. Is face play- to face to face is big. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a, play, Playboy man. Man Baby, who I have no idea who that is. I got on. That's what. Rough Kids. And then it's GBH, Casualties, Antihero, Sloppy Seconds, and some other bands. Antihero's coming back. was kind of surprising. They're coming back to Boston, yeah. 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 Ryan Packer production. Is it like their real lineup, do you know, or is it? I doubt it. I doubt it. ITI played with Mark Noah playing, or is it like a different singer? Um, You would have liked this show. It was ITI, um, uh, Forced Reality, and the Antiheroes. That's a good show. In 1988, 89, at Ground Zero in Boston. That's that was a good show. That was a good show. <laughs> we were the odd man out on that one. It was yeah. like, you got a flyer for that? No. And if the show only exists in your memory. <laughs> no, no, no. You know who brought it up? A dude from uh, Force Reality was talking about it. And then I was like, oh, shit, I remember that. Oh, that's, uh, a, that's a good show. Fucking, uh, but yeah, man, uh, I don't know. Something that I found staggering about punk rock bowling years ago was that at a club show, they had one-way system play before a global threat, which is... That's crazy. It's crazy to me. And um, talking to people, it's like, okay, well, there's more people going to the show to see a global threat than to see one-way system, which, I mean, I guess that's probably true. I mean, maybe at this point, a global threat, maybe put out more music in you know, their era than One Way System put out when they were good, you know, but regardless, it's just crazy to have what I would perceive as a newer band, meaning a band from 25 years ago, playing after a, band that a came classic band. Yeah, yeah, really. <clears throat> a band that must have been, on some level, I would think, an inspiration to oh, yeah, they're great. the wave, great. yeah, I mean, of that was a global threat, so. Yeah, it's just really, really weird how time goes on. I mean, it's weird that bands like One Way System and Special Duties and all these other bands are still playing. Uh, and these dudes are just hyper, super old. And, you know, I get it. I guess it's cool that they're still doing it. But, uh, man, what a, what a fucking bizarre world we live in. Yeah. I, and, it, and it's weird, right? Because are people still doing it because they're just diehard and they still fucking want to do it? Well, I mean, it's probably I, also I has to that, do with they, they've, they've sunk To me, that's entire, commendable. Like, yeah. I mean, when... <clears throat> You start these bands probably when you're like a teenager, you know, yeah. and then like you run through these bands through your teenage years, like you're probably putting your, your full energy into these bands, living day to day. Like if you're like a touring band or not, like you're through your 20s, like you come to that crossroads where it's like you either you're in this band forever or like you're going to try to get some sort of like trade skill or something like that. And then. Hey, you find yourself in your 40s and you're like, I've been doing this band for, for all my life. And I mean, like, it's. I'm and like, prime what, what, of what's it my is. option? Like, <laughs> well, you know, maybe, a lot of these like ship packages at UPS, like, you know, which well, is probably a pretty so, good job. At this point. So many of these bands broke up after 1984 <clears throat> or whatever, when yeah. punk waned in popularity and got back together again 20 years ago or whatever. I mean, you have those bands that like, and then you have those bands that only exist for, you know, you might have been on like the, the ground floor of like a scene or something like that. And uh, of starting something in your city and you're around for, 
three or four years and then you kind of shit on your legacy, you disappear for 20 years and then you see your contemporaries are starting to write books and do documentaries. Then before you know it, you're selling like SSD, like face masks online. And face masks. It'd be cool if it was a face mask. It's selling so, dad hats, so, like fishing hats. Fast masks. Oh and, man, and, you guys are uh, killing you know, me and, with uh, this. You know, and, and, you know, and you're obviously like repressing your records because like, you know, you haven't worked at like General Electric for 30 years because you're faking a back injury and you know and you know like i don't know your 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 wife is obviously like some sort of crazy teacher and she's pulling the strings like you're a marionette puppet and you know she's trying to write books about how she was an influential like hardcore girl in 1984 booking shows and she just married this i don't know this townie from lynn and you know and you know you're just merchandising 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 you're like you're like gene simmons of like the boston hardcore scene <laughs> buy the ssd breakfast cereal buy the ssd fucking visor like buy the anti-trump ssd t-shirt like ssd the the coffin like you know yeah and i don't know i'm gonna go all right i'm gonna go get a buzz ball <laughs> all right so uh packer just hit me up why don't we since we're talking about punk real rock talk. Foley, <laughs> real talk let's get packer we're gonna ask him if he's going to the punk live rock scene report yeah. let's let's get a, let's get instead of all of our just waxing about this Let's get a real deal. Re reporter on the scene. <laughs> reporter on the scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm we're, going to have a chili mango buzz ball. We're just that talking. Good. And imagine that I'm by the poolside at Punk Rock Bowling. Okay, so let's call him right now. All right, hold on one second. Oh, this is great. Oh, take a pull of this. I was curious what it was going to say. Spicy. Like. Oh, it's weird. It's not bad. It's I don't know bad. about the chili mango. That's it. I'm not a mango Hello. guy. Packer. Real talk. We were just talking about <laughs> punk rock bowling. We, we we need a scene report from what's going on on the street out there. All right. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me walk on stage here. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Uh, fear is playing right now. Is that, sad, is, is that New York's all right if you like saxophones? <laughs> is that a harmonica? <laughs> hold, on. hold on, let me walk away. Right. So yeah, beer, beer's on right now. It's uh, it's 97 degrees. I'm oh, sweating my ass that. off. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm going back to the hotel. You find a connect? Uh, take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Mark asked if you found a connect. Not yet. Not yet. I, I might have. I, I'll text you a number in a few. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> he actually hit me up and asked if I was there. I was like, no. And then I was like, shit, Packer. Pa Packer, who's had the uh, the best set so far that you've seen? Who, who's the best so far? Who's yeah? Who's, I, the, I who's had the best set? I haven't seen a single set. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the Punk Rock Museum? I, I literally. I, I haven't been to the Punk Rock Museum. I literally. Uh, what I do yesterday? I got in. It took me like three hours just to set up fucking three barber chairs. And then uh, I went to the bar. I got shit based. And then I passed out by like midnight. That, that's all I did yesterday. All right. I had I had tickets to the Lions Law, but uh, I missed that show. I, I literally like went back to the hotel room and told me. How's the ladies okay. out there? Are the ladies looking good? Uh, they're overweight and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's punk rock. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, we, we, it's sad. We're, we, you know, 
you missed both episodes of the hundredth episode, but at least you're on uh, uh, live from Vegas. Uh, fuck yeah, dude! Wish you were here, bro. Yeah, man. I wish I was fucking drunk, and I wish I was not in fucking Las Vegas right now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, are you saying you'd rather be drunk in Freetown, Massachusetts, right now? <laughs> That's it, man. That's living. That's living. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in the fucking pool and start drinking myself, man. I'm fucking drunk. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Are you planning on seeing me first in the Gimme Gimmies and Bad Religion later on? I fucking hate both those bands, so uh, that's a hard time. <laughs> did, did you, did dude, you like, sign up? Real, like, what's that? No, go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 I want to see uh, who's playing tomorrow. Roy Ellis is playing tomorrow. I'll check that set out. And, uh, and then obviously Rant is playing. I'll check that set Like That's literally it. Like, uh, I don't give a shit about any of these bands. Did you get the uh, crusty? <laughs> did you get complimentary uh, crusty package for the uh, punk rock museum? <laughs> did you see no, that? You know what I did find out. Uh, apparently, there is uh, there is a slap shot jacket in the punk rock museum. Really? Yeah. Okay, who, wait, who, is that from Jack's collection? Who, who's whose jacket? Uh, it's not. It's not one of the OG ones. They they did another run of seven jackets in '95. And it's one of those. It has no. uh, uh, red letters on it. It's the only one that kid Josh doesn't own? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> dude, that, kid, that kid's got fucking three of them, dude. I'm like, yo, let me buy one, man. I've been in the band 11 years. Like, nah, I'm good. He just wants to fucking hang on to it for his own fucking weirdo personal collection. Weird. Maybe, maybe he's starting his own punk rock museum. <laughs> <laughs> the, Boston, the Boston Punk Rock Museum. It's got a it's got yeah. it's got a slap shot jacket and SSD pick and uh fuck, that they didn't have back then. Yeah. They just materialized now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you bought one off of Al recently. <laughs> this is an SSD pick from 2022. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a fisherman hat. Yeah. Um, nah, man. But dude, fucking wish you were here. I'm glad you. Uh, you are you having a good time out there? At least is it fucking good? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, I'm, I'm having a good time hanging with my wife and just doing stupid shit. But, like, yeah, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm 43 years old, man. Like, I need to be running around like this. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no good time for that. <laughs> it's just too much. It's just too much shit all the fucking time. But are you, are you mostly hanging out with over at the, the barber area there where, you, where you're working? Or can you, you got yeah, like, free yeah. reign? I, I, I mean, I can go wherever I want. Like, if there was a band I wanted to see, I'd go see them. Like, that's it. I literally just that's a big if. That's a big if. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, what you're explaining out there, man, I feel for you, man. I mean, the idea of just getting drunk and just hanging around a fucking pool all day, like, fuck, man. I, I'm glad you're doing some shit for the scene, man, because, like, that, that sounds like fucking hell, dude. Like, I went to work today, man. Like, Packer, we, 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 we thank you and salute you for your service and sacrifice. Are you, are you at the Golden Nugget? Uh, no, we're, we're staying at Circa because it's just too many fucking punks with the Golden Nugget. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I could do it. I'll tell you, like, you remember the scene in um, uh, Spinal Tap when they're, they're doing like album reviews and all that? Yeah. Like, it's like I could I could explain this whole experience just like like that album review. It's like uh, treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality. <laughs> 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 that, 
that's it. That's it in a punk rock bowling, man. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> Two words, shit sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> we, we thank you for being a man of, about town and, and uh, giving us a scene report from uh, live from punk rock bowling. We've just been talking shit about it for the last half hour. We figured we should check in with you before. <laughs> Fuck this. This show- you know, dude, I, I do love the stunts, and I, I have played I have played this festival. Uh, uh, like, we play the club shows and shit, and the club shows are definitely fun. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's, that's what I was trying to explain to them. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, you play at, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning, but, like, other than that, like, it's super fun. <laughs> the show yeah. does need but, some yeah. on-the-scene reporters more. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, we find the good in things as well as the bad. We talk, we talk shit about the bad, and we so celebrate. Now we can good. call Matt Kelly next, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call Matt next. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those guys yet. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah, man! Love you, brother. I'm glad. I'm glad we could have you uh, at least guesting on here and, uh, and giving a report live from Vegas. And uh, we, we, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. But if not, I'll see you Tuesday, bro. I will do a bum for you right, in your honor. Love you guys. I'll talk to you. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. This is our second call. So far, we're batting 100 percent on right. the calls, right? Yeah, two for two. All right. So let me take a minute here. Now that we're an hour into this. And, uh, and all we've been doing is talking about punk rock. <laughs> yeah. No, and I love it. I love it. We can talk about it all night. Five-hour five episode yeah. before the, the SD card breaks. It is the 100th episode. Um, you know what would be cool in the punk rock museum is that dude stage diving on the back of the SSD album. With the, oh, the yeah. DYS. No, no, that was a DYS. Yeah, yeah DYS. Yeah. DYS. He's got the, the, the Swazi ski mask. Have you ever seen that? No. On the back of the SSD Wolfpack, uh, I mean, DYS Wolfpack album. It's like a basement show. There's a dude stage diving, and he just, like, all you see is, like, a flying swastika. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? I remember getting I mean, that from Newberry Comics, and I was, like, 18, and be like, what the fuck is this? If there are no swastikas on display in that museum, I call <laughs> no, bullshit on that. You know no, what yeah. I mean? That's the yeah. thing. I mean, I mean Sid Vicious, just, yeah, whatever. But, no, no, the dude, had a, the dude had a full face mask on, and it was, like, yeah. made out of, like, duct tape, tape or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, duct tape. I, I went as I went Take as me back. I'm surprised, they, I'm surprised <laughs> they haven't blacked it out at this point. I know, I know, I know. Don't you... Don't don't cover up history. <laughs> yeah, you, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the, they, they still the make, they make the destroy shirts now, but it's like they don't. They took they took it off, off all yeah. of um, like the first Motorhead record has a swastika on that logo on the front that is not on later pressings of it, like mo- modern. Wadi had a swastika tattoo. It's, that's yeah. not in the modern press either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it's, that's what it was back. But then. this thing, but no one. No one was doing it because they were a Nazi. Yeah, it was, it was just, just like, shock it was just like Same with bikers. Piss yeah, off the generation. Every before. counterculture element in America after 1945 used those fascist symbols in an anti-fascist way. Yeah. Um, but I understand mm. that these symbols were also used by white supremacists at all the, at the same time. And so, you know, the the perception may be different today, which yeah. is, you know, we live in a different world. And, and a lot yeah. of the bikers were literally returning World War II vets. And they those were like... Shit they collected <laughs> yeah, while they right, were out yeah. there, and they were putting that shit on their bikes as like a fucking trophy. Like, yo, I fucking killed this dude. Fucking this shit's mine now. Fuck. Well, you. I mean, any of that OG shit that's like I in tried this that country. W- the only reason why it's in this country is because somebody's grandfather fucking took it, brought it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Wasn't it great when you could bring home like machine guns from the military? <laughs> yeah. But like, so let's talk a little bit. I'm not trying to be self-celebratory here, but let's you talk sure? about 100, 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Part I just wanted to talk about some of the top things, right? So some of the big surprises, <coughs> right, from, from, from the podcast was that it routinely, when you look at the number of downloads, charts in the top 20% or higher of podcasts, which is... That's a, an accomplishment. Yeah. But in, in fucking um, 
fucking uh, Spotify last year. It was in the top 5% of most subscribed to and most shared podcast. For some reason, unbeknownst to me. Right? Must, must this, have been a this, this week when you were looking at it. <laughs> this bullshit right here. Yeah. This bullshit right here is in the top 5% of Spotify podcasts. And that shows you the state of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harris just sent me hearts. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that, that's your payment. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about, so just some little list here. The top five episodes, which is funny because you'd think it would be a, like a punk rock one or a motorcycle one, and it kind of is a punk rock one. Uh, right here to my left, Chris Pittman, you were number one. You're the most listened to episode of the podcast and out of all the 100 episodes uh, prior. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to my insane, uh, crazy story about the paranormal. You know what's the crazy thing? is Someone just sent me a video. There's a... Um, a girl who has a podcast uh, called the uh, Paranormal Scholar. Got like five. Yeah, she's got a huge YouTube channel, right? She mentioned your yes. episode. It on was absolutely surreal to see that person describing my what I had said on that po- on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. She's like uh, uh, Chris Pittman on the Big Truth podcast. So, so we're making ways in the paranormal yeah. fucking world. Sure. Man. It was crazy for me to see her describing what I said, the way that I talk about like other paranormal cases and what people reported. But but in this case, like I am the person who experienced it. It's just surreal, yeah. really weird. To so me. shout out to Paranormal Scholar. Thank you for uh, recognizing Chris's. I will uh, start following her. Yeah. And I'm sure that she or whoever wrote that stuff listens to that entire episode. Sure. The ep- the her um, YouTube video, I guess, is about the Bridgewater Triangle. Okay. But I- she. I didn't see it, so I, I got to go and look at it. Someone just sent me a clip, and they were like, "Hey, this, they're talking about you on this." Yeah, it's a, it's about it's about the Bridgewater Triangle, and she gets into the stuff that we discussed on that podcast episode. Um, and to her credit, what she said is basically a factual recitation of what I had said. You know, cool. there's not distortion in it and stuff, which is almost surprising in the paranormal the way that these things go. She handled it in a very scholarly manner. It was professional. Yes. I mean, your your episode, like, I mean. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get a number. As, as just yeah. a, a, yes. as just a fan of podcasts, because I'm in I'm in a truck all day long, so I I just listen to like eight hours plus of podcasts, and it's anything from old episodes of Coast to Coast to uh, whatever you're releasing biweekly to uh, anything else, you know. But I mean, your podcast is like my favorite episode of podcasts ever. I mean, there's times where I've like I've had discussions with other coworkers. Pay you both a compliment, you shit on me. Uh, but I mean, like, there's times where like I'm in the truck with like other dudes, and like we start talking about stuff, and like I'll be like, "You got to hear this episode," and we'll listen to your three-hour podcast like the entire day, and like they're like blown away by it. So I mean, it's your episode's great, you know. Your episodes, everything, like pretty much. It, it, if, if only you were riding the chopper while you were talking about stuff, it would have been everything because it was like the first half was like the first half hour, 40 minutes is punk rock. Punk rock, yep. And then it just goes fucking <laughs> wild, right? And that's... Yeah. Fucking great! I well, that the like that that recording was super fun because we did it at the tattoo shop. Yeah, the sun had gone down. We had like no lights on. It was like dimly lit in there. Yeah. Romantic. And we were both. <laughs> we were, it was just me and you in the building, sitting bottle, across from each bottle other. Bottle of wine. And you know, it was like it was tense. Some, it some, got tense. Some burnt baccarat playing in the background. <laughs> Box of chocolates. Well, <laughs> the fact that we were like drinking a lot, I yeah, think, yeah, helped yeah. a yeah, lot. Sure, you sure. know, but it was like Just you could have heard like a, a p- 
fucking drop yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, um, not to take over your podcast at all or anything, but I know you're doing the list, but would this be a good segue for Chris to tell that story? Well, no, let's, let, let me get through the later? top five and then we'll have Chris. Take. I'll do a little update on yes. my episode. Yes. And, and the, the other cool thing was I had another guy on not long after yours, a guy named Matt, and I can't remember his last name and I'm blanking out like an idiot right now. Uh, he wrote a book. Um, and he was a, he was, yes, I'll do a shot. Uh, I don't know where my, oh, here's my glass. Uh, we're doing tequila ocho shots as a par for the course here. Um, Matt, um, Except for jokes, he likes the punk rock museum. But so I think I, told you, I think I told you about this a little bit, but uh, Matt, he, he was an ex-naval intelligence officer and um, he went through experiences that were very similar to yours. They were different. Oh, that was a good one. But thematically that, so. very similar, like where he was like, I don't know what this is. He even said like non-human intelligence stuff, but they were fucking with him in a similar manner and it wasn't the <clears throat> typical thing. So it was like weird because the only two kind of alien or whatever non-human intelligence experiences I've had on had a lot of similar things to say. So I, and, you know, actually, people who were in the... Um, You've had a lot of non, non-human intelligence yeah, on yeah, this just, show. <laughs> every time I talk. <laughs> every time I talk. But, uh, but, but um, and actually, it was funny because with Matt's, um, he wrote a book, and it's, it's very scholarly and kind of all over the place, but I kind of got him to tell his story a little more linearly. <coughs> and uh, some people that are, have, like, pretty big... UFO podcast reached out to to thank me for getting him to tell his story a little more. Cool. Um, literally, linear, linearly, 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 linearly. And uh, I've been I've been having problems with words lately. I think Al- early Alzheimer's is kicking in, dude. I'm stroking out. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Let me take the shot of Ocho. Make I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wonder what the 200th episode's going to sound like. <laughs> What's that? The 200th episode? Yeah, like, it sound like yeah. a mumble rap. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, and and uh, so it's been. I've been like hesitant to have anybody else on in that kind of vein because I feel like these were two like fucking great episodes. Well, the, the dude that you had that did uh, the uh, Montauk documentary. Oh, Chris Garantano. That guy was great, and that guy's podcast is awesome as yeah, well. Yeah, he does uh, Off to the Witch. Yeah, so yeah, that's a real good. He's one a good dude, man. We we stay in contact Off a to little the witch. bit. Off to the Witch. And um, yeah, so so Chris Pittman is number one on the top five episodes. Uh, number two, Erie Vaughn from Danzig and yeah. Sam Hain. And uh, number three is uh, Reese Zilstra, who's a uh, chopper guy. And he's a punk rock guy and a yeah. chopper guy, so it makes sense. Number four, Al Barr from uh, Dropkicks. Yeah. And uh, number five <clears throat> is Matt Jackson, who used to be in um, Iron Age. Okay. Yeah, that it? Off to the Witch? No. Off to the yep, Witch, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, so, Chris... Recognize this. I, 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 we're getting you new listeners right now, live uh, from yes. my M4 uh, people. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, Chris, good dude. Uh, Matt Jackson is a, 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 also a chopper guy. Yeah, uh, I, he's in Austin, Texas. But he was in that band Iron Age. That band was good. They were really fucking good, yeah. man. Yeah, like to me, it was like they were heavily influenced by Coc Animosity. To me, that's a great fucking record, and man. which is a flawless fucking top five yeah. record for me. But anyway, so. In other, the top 10 countries is another funny fucking yeah. thing to find out. So, obviously, number one and two is U.S. and Canada, which you'd kind of expect. I think we are, it sucks because we already talked about this, but what do you think number three is? 
I honestly forgot, but I want to say it's <laughs> Indonesia. No, India. 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 Yeah. What's up to my India motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> Desi. Desi porn. <laughs> What's up to my fucking telephone workers of India yeah. listening to us while you're on break? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank but, you very uh, much for being on. <laughs> All right. Very good. <laughs> so, so, number three is India. No, but I think because there's a um, there is a lot of uh, motorcycle related uh, activity in, in India. India. Yeah. I don't think it's because of the paranormal of the Rock. I think it's more the motorcycle content, but shout out to all my Indian. You should you should try to find listeners. somebody in India that can come on and do like some paranormal shit because I bet in India there's some. Yeah, man. Some, talk about the Vedas. Talk about like the weird. Get into ancient alien stuff and yeah, uh, yeah. fuck yeah. But yeah, if you're in India and you're one of the listeners and uh, you yeah, know paranormal shit, hit me up. Yeah. If you, do you want to talk motorcycles, paranormal, or punk rock? Do you get a big truth tattoo? You want to get a big truth <laughs> tattoo on your forehead? You got a prize pack heading your way, my friend. Imagine if a dude from India did. That'd be so awesome. It'd be great. I'd send, I don't you would, say, no, you would pay the shipping to send that. I would. That, 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 that $100 I'm going to send them is going to go a lot further. <laughs> Convert that to rupees. You're all fucking yeah. set. All right, number four, the UK. The UK. So yep. number one, US. Number two, Canada. Number three, India. Number four, UK. Number five, Australia. We're getting all the English country, English. It's so countries. crazy that like the UK no. comes in after. That is crazy. I had that same thought. It's Me like, too. That's why it's great. This UK, is, UK slacking. UK, step the fuck up, man. Yeah. Never mind the bollocks. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm pandering to you now. If you, if the UK can beat India. Big Truth will send you a crusty package. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to get back to imperialism and fucking weird shit. All right. Number six, Brazil. All right. Shout out to all my Brazilian yes. motherfuckers, right? Great. Number seven, Germany. Yep. Number eight, Sweden. Okay. Number nine, the Netherlands. And number 10, Norway. So shout out to all the fucking... Fucking Norway. That's, that's all because of uh, Johannes? Johannes would probably... Johannes probably moved the needle to get Netherlands on the top 10. Okay. Won't lie. Prince of Frisia. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, Sweden and Germany. I mean, Sweden and Norway. Uh, shout out to my uh, Viking Hot. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hot chocolate drinkers. <laughs> Hot chocolate drinkers, reformed Vikings. Um, and then, you know, we put it out like what people wanted more of. And, um, you know, everyone likes to chop shit, the punk rock shit. Everyone likes the breaks we have with the M4 that breaks up the, the yeah. seriousness of things. But people wanted more paranormal and weird stuff. They wanted more non which is why, intelligence. Which is why 101 is, 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 <laughs> yeah. is a paranormal investigator uh, uh, and from the, does a lot of Bridgewater Triangle stuff. Because the fuck is that? That's an e EVP like going off like that. That was that thing. Oh, no, that what? was the camera. Shut up. Why is there... Are we, are we taking pictures of this? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm filming unbeknownst to you. <laughs> is that is that for the Big Truth TikTok? Yes. No, no. I, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're Are you still do doing the Big Truth TikTok? No, no, no. I, I haven't, but we're going to right that's now. Not, that's not... Do not do the TikTok. Don't put me on TikTok. I don't want to be involved with the CCP. Just, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck yeah, no. Um, so yeah, no. Uh, so shout out to everybody that's uh, been a listener it was a very surprise to me. Like, it's kind of weird that, you know, like Brazil, fucking Brazil and not, uh, India, little fucking surprises, right? Brazil, though, like subculturally is fucking. There's a lot of motorcycle stuff. But I mean, like everything, like just like music wise, like, like that's a country that like they are like 
die hard with like metal stuff. metal and like punk and boy <clears throat> and stuff like that and like i think Ger- it, germany I, is similar and and brazil beat germany on the list yeah yeah so i know in germany like you know cortex records fucking stop promoting this podcast a little more motherfuckers what's up <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fly, fly. Uh, let's have an M4 at Gore-Tex. Like you can, oh. they can fly us to Berlin. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, was like, I can't finance that. <laughs> well, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, sponsored uh, by. Sponsored by. We can have an. In, All right. In, in you know, drop them a line. Right. Cortex Records. If you're listening, yeah. Cortex. We'll say Cortex. Cortex. Not we'll make Cortex. sure it shows up. We'll Did I say Gore-Tex? No, I said Gore-Tex. I said Gore-Tex. I know, but I was I saying Gore-Tex. I want a sponsorship from I'm saying Fast Pro Shop sponsored uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying it multiple times so it shows up in the uh, in the algorithm so the that algorithm. they see it. And uh, yeah, yeah, we we stopped in at the on the um, yeah, on the Boston nice, Takeover tour. Nice good, record store. Good record store. Good yeah. dudes. Yeah. All good time. Yeah. So people wanted more paranormal and weird stuff, so we got that already in yeah. episode 101 with Phil. And people wanted more like political stuff and civic stuff. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from that. This is a this is a fun family show. Punk rock, motorcycles, and high weirdness. Yes, that's yeah. what we're saying. But you know, every now and then we'll get a little like the accountant guy I had on. Like, that was a good. Episode. I do want to bring in some more stuff that is just breaking down basic civic shit. Not like with any political leaning, like. But here's bring pe- sh- brings people in so like we can learn how to do our taxes. Like we can get legal advice. <laughs> like yeah. I'll bring in a criminal attorney. That's bring in fine. a criminal attorney. You yeah. probably have some criminals. I got a lot of heathens that listen. Yes. That's fucking good. <laughs> yeah, what to do when you get a DUI, you know? Yeah. All right. Be good to hear. Speaking of that, I need a refill. <laughs> Even do you I want to try some of this uh this no, buzz I don't, I don't like chili mango. mango? I had the I had the chocolate. Chris? I no, had thanks. the, uh, the Choco Chilla one. Spicy, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, it's going to get me heartburn. I can yeah. do the spicy. I can't do I don't like mango flavored stuff. So. All right. I'm going to try some of this Mountain Dew. Yeah, do it. This fucking garbage right here. This is like... <laughs> I specifically literally. bought it. Being look, like, at, look at the color of it. The most unnatural liquid known. Like, I'm trying that's going to make you, gonna look like you feel alive. You're going to have the worst shits tomorrow, man. No, because I'm going to do. I'm going to drink a lot of water and Gatorade later. I'm Even so, Steven, dude. I'm so bad with I'm you. A, I'm, a, I'm a fucking young kid that's going to do... Dumb shit. To, a blackout? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blackout on, on this stuff and <laughs> even Steven tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm not going to have I got to work at a bar tomorrow. I'm not going to have a hangover. You're just going to start drinking again? <clears throat> I'm just stop drinking again. It's the beauty it's of going weekend. in a bar. Yeah. It's a big weekend. I work in a motorcycle shop, a tattoo shop, and a bar. I live a midlife crisis. I live a midlife crisis. My midlife crisis is I'm going to get into like real estate investing and like go fucking straight. <laughs> So, so you, we have, uh, you had just gone through the list of what the listeners want to hear more of yes. in the future. What do you, how do, where are you projecting this show to go? Like the, the same level that we're, you're going at right now. Like what, what are some of the things that you see in the future that you want the show to start tackling? Is there anything different? <clears throat> no, I know. Real, <laughs> real talk. No, I, I don't know. That was a good I, question. So, completely deflated. <laughs> I am, I am, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie or shout or powder co- or like sugarcoat any of this. This literally 100. I just love doing. Yeah. And I 100 fly by the seat of my pants. I don't think about. I don't have goals. Yeah. Would I like it to be? I would like it to be more self-sustaining and more lucrative so that we can like 
do funner stuff like like and have a budget to do shit with yeah yeah yeah. like fund a trip to the punk punk rock museum (laughs) so we can do this like in like do it live from the punk rock museum that's that's shit that i think would be awesome that eventually if you could do like regular shows and m4s because i'm on the m4s and i want free vacations because i'm (laughs) cheap and i can't go anywhere uh you're very self-serving i'm very self-serving this is all about me uh I'd like to see like locations like this. Like this is great. This is like you're obviously in like the midlife crisis guys like playground right here. But uh, but you've been that's not even the so crisis. You've been doing. I, this for I like think what you're years. saying is you want to do live shows, not even live shows, but just like from different locations, like anything. But I mean, like yeah, I guess live shows. I, I bought know. a little mobile setup so that when we go do. An investigation in the Freetown Forest. Yeah, we're gonna do one live. Now you're talking. That that show is not gonna air. I've been checking people out there the last few weeks, and really? uh, yeah, nothing super exciting has happened. We got stalked by coyotes out there. It was about the creepiest thing. Now, when you go out and do investigations, are you doing any of like the uh, like parent uh, like like the spirit box stuff? No, or any like of that stuff? to be clear, I am not even really doing investigations in the sense that I used to. I will never go back to doing that i'm not going out there with people who have had experiences i'm not really going to places where people have just had experiences but i do i am interested in the legends and the lore and the folklore aspect and i'm happy to share that with my friends and um people ask me to show them places that are connected to the spooky folklore from the Bridgewater Triangle. And I'm happy to do that. And it's fun to share a spooky story as the sun is going down. Um, But I I don't ever cross that line into like what I used to do, trying to really figure out what all of this stuff is about or trying to parse what's real, what's not real. And I will never do that again. Yeah. Okay. So you're not going to come with us when Phil wants to... We could go, but if if it's going to be like, uh, I mean, we can go if it's just going to kind of be spooky and fun, which, which that, that kind of stuff is very enjoyable. Sure. But when you... Um, Invoke something... Yeah, that's. I wouldn't do it. I I would I would caution people to not do it. I mean, there's uh, the upside is you get a fun thrill, and then the downside is is that you face the total destruction of yourself and everything that you value. So you know you got to kind of weigh the the positive and negative there. <clears throat> so with that, why don't we get a follow up from you on? Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good segue. Like, so this is Chris, and um, you know, um, Chris had. Uh, some other experiences happen uh, and follow up from his uh, after his uh, episode aired. And you, what what episode number were you? It was like twenty or thirty. You something. were twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, guess. cool. Um, so yeah, why don't we talk about while we're still halfway sober? <clears throat> okay, well, basically, um, for people who didn't listen, the episode is um, me describing my. Uh, time as a UFO investigator during my youth, a bunch of really biz- increasingly bizarre experiences that happened to me and that finally caused me to stop doing this UFO investigation stuff that I was doing. And um, after the episode came out, I got contacted by a lot of people who heard it, who said uh, that they are currently experiencing things like what I described happened to me when I was younger. And they wanted to know what advice I could give them. And I told all the people the same thing. I said, uh, you and I shouldn't be talking. And this, uh, we're not going to talk. And this is going to be the last time we're going to talk. But my advice to anybody who feels like they're getting into the zone that I was in 
um, at the time is to just stop doing it completely, just to back away from it altogether. Because ultimately, uh, kind of spoiler here, I came to the conclusion that all of this stuff is negative and harmful and uh, just potentially destructive for, for human beings, basically. And, and so uh, what was your reasoning? And I, I can gather what it is, but it's better if you just say, well, like, like for not wanting to continue any conversation with those people. Well, say this is the last time we're talking. Part, some of the stuff that happened to me it, it seemed to accelerate when I seemed to be almost, um, I was somehow, this sounds insane. I, I feel like I was basically put in contact with other people who were in the same situation that I was in. Um, th this is going to sound crazy for people who didn't listen to the episode and, and probably for a lot of people who did listen to the episode, but basically I investigated UFO sightings. My uh, perception of myself was that I was an impartial investigator looking at things that happened to other people. And for a long time, I was in denial that weird stuff was happening to me as a result of me investigating UFO sightings. And when I finally was forced to accept this mm -hmm. and sort of em embrace in a way that I was getting dragged into this thing, it things started to accelerate and I started to have more and more weird stuff happen to my own life that uh, built up to a point where I felt like I had to back away for my own sanity and for literally my own safety and life. Sure. And so um, I don't, if other people feel like they're kind of getting into that sort of thing, like what was like, what is this noise that's happening right now? It's fireworks outside. It's just, that sounds like fireworks. Yeah, yeah weird. Uh, anyway, see, I'm like, it's, <laughs> I, even, I didn't hear them. Even until talking I did. about yeah, this yeah, shit I was like, what? makes me makes me paranoid on yeah. some level because there have been so many times that I have just even just been talking about this in broad terms and and really strange and inexplicable things have happened. Not not fireworks noises, but like real real weird stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think. Look, there are people who are much, much, much smarter than me, much, much more clever than me, who have applied themselves to the same problem and basically been destroyed as a result. And um, I think that had I stayed with this line of investigation, it probably would have spelled my doom. And I am glad that I stepped away from it. And I just, part of the reason why I did the episode, part of the reason why I'm even able to tell this story, this story, which sounds so insane and which just to tell it, inevitably erodes my own like credibility as a human being because I basically am claiming that I was in sort of like telepathic communication with some kind of non-human intelligence. To even say that is, is almost embarrassing in a way, but I do say it because um, I know what happened to me. The stuff that happened to me was real and it was independently verified by other people who experienced it with me at the time. And I want to tell people that paranormal investigation is not a joke or a game or a party trick. It is actually dangerous and you can find yourself mentally in contact with some kind of entity that is extremely negative for you. Sure. Um, so I remember like the lost episode that we did, like this was basically the part where like we ask you like, since that episode, episode 26, what has happened to you with bringing all that stuff up again? Well, there is a, a, a really, 
affirming to me very positive result that happened from doing the episode, which was, as I mentioned, I got a lot of emails from people. I got a lot of Instagram messages from people. They wanted to talk about UFOs. And um, some of those people I basically told never talk to me again. And some of those people, I just didn't answer their messages. But I was driving down the road one day. Um, and it wasn't that long after the episode had come out. Maybe it was a month or six weeks or something. And for, for whatever reason, I was looking at Instagram while I was driving because that's a thing that I like to do. Um, and I got a direct message at that moment on Instagram from somebody who was talking about the episode and that they had heard it and what they thought about it. And for whatever reason something that showed up in that like little preview of it. It was from an account that I didn't follow, an account I didn't recognize. So I clicked on it and started reading it and realized to my absolute shock that the message was from my girlfriend at the time, whose name was Jen, who had a series of experiences with me investigating UFOs in the late 1990s in which I had talked about in detail in the episode. Was that the one where you guys were uh, like camping out? Yes. Yes. And we mentioned earlier that, um, that YouTube video that came out from that large YouTube channel that talked about the Bridgewater Triangle, the Paranormal Scholar, whatever it was, that person describes the experiences, one of the experiences that I had with this woman, Jen, and, um, we had kind of remained in touch after we broke up. And I think that that's described in the episode as well. Um, basically she and I had a bunch of experiences together. And I even said in the episode, when we, when we recorded that podcast episode, I said, it might be possible that somebody could locate this person today or some of these people from my past. Cause there are multiple people yeah. that get brought up in the episode yeah. and that if any of those people were to say, well, none of that stuff happened that way, I would not, it would not shake my conviction that this is what happened to me on any level. And furthermore, I would not begrudge anybody from that time for saying that because in order to accept that these things really happened, you need to accept that there are aspects of our reality that we basically don't understand. And that's a very, very hard pill to swallow. And I, I think that it would be easy to say, well, no, that's just, I was just, it was the exuberance of youth and it was, it was crazy, but that couldn't possibly be the way that it was. So, um, long story short, I'm looking at this Instagram message and it is from this woman, Jen, this woman who had been my girlfriend in 1999. And what she had to say was that she had been, um, there was a night that she couldn't sleep. And so she out of, uh, she gave up trying to sleep, got up and put on Netflix. And for the first time ever, for reasons that she doesn't understand or know, it popped into her mind to watch an episode of Ancient Aliens. And there are probably at this point, hundreds of episodes of the TV show Ancient Aliens. I'm probably on 10 or less than 10 episodes of that show. Out of all of the episodes that she could have chosen to watch, she happened to choose an episode in which I appeared. So she's watching Ancient Aliens at three o'clock in the morning or whatever. She is now a married mother who lives in Massachusetts still. And uh, now she sees her, her, boyfriend from 1998 on TV. And it's like, oh, wow, crazy. You know, and she's remembering, of course, that we had done this UFO investigation stuff. And um, she's like, I wonder what, what else he has been involved with or done. So she 
Googles my name and finds the podcast, which at that point had basically just come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said she put it on and she listened to the entire three-hour episode in one go. And she said everything that, that she told me, everything that you said was exactly word for word the way that it happened. And it was so affirming to me to have her say that this person that I hadn't talked to in more than 15 years had had no contact with whatsoever, that not only, not only did she say, yes, that is what happened, but that she said, um, this is exactly the way it happened. She said, I remember this stuff like it was yesterday. And I would tell anybody um, that, yes, this is exactly the way it happened. She told me that she had told this story to other people or parts of the story to other people in the years since and that people just didn't believe her, which I totally relate to and understand that feeling. So for me, that was, and so I was driving, I get this message from her and I basically realized who is messaging me and I just pulled a car over right away and stopped. I was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Like we, we need to talk like what, you know, what, what was your take? You know? And she's saying like, um, you know, the stuff that you were describing, I was so glad. And of course she starts getting into stuff that I didn't even talk about in the podcast. Very weird things that happened that she still remembers very clearly. Was it, would she, she bring up stuff you didn't remember? No stuff that I remembered, but that, um, that I didn't include in the podcast. Cause it's not really part of the overall narrative. Story, like, yeah, yeah. like we, we were also mm-hmm. investigating some like haunted places at the time, because yeah. this was around the time that I had come to realize that there were other aspects of the paranormal that were intermeshed and interrelated with UFOs. You know, Hey, for, for the first several years, I was just focused on UFOs, but then I expanded that to other stuff and she was around for that time. And so we were going to places that were supposedly haunted and we're having weird some weird experiences there as well. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just really, really cool. And then to my, to my horror, basically, she says, um, I haven't had anything weird happen to me in a long time, but recently she said, I was on vacation with my family in New Hampshire We were on a camping trip and my children came running, screaming hysterical out of the woods. They were so scared. They were, they were panicking and freaking out. I have never seen them act that way. And I thought they must've seen a bear or had some kind of encounter with some kind of wild animal. And what they told me was that they had seen a basically very tall monkey looking creature, like what you might think. They didn't use the word Bigfoot, and neither did she. But that's, of course, what she's describing. And then uh, she's kind of totally baffled by this, and she then did some searching online and found other reports by other people that had seen basically the same type of creature in the same area previously. Do do you recall, like, what part of New Hampshire that was in? I can't remember... uh, and and I don't I don't actually want to give too much detail about sure, this sure, yeah. um, because I have I just want to know because I, I like to go to New Hampshire sometimes I want to stay the fuck out of we that. can talk about it later <laughs> uh, I'll show I'll, can, I'll show you the messages and sure, and, yeah. and the the illustration that she showed me that that showed the illustration what the kids, be, it's absolutely terrifying stuff yeah, yeah. and. Um, you know, I, and of course now I'm, I'm saying, okay, so exactly when did this thing happen? Yeah. And she's telling me, and I'm doing the math and it may well have been 
like while we were recording the episode. Wow, that's fucking. It's creepy. so this is this kind of weird synchronicity stuff that yeah. happens over and over with this phenomenon type stuff. I, I even had a thing just um, last week. I mentioned so. I mentioned I had taken some friends out to the Freetown Fall sure. River State Forest. I did this a couple of weeks in a row. There, there's uh, one of my friends, a guy who plays guitar in my band, had some friends from out of town. They're very, very interested in Bridgewater Triangle stuff. Sure. And they wanted to see some of the places. They had watched the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. They know all the stuff. They wanted to see some of that stuff. Sure. And would you take them? And sure, I like to do stuff like that. Okay. Um, but what I did not really count on is that one of the people who came out with us was a guy who had studied this a real lot, like a guy who was really into this stuff. Yeah. And the stuff that he was talking about was kind of hitting a little too close to home. And it was like making me a little nervous and had me questioning very much. Why did I even come out here with these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a few days later, this is one of these things. This is such a typical paranormal type thing that, anyone would roll their eyes at the story that I'm about to tell, but um, it has like deeper meaning for, for me, basically. I was at work, my father, I work with my father. He was listening to some uh, Bob Dylan album, deep cut type stuff. Yep. And a song came on the ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. And I'm listening to the words of this rambling 1960s Bob Dylan song. And it gets to the part where Bob Dylan is talking about this character and this, this nonsensical narrative called Judas Priest. So I started thinking about it a lot. I'm like, is that where Judas Priest, the band, got their name? Like, I wonder if it's just a coincidence that this song has a character named Judas Priest. You get the band Judas Priest. And I was really thinking about it a lot. I was even kind of thinking about imagining interviews with members of Judas Priest where they could say either, oh, yeah, we had a mate who was really into uh, Bob Dylan and he suggested the name and we yeah. didn't know until later <clears throat> or that they could say, we just wanted something evil and satanic and, yeah. you know, Judas Priest and we didn't know Bob Dylan, whatever. Um, so a few hours later, I got home. And there was a surprise visit from... Rob Helford. Rob Helford. <laughs> <laughs> My roommate's brother. Yeah. And um, I like this guy. Yeah. He's cool to talk to. We don't have a ton in common. Yeah. We don't have a ton to talk about necessarily. Uh, we, he has his cool interests. I like hearing about his interests. I share my interests with him, but they, they don't really mesh, right? Um, so we're just kind of he, he's shooting the shit. It's just me and him waiting for my roommate to get home. And he looks at me. There's a pause in the conversation. It's not going anywhere. He looks at me and says, hey, uh, do you know how the band Judas Priest got their name? Oh, what the fuck? And I immediately was just like, I was just like, bro, are you reading my thoughts? I was like, what the fuck kind of question is that? And he's like, well, I just, for some reason today, I had the idea to listen to some like Bob Dylan deep cuts. What the and fuck, as man? I pulled up to your house, I was listening to this Bob Dylan song called The Ballad of, you know, Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. And I was just like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are the chances of something like that <laughs> That's happening? That's wild. I, I mean, there's, there's, it's funny because like, this is not even on the same level as that, but like, as far as like weird <clears throat> synchronicity stuff like that, like I was listening to the episode that is 101 and I was telling truth about this. Uh, the dude, everyone uh, exploring with Phil that episode. And in the beginning, I was listening to early in the morning when I was driving truck and stuff like that. I was going to work Well, I was actually at work. I was driving, getting on the highway and they were talking Head into the highway. <laughs> they were talking about stuff and like, they were kind of like talking just about random stuff. Uh, getting into the the podcast, and they started talking about like, like 
whatever, synchronicities and stuff like that. And they brought up like foxes because they were obviously talking about the fox that was there. I don't know if I can give that fox away, man. Now it's got deeper meaning. <laughs> it's a contest. The, I, we said it. The, we got to buy The second, buy. I'm taking an exit onto the highway, and the second that they were like, well, it's like that fox that's over your shoulder, a giant fox just runs right in front of my truck where, like, I slam on the brakes, and, like, I was like, I was like, man, I was like, that is, like... That wasn't a fox. It was a puck wedgie. It could have been. But it's, like, it's one of those things. It's, like, small things like that where it's, like, it's, like, well, that's a coincidence, but in your mind, you're like, nah. Is well, that's any just real it. What are, it, yeah, sure. Like what you know, this whole thing with everything that happened to me really caused me to question what is this objective reality? And look, yeah. um, so this thing that happened with this crazy Judas Priest story, um, I had taken people out to the Freetown Hall River State Forest on Sunday. This happened on like Wednesday. The next Sunday, I took those people back out to the Bridgewater Triangle to do some Hockamock Swamp stuff. Yeah. And the one guy who I mentioned who was really very well informed on this stuff, he was basically exhorting me, kind of almost begging me to get back into paranormal investigation Ugh. to do stuff with him. And I was like, no. And he's like, well, then why are you out? If you won't do it, why are you out here in the swamp? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, th I like to hang out with friends, take people, show them around or whatever. And he's like, let me ask you this. Did you have any synchronicities happening this week? And I was just like, fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm not That's doing bad. this. I'm not playing this fucking game anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, like, did he, you know, did he talk to you as far as, like, odd things that have happened to him? Or is he just, like... Yes, and they were very much the same kinds of things. Um, he, his perspective was that some of these things could be positive. And I fear, I basically fear for this guy. Because the stuff that he has that's happening for him that's positive, for example... Um, there's a lot of the stuff that's in this in this paranormal field that's kind of like self-negating, where basically you feel like you've had some kind of experience, but if you were to tell anybody, it's so absurd. Yeah. Like the the thing I might have mentioned in in the podcast where I had um, a sort of a friend or colleague in this stuff who believed at the end before he was institutionalized that the government was emptying the ashtray in his car every night. Yeah. And I believe that the ashtray in his car was being emptied at night. Obviously, it's not the government, but it's like this thing knows ways to like send a message to you and just you yeah. that if you try to convey that message to somebody else, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of this guy's story, this guy was like, look, this person that I was talking to in the, in the swamp and in at the ledge at Freetown at dusk, he was like, um, you know, this can be positive. Let me give you an example. Um, I was at the supermarket and I was going to, the checkout line to pay. And there was some extremely unusual series of circumstances that caused me to go down an aisle that I had never gone down before. And it was the juice aisle. I don't usually drink juice. I went down that aisle and for there was like a person kind of blocking my way that sort of forced me to look at the shelf and there was peach juice on the shelf that looked so delicious. And he thought, you know, I'll get this peach juice. I've never had peach juice before. I guess I'll get it. And then um, he went home put the peach juice in the fridge, went to sleep, woke up the next morning to his roommates banging on the door saying, Hey man, we just got a notification. The, uh, I, I guess, I guess maybe he had like got, had gotten up and instead of drinking water, they would usually drink, he drank the peach juice. Sure. And then his roommates were like, we got a notification. There's bacterial contamination in the water. The drinking water is not drinkable. I hope you didn't drink any. And he's like, I, I drank this juice that I never bought before that I never had before, you know? So these kind of stories are on the surface 
you're going to claim that basically some kind of paranormal entity directed you to buy peach juice so that you didn't drink the poisoned drinking water, tap water, right? Like, this is absurd. This is laughable. What's your take on that exact story? I mean, do you think that is just a coincidence or do you think... This person had an extremely, extremely advanced knowledge of stuff that I was studying um, independently of me, right? And so I think... Um, you know, I can't say that this person is like crazy or wrong. In fact, I think that they're maybe in, in danger, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's well, one of those things. Obviously, there is no way to prove anything could be a coincidence, right? Yeah. You know, um, I could I could predict right now that a, a, a hole is going to open up in the roof and a, uh, a green meteorite is going to land and a fucking space mouse could run out of it, you know? And that could happen, right? And, and if that happened, it wouldn't mean that I was like somehow uh, Nostradamus or had, you know, so the, there's a million things that happen every second, every day. Yeah. And, and so coincidences do happen, but the, <clears throat> the role of synchronicity, I mean, l- let's be honest here. You had done a hundred episodes with no problems. Um, we recorded an episode in which we talked about the paranormal and it's a broken SD card that's arcing out. Now that, that certainly could be a coincidence. That and, kind of stuff then, happens. And then the next episode that is also dealing with paranormal stuff fucking stalls out at but 103 I, instead of 211. I would assert that there is no paranormal investigator who has been doing this for a long time and who has been dared to go underneath the surface of this stuff. Because if you, if you take everything at face value and if you're talking about aliens from space and stuff, I think you can probably stay with this stuff forever. But if you start to really get into sort of the, the altered reality aspect of this stuff, the, you know, what I have, have described as this non-human intelligence stuff, then you start to have weird stuff happening to you. And there is no paranormal investigator that I know of that has gotten into that aspect that has not had the experience of photographs that didn't come out recordings that didn't come out. I talked about this in the, in the episode of the podcast that I did where, um, we, we interviewed somebody who was a sound engineer. He recorded his own interview and me and the hypnotherapist that I was working with both were running tapes. And at the end we had three blank tapes and I would say to anybody, what are the chances yeah. of that? Yeah. How yeah. could that happen? And I, I remember like the, the last, <clears throat> your episode, like one of the things that you like keep on saying is just like, if you look into this enough, it starts looking into you. And like, that's like a chilling phrase with all of this stuff. Uh, so aside from, your experiences with like over the last couple of weeks since the the lost episode when we talked about that stuff and obviously that episode had the the faulty SD card um you bringing those guys out to the Freetown Forest has there been anything else that's odd that's happened since you've kind of brought this stuff up again not really i i basically uh you know i really really try to hold all this stuff at arm's length sure. and uh you know i've it's really crazy like People that are in my life who are not paranormal enthusiasts, they are just people like, um, I, w- I actually had, uh, I sat down and, and had kind of a little break today with a, with a longtime friend of mine. And he was talking about a thing that happened with us years ago where I was revealing to him some of the stuff that had happened to me. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I had taken this to a very deep level, like what happened on the podcast where it's not, I'm not just talking about UFOs in general. I'm talking about things that happened to me. And I got a text from a friend at the, at at like a a pivotal point of this uh, 
conversation. My phone goes off and it's a text and I look at it and it's an emoji that is an alien face. And I immediately respond to my friend and I'm like, why did you send me that? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I just thought it was cute. I don't know. It's like, why did you send me that yeah. right now? Right then. At you know? that point, yeah. Um, but my friend was saying that he has tried telling that story to other people. Yeah. And of course, other people are like, this is the most ridiculous and underwhelming story that I've ever heard. Mm. It's like one of these things where you kind of have to, you have to sort of, I don't know, be there or, yeah. and there, there's just so many <clears throat> such things like this. You know? So I remember another story that you had told on the last episode, and I, I don't remember. <laughs> lo- it's not called the last. It's episode. the last episode. <laughs> the, last episode. Uh, the last track. The last I, hundred, I, yeah. I don't recall how it got segued into it, but I remember it was just a fascinating story, uh, and I'd love to hear it again. Uh, just and I'm glad you remember because I, yeah, I don't I, remember. I remember well, nothing about had, that. Ep- you, the original you episode had, 100. You had up, I, I don't know how we got to it, but I remember. Other you, than Cocaine Bear, we talked about <laughs> Cocaine Bear. Like, that movie was so fucking horrible, man. Anyhow, get, to get where I'm getting at before I get sidetracked. We'll get into the movie oh, second. my lips, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, you had brought up talking, and I, I think it oh, was... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Like, before you go, I'm I opening, think Mark, Mark is opening the mystery bag. Mystery grab bag of nips. I, I, I bought a mystery grab bag of nips. We should all at least put our hand in it and grab one. Okay, cool. Yeah, if, I need this if, maybe if, before if, you, you can't look, if Mark. If the synchronicity is all Dr. McGillicuddy's, I'm going to be real fucking bad, real mad. What did you get there? Smirnoff? Whipped cream Smirnoff? That could be worse. It could be worse. No, it, it can't be worse. Vodka is it the can't worst. It be worse. The worst. Dr. McGillicuddy's root beer whiskey. What do you got? Admiral Nelson's 101 proof. Oh, All right. I'll take it. That's good. <laughs> All right. Fucking vodka is the worst thing to shoot I, in I, the world. I, I, I know I'm getting butterscotch Dr. McGillicuddy's. <laughs> I just fucking know it. If you did the, the guy behind the counter was like, there's some good stuff in there, and I guarantee it's going to be something. Oh, uh, you had to say it. <laughs> vodka, didn't you? What, what do you got? Vodka? It was, it was synchronicity. I just dropped it. Like my body hair vodka or something? <laughs> Your body has already rejected it. Come on, Dr. McGillicuddy's grape-flavored whiskey. Watermelon <laughs> vodka. Sweet tea whiskey. Okay, that's good. That's that's not bad. All right. Bro, I can't I can... believe you make me fucking shoot vodka, dude. That's the worst. You want to trade? Yes, I'll trade. All right, I'll trade. Is what that you, like uh, made by? Um, what, what kind of vodka is that? Watermelon. Is that made by? Uh, all right, okay. I'll I'll throw one. I'll, I'm saving you on this one. I love vodka, but not by itself. It has to be. made It's got water fl- watermelon flavored. Oh, okay. So anyhow, a story. We'll do the we'll do we'll do the story. In a we're second. gonna do the shot first. We'll do the shot. Yeah, then we can tell yeah, the story. Okay. All right. We'll tell the story. All right. And uh, okay. shout out to Johannes for introducing the mystery bag in it. I yeah, think he cool. introduced it, or I don't know. We yeah. did so. All right. Maybe okay. I did it. I don't know. To to hundred more episodes. Yes. To episode two hundred. Ugh. Actually, wasn't that, that wasn't. Oh God, I'm never, I'm never swapping with you ever again. That was horrible. I told you. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, that was Ooh. delightful. Sweet tea whiskey isn't that good either. Better I don't like than, artificial fruit flavored stuff. Is fucking gross. Better than watermelon vodka. Okay. So before that takes effect, uh, you had brought up, and I think it was with uh, your girlfriend at the time, Jen. Uh, you had uh, experienced some stuff in Dudley Town. Okay, yeah, that's oh, what. Yes, I really yes. want to hear that okay. story over again because I think that's got to get. At least okay, documented look, before the, the SD take, card crash. I need to take a brief. <laughs> I need to take a brief break. I'll yeah. be back in one moment. Sure. Gonna take a piss. Yeah, I got to take a piss. Okay. Let's call and Packer and see what's going on. We already talked about. I know. Nothing situations. else is going. Yeah. on. What else can we call? All right. So cocaine bear? No. No brand. Cocaine bear was fucking. This is the problem with cocaine bear. I went into it expecting too much. The movie's not bad. I'm bad because I was going into it with high expectations. I went into it no expectations. See, I and I was amused. 
I, I went into it with high expectations, and that's where I'm at fault because I'm watching a movie called fucking Cocaine Bear. It's great. <laughs> Greatest title ever. And the only the only thing that Have I Have you thought, seen it? Yeah. I saw yeah, I saw I saw part of it, and then I did my thing where I fell asleep. But Good. I did see the part where it's the greatest the greatest killing is when um the bear what happens? <laughs> Someone goes up in the tree. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I the whole in the leg and everything. I, I watched the movie, and the whole time I was watching the movie, the only thing that kept on playing in my mind was this was Ray Liotta's last fucking. Yeah, movie. I know. <laughs> the man was in a lot of great shit. He was in that last that Sopranos movie too. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I didn't see the that. one with the, about the sun. Yeah, I didn't see it. It was, it was pretty it, good. Yeah, it, was, was it, it, it yeah. But I mean, that's that's what he ended his career yeah. was fucking cocaine bear. That is tough. I'm like, ah, I'm, he did do a lot of cocaine, and uh, was it Goodfellas and, or Casino? And, see, I, see, I, I feel like Cocaine Bear <laughs> is either a movie about that or it's the Frankie Pupolo story <laughs> <laughs> documentary. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's fucking. <laughs> we, we can we can we can Have get you had him on your show. No, no but he he's, he's he's playing the dip of the tent. Oh, that's right. We can we can get Plug. into we can get into movies afterwards. We okay, can talk yeah, about yeah. cocaine bear at length. But uh, I really want to hear this. This yeah, no, 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 cocaine no. mark right like, now. No. Cocaine <laughs> mark. <laughs> and believe me, look, yeah. I literally, I think because of the stress of everything, like I blacked out most of episode one hundred, the original one. Yeah. So I know Chris did a lot of talking about follow up stuff. So please, if you remember stuff, like edge this conversation. I, was, I totally forgot about Delhi Town until you said that. Did you I call didn't, it Delhi Town? No, Dudley Town. Oh, I thought you called it Delhi Town. Delhi Town. Like, hey, Delhi Town. Gabba 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 Gabba. Gabba. Hey, I want to the Broccoli Robbie at the Delhi Town. All right. Um, um, so I had forgotten that I, told, that I told the so story. Place in Franklin, DeVita's or something? Yeah, that, yeah. With the, with the, um, <laughs> that place is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the uh, porchetta sandwiches, man. And we also, at that, that last episode, uh, the lost episode, we talked about that Franklin place, Rome. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Joe Wentz. And we that went. cool. And that place was fucking phenomenal, man. Yeah, That yeah. place is good. I'm, I'm going to be bringing, like, out-of-towners to that place. Yeah. It's an incredible restaurant. It's cheap, too. Yeah, it's yeah it was great. The price it's is a great deal. Are you saying we should do a live episode? We now you're talking. Now we're talking. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. He's like, let's talk to this guy over here who does a cement truck. He's like, hey. <laughs> hey, hey what do you got a fucking podcast over here? All right, anyhow. What the Focus a podcast. <laughs> um, so, I am glad in a way that so my 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 ex girlfriend Jen, um, we did not end things on positive terms. Basically, yeah. um, I and that's my fault. Um, I was a jerk. Uh, I was a f dumb kid, you know, and. Uh, didn't really grasp how to behave in a normal way. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that... But you're also a kid that's dealing with non-human intelligence. Fuckery. Well, that, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that, that's not like yeah. the reason why, no, basically. I like, you know, I was... A lot uh, going on. You know, I was, I mean, what is like the pe up. peak of fucking hormonal fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? I was like 21 years old or whatever. I was bouncing off the wall. So... Um, so this woman, Jen, who I respect and value and appreciate, she could have watched an episode of Ancient Aliens that had me on it at any time from the time that those episodes started to come out in like 2008 or whatever yeah. it was until now. 
or, or until like before the podcast came out and Googled me and not found that podcast in which I talked about her specifically. Yeah. And, and presumably the reason why she reached out to me was because she heard me describing things that happened to her and probably heard me say, I don't know if the, this person would affirm today that these things happened. Yeah. Cause I remember you talking about that on the episode saying, look, this is my experience. I don't know if she would say the same thing or not. And so, you know, for whatever reason, um, I still believe that she and I have some kind of a connection through this thing. Yeah. And I believe that it's not a coincidence that she happened to, for the first time, watch an, al- an episode of Ancient Aliens, despite the fact that that episode had been out for 10 plus years. And then that it happened, it just so happened that of all the hundreds of episodes, she chose one at random that happened to be one of the small percentage in which I make an appearance. Yeah. And that that was right after, that was at a point where if she Googled my name, then that podcast would come up right away you know and top so, five percent baby top five percent <laughs> <laughs> so her her no comments to me there. her comments to me were, were really meaningful and and what was what was further meaningful to me was that she started to ask about it, my memories kind of to check her own memories sure. of things that happened that weren't discussed on the podcast yeah. and I, I alluded of course a few minutes ago to when we when we were doing ghost stuff and one of the places that we went to was a place in Connecticut called Dudley Town. Dudley Town is sort of a legendary ghost town in Connecticut. It's a place that, according to legends and lore, um, was basically the doom and ruin of everybody who lived there, where it was a small settlement at the top of a a spooky mountain in Connecticut. And um, everybody who lived there slowly kind of went insane, uh, killed themselves, mysteriously disappeared until there was just like a handful of settlers left still kind of trying to eke out an existence there. Mm. And there's like a famous story about a, uh, I think like the last family that was there, the um, husband decided to go to New York for some specific purpose for some job related purpose and he gets a telegram there from his wife being like come back immediately like the creatures at the edge of the woods are here or whatever and he he gets back as soon as he can on the train and she's hanged herself and that was like the end of Dudley Town and you people can look at you know there the, the this story that I'm telling is like a mixture of like folklore and fact yeah. you know um and and I haven't really like looked into the fact aspect of this thing since um 1999, when my then girlfriend Jen and I decided to go there and check this place out. And uh, I knew that the, so Dudley Town now, of course, there's no buildings there. It's just cellar holes in the woods. But supposedly these cellar holes are still haunted and people have weird experiences there. And I realized that this haunting stuff was associated in some way with UFO stuff. So I wanted to check this out. So uh, we drove to Dudleytown, Connecticut, and I knew that the road that we wanted to be on was called Dark Entry Road. And Dark Entry Road was the road into Dudleytown. And Dark Entry Road dead ends today. But if you continue on that road into the woods, then you get to where Dudleytown was. Um, So we're driving around. I, I have maps. Some of the street names that I'm seeing don't match the street names on the map. We're looking around. I can't find... Dark Entry Road, I basically give up. 
And so now we're in this weird place in Connecticut with nowhere to go and nothing to do. Well, there's a rock shop that sells crystals and fossils and stuff, which is cool. And um, this is kind of like an early internet era. There's certainly no smartphones. There's no way I can look anything up on the fly. So uh, let's just check out this rock shop and then we can get out of here. So Jen and I went into the rock shop and the person working there was friendly. And we bought, you know, we were buying whatever amethyst pieces or whatever, you know, that just yeah. decorative shit. And... Happy to ask this person, hey, did you ever hear about a place called Dudley Town? And the person's eyes kind of narrowed and they said, look, uh, I saw a map for a dollar that will show you where Dudley Town is. But if you get caught by anybody, because they don't want you out there, yeah. if you get caught by anyone, you can't tell them where you got the map. I put down my $1 bill or whatever and I got my photocopy sure. and uh, that's where... Dudley not, Town. Not, not to cut you off. Do you still have a copy of that map? Oh, yeah. I have that map. I have that exact piece of paper. That's awesome. Because later on, at the time, I was as I, as like an investigator. Yeah. Part of that is creating reports okay. and documentation. Yeah. So all of this stuff is, I actually wrote this stuff down in the immediate aftermath of it happening. And yeah. I still have all of that stuff. Yeah. And it was really, really incredible when my ex-girlfriend, ex-friend, Jen, um, told me her memories of it, that not, that her memories were unbelievable. Not only did they match my memories, but they matched what I had written down in 1999. Oh. Exactly. Oh. She said, she said, I remember this stuff better than I remember stuff that happened last week or last month. Yeah. And so. Well, it makes sense. It's imprinted. You know, it's crazy sure. stuff. So, um, turns out the locals renamed Dark Entry Road because they don't want people going out there. Okay. Simple as that. So, uh, we get out there. And now, now it all makes sense. I've got the map. But of course, this map is kind of a hand-drawn thing. And it's not like a, a GPS thing. And um, it's trails in the woods. It's not super yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. So we basically got lost out there. So it is absolutely spooky out there in those woods. This was a... This is like rural Connecticut, right? It's absolutely yeah, forested. What, what about, like, what time of day was this at this point? It is... Three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Theoretically, couldn't have been brighter out there. Um, I think it was a sunny day in December or something like that. Right. I've got a jacket on. It's kind of chilly. But in the woods, it's super dark. Super dark. Like, why did, the, who, why did they name this place Dark Entry Road hundreds of years ago? Kind of odd. In that forest, on those trails... It seemed like there was almost like a mist in the trees. The trees were bare. There were no leaves on the trees, and yet still somehow they were like blocking sunlight from hitting the ground. And um, of course, it doesn't hurt that we know that this place is, that what we're looking for is some kind of haunted place, you know? All I can, all I can hear is you eating. <laughs> He's talking about this. I'm on the edge of my seat. That's why I'm laughing. Those are my fingernails I'm chewing. Um, so, and we start to hear these weird, weird noises in the woods, you know? And it's like, is it, is it a bird? Um, you know, what, what are these sounds? And of course, um, like I say, we know that this place is, is connected to all of this lore about yeah. creatures and hauntings and everything. So we're kind of like on extra alert as we're looking around and the, the noises are kind of adding to our sense of unease. So finally, 
I see a person up ahead, two, two people. And, um, there were, they're just hikers, you know, wearing bright colored outdoor type hiking clothes. Absolutely nothing unusual about these people. And, um, they're up ahead and they're not very far away from us. They're on the same trail that we are on going the same direction. They're just a little bit up ahead. And, uh, Jen and I started talking about it and it's like, oh, maybe they know, maybe they know where, where these cellar mm. holes are. Cause we, 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 we weren't able to find it. We didn't know how close it was or far away it was. So if they're local, they might know. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they go around a little corner in the, on the trail and, and they go out of sight. And, uh, I said to Jen, you know what? I'm just going to just jog up there a very short distance yeah. to where they went around the corner and catch up with them and ask them if maybe they know where it is. Cause we're getting kind of frustrated, you know? So jog up there, turn around the corner and there is nobody there. Nobody. Yeah. There's nobody on the trail. There's nobody off the trail. As I mentioned, no leaves on the trees. The people were wearing bright colored clothes. You know, I was absolutely flummoxed. Yeah, they couldn't have been that far away if they were there. I mean, I had seen these people five seconds before. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying I ran some great distance to catch up with them. They were just, you know, it was a matter of feet away, basically. Yeah, yeah. And there's nobody there. And as I'm looking around, trying to figure out where they were, I see on either side of the trail cellar holes. And I realize this is Dudley Town. Wow. You know? And... uh so that was the extent of the weird things that happened yeah. to us that day. And even when I made my notes about this in 1999, I was kind of like hedging about it and being like, well, um, you know, those noises, they were probably birds, sure. the, the dark darkness in the woods. I was probably psyching myself out and those people must've gone off on some other path somehow that I didn't see somehow. I yeah. don't know, you know, but looking back on it now, um, even even when I wrote those words, I was still clinging to this almost hope that the paranormal was something that happened to other people. You know? yeah. And eventually I couldn't deny that I myself was having strange experiences as much as so, it pains so me to is, say it even today. So this is before all the, the real crazy stuff happened. Yes. It was, it was only later that, um, the real, really scary stuff yeah. started to happen to me. And then after, after that, you, you couldn't have paid me to go to some haunted location. Like yeah. that. Did you, uh, it, one thing that locally, well, it, I guess it's well, locally as in Massachusetts, I've always been kind of interested in, I, and I, even though I haven't like read too deep into it, but uh, when you were doing research and stuff like that, did you ever do anything up in uh, Rockport or Gloucester as far as Dogtown? Oh yeah, I went there. Um, that was one of the places that I checked out yeah. and I didn't really have any um, paranormal experiences there yeah. or anything, but that's another example here in New England. It's, it's actually kind of cool that we have these ghost yeah. towns. Um, yeah. There's another one in Connecticut called uh, Barahat. Yep. That is that is really creepy. That. Uh, that that place is absolutely uh, fucking bonkers. Um, there's weird carvings in the rocks, you know, uh, forgotten graveyards in in the forest and everything. It's it's crazy to to find that stuff out there. Not That's part of what I love off, about before it. Before I forget, um, I know you're kind of you're like kind of near Upton. Have you ever been to the um, like the little rock? absolutely? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, so what, that so what, 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 what are you talking about? like little like little like rooms kind of listen. Here in New England, we have these underground man-made stone caves. Yeah. yeah. And nobody knows I went to them and I was who like, built them or why. 
The one in Upton is a fantastic example I because it's... I found it's, two of them. I, I went years ago, probably five or six years oh, ago. I'd love to check those out. I would love to take you. I, yeah. any, I'll go. Yeah, sure. It was like, Let's kind go. of like right off the main I know road, a lot right? of them. Yeah. I've, this, after I, after I stopped, yeah, after I stopped doing it. the UFO stuff, I pivoted to this uh, man-made underground stone cave thing okay. because... This is basically as mysterious as UFOs. Are, are they it's deep fucking, at all? Like, no, some of the them are deep. The ones I found were like, I found two that were just, uh, small. It was almost like, like this high and that's like typical. Small on this table. Yeah. And then there was one that had water in it. Like Upton, the Upton one is huge, and has a long tunnel that goes goes oh, to that's it. So I didn't. Yeah. That's not the one I found. Okay, there's there's one at Heritage Park in Upton that is is very big, and the stones used to construct this thing are like as big or bigger than a refrigerator. Wow. And so there's there's two possibilities with these things. Either these things were built for agricultural purposes by colonists and settlers post-1620 yeah. or something else. Yeah. And looking at these places, and I've been to maybe 100 of these places um, in all over New England, there's some of these could have some agricultural purpose. Yeah. Others, absolutely no chance. And I'll, I'll give you an example of a, of a really, really good one. There's one in Connecticut that I, I, would, I would be happy to show you. Um, what happened was in the hurricane of 1938, a tree blew down on land that as far as anybody could determine, nobody had ever lived on. Okay. In fact, uh, they couldn't even figure out at the time who owned this land and it wound up like reverting to the town because no one had used this land for, for centuries, basically. Sure. When the tree went down, the roots of the tree pried out a large slab of stone and revealed a hole underneath inside that hole which you can drop down still to this day into that hole is a long long tunnel one end goes towards it's like built into a slope all right okay. one end goes towards the edge of the slope and there is an opening that was originally sealed up by rocks when it was found in 1938 that is the beginning of the tunnel that is to say where you drop down now is part of the tunnel that was damaged when the tree blew over. Yep. The original opening to that tunnel was like one foot by one foot, tiny. Like a tiny child would struggle to climb through. Okay. You would climb 40 feet directly into the hillside. And then at the end of that like 40 foot tunnel, there was a small room, just big enough for a few people to sit in. And it's, uh, it's just like a dome sort of with a stone floor. And prior to 1938, no one had known that it was there. And nobody had been inside. What's your, what's your take on something like that? I believe that it was built by Native Americans in prehistoric times. Okay. And I think that it had a ceremonial purpose. I imagine that it's possible that there were dead people in that room. And that that little opening, it wasn't for you to go in, but maybe you could leave something there or communicate with the oh, dead. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, uh, and, man, I might be fucking up what town it is, but I think it's in Westfield, <clears throat> Westford, uh, the Westford Night. The Westford Night is Have a really you, interesting story. So, like, what's your take on that? I mean, is that like a, 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 well, I'll be a honest. Templar night? Like, what, my, my gut feeling is, is that was probably carved by somebody later and probably not carved by like a medieval era. Okay. Um, explorer however yeah. um i my one of my hobbies now is i like to look for native american stone tools and so i look look for arrowheads on the ground sure. this hobby is adjacent in some ways and overlaps with people who do metal detecting a lot of people do both of these things yeah. and so uh, a lot of people sort of spaces in which i'm active when i'm learning about arrowheads and, and arrowhead hunting i learn about metal detecting finds and it is unbelievable how many medieval english hammered uh coinage 
has been found in Massachusetts. Oh. Now, it's possible, you know, I could have a medieval coin in my pocket right now. And if I drop it here today, it doesn't necessarily mean that people were here today at the shop in medieval times, right? Yeah. But there, I think that there is people who believe that there were Europeans here before Columbus. There's, there's evidence that those people can point to. It's not necessarily something that I personally believe. And maybe it does come down to a matter of faith because there is no proof, but yeah. it's definitely, there's some compelling stuff and it's interesting to look into. The, uh, the other thing that, uh, and like, uh, I read about it quickly. But it, and it's not just Massachusetts, it's all over the country. Cause they've, they found like weird Templar stuff in the desert, like Tucson and stuff or like outside of Arizona. Like yeah. when, when you get into archeology, span there is stuff that you find that makes sense that fits the accepted narrative and stuff that is outside of the accepted the narrative. Forbidden and that, it, it is, it is, it is suppressed. Sure. And that window of what is accepted is changing all the time. Yeah, sure. You can look at textbooks from like the 1930s that say that people lived in Massachusetts for 3000 years or something. And look at a later textbook and it might say 10,000 years. That number is now 13,000 years. Mm -hmm. I think that um, eventually that could be, a much, much more distant number. Now, uh, I had read something once, and I, it might have been, dude, it might have been in like the comments section of like a Reddit post or something like that. But it was something that, that was kind of interesting that like talked about uh, in New England and Massachusetts pioneer walls, and it talked about how there's really no like, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong. There's really no documentation of like pioneer walls even being built, and like there's there's times where like I'm in like state forests and stuff like that, and it seems like. In my mind, like, of what I've kind of been told, like, pioneers' walls were to, like, separate, like, boundaries of land, like, farmland and stuff like that. But there's times where, like, I'm, like, in forests and stuff like that where it's, like, you kind of just look at something and you're, like, why would they build, like, a pioneer wall, like, going up this side of a mountain where there probably was never farmland or cattle to begin with at all? Like, and I've heard that, like, there's, like, a theory that, like, and it could just be a crazy wacko theory that, like, as far as pioneer walls, like, goes from, like way before like English settlers. And I know like Wampanoags really like Indians, local Indians didn't really believe in like property. So what, what do you know about this? Like that theory, that take on things. The, the story of the stone walls in Massachusetts and new England is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, if you took all the stone walls in new England and laid them end to end, it would like go to the moon and back. I, I've, multiple I've heard times. that also. Um, yeah. in the amount, there's a ton of them. The amount of stone walls is absolutely staggering. It is a major mm. regional characteristic of where we live and they're absolutely everywhere. There's almost yeah. no, um, there's basically, there's only a few stands of old growth trees that are known anywhere in Massachusetts. Yeah. At one time, all of Massachusetts basically was clear cut and everywhere that you go that is now a forest was clear cut in re relatively recent memory and there's, there's stone walls to be found there. But here's the thing, the stone walls are not said to be from this vast span of time. Yeah. All of this, so when colonists got here originally in the, in the 1600s, they were making fences out of uh, wood. And supposedly around, I don't know, 1800 or something, they, they started to make these stone walls. And then around 1850, they invented barbed wire. Yeah. So there was no need to make these stone walls anymore. Yeah. So all of these walls, enough walls to reach from here to the moon and back, whatever many times, were built in a span of 50 years. That's the official accepted narrative of the origin of these walls. Now, is there any sort of like, as far as you know, is there any sort of like historical document record as far as like people talking about and like 
old journals, old diaries about them actually building these walls. They're, because I see some of these walls and it's like, you look at them and it's like, they're at least like football sized stones. And like my limited knowledge as far as like colonial life would be like, you're always preparing for like the winter as far as growing stuff. And it's like building these walls by hand, no less, or by maybe <clears throat> oxen or whatever they had back then. Like insane undertaking, like, like just doing all this. And it's like, it seemed like that time would have been better spent, like sure making crops, well, so you don't starve during the winter. Like I, I will tell you this: I will tell you two things that are an absolute fact. Okay. Number one, there are records from the 1600s from European settlers who were talking about European-made structures out of stone in the woods in New England. Okay. And number two, there have been archaeological excavations of stone walls in New England that have yielded prehistoric dates. And so these two facts together, if you, I, to me, the crazy idea is not that some of these things are prehistoric. The crazy idea is that all of these things were built in a span of two generations. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm. so if you were to make a map of everywhere where the conventional archaeological view says that Native Americans made above ground structures out of stone. If you were to take North America and map out everywhere where there are Native American above ground constructions out of stone, it would be every part of America except for New England. Archaeologists in New England will tell you that Native American people lived here for 12,000 years and never put a rock on another rock. And that is ridiculous. And I, I will absolutely tell you that some of the stone walls in New England, and this is not... This this is a suppressed fact, but yeah. this is absolutely true. We're built by Native Americans in prehistoric times, okay. and some of them are extremely old. And an exciting new technology is out now that where you can take a piece of quartz and figure out when the last time this piece of quartz was exposed to sunlight was. Oh, shit. So oh. you have to go on a moonless night in total darkness and dig out a rock that has been underground. It doesn't have to be a big chunk of quartz. It can be granite or something because that's got quartz in it, right? Yeah. You dig out something that's at the base of the wall that's been buried since the wall was new. Yeah. And you do this in total darkness and put it in a lightproof bag and take it back to a laboratory. And then you can subject it to this optically stimulated luminescence and find out when the last time that thing was, was exposed to light was basically when this thing was, oh, wow. was built. And th people are doing that now. And they're coming back with dates that are thousands of years ago. Hmm. It's going to revolutionize our understanding of this That's stuff. That's crazy. New yeah. contest. <laughs> <laughs> who, can, who, can, who can find who the, can oldest, find the rock? oldest rock? I mean, there's, there's, there's a, there was like, like just talking about some of the um, archaeological evidence besides this, this new technology. Um, there it was a rock shelter that was destroyed in like 1981, I think in Littleton, Massachusetts or somewhere near there when they were making a 495 uh, exit. Yeah. And prior to destroying this rock shelter, they had archaeologists come in. They said, we're going to blow this whole thing into oblivion. Why don't you dig here and see if there's anything there to find? And they found in that rock shelter <clears throat> that there was a stone wall that had been built at kind of like inside the drip line, basically to prevent water from running in if you're, <clears throat> if you're sleeping under there. So it's a, it's a stone wall that was basically underground. And there was, uh, they were able to carbon date roots that had grown on those rocks after they were placed in position and then carbonized or whatever. Yeah. And that, that wall was like five or 7,000 years old or whatever. So to me, that's, that's it. You know, if, if you've got carbon dates that prove that Native Americans in Massachusetts built stone walls, yeah. you know, then 
then what is, how do you differentiate between a wall that was built for agricultural purposes and a wall that was maybe built by prehistoric Native Americans for some other purpose? And like you're saying, you can see it with your own eyes. Yeah. When you see, when you're, when you're scaling a rocky slope that, that it could never have been used for pasture land or whatever, yeah. where, where maybe in the past they cleared the trees out just for firewood or whatever, and there's two two giant stone outcroppings on that slope that are connected by, by a wall of, of flat stones. What's the agricultural purpose? Yeah. And, and I would ask the same of these, um, these like uh, underground caves like in Upton and stuff that we're talking yeah. about. Um, we're told these things are, are root cellars or whatever. In most cases, if you put root vegetables in these things, they would basically get moldy immediately because the environment is absolutely terrible for storage of root cellars. Not only that, but we can actually go back to the 1600s, 1700s, and and see how did how were root cellars constructed in in England, and what were the actual written instructions for people in America for how to build root cellars? Yeah. And none of it says build an underground stone chamber with a tunnel that goes into yeah. it. You know, it's ridiculous. So you know, a random thing I wanted to bring up, because uh, well, I remember you posted something about it actually, and it's real close to where all of us live is um, the Lafayette House. Oh sure. What's the uh, um, it's, uh, well, it's one of, one of like the oldest bars. Oh yeah. It's on, it's on route one it's in, right, it's uh, right next to on Foxborough, Stadium. right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's across from it. Oh, it's okay, about, okay, yeah, 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 it's yeah. across the street, about a half a mile down. And it's basically a, one of the cool things that we have a few of. I have a good story about it after, but go on. One of the few things that we, that we, one of the great <clears throat> things about New England is that we have a few of these places. We have bars where you can go and drink, where people went there and drank during the period of like the Revolutionary War. You know, to realize that here I am sitting at a bar, drinking a beer in a room where some dude got off his horse with a fucking tricorn hat and, you know, the 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 stockings and shoe, buckle shoes and everything and, and and walked in there and was like the British have attacked Boston or whatever you know and the the lay the amount of history in a space like that yeah. and so Lafayette oh, House Lafayette like, oh Jesus Christ I drive by that fucking place it's right next to a hotel like yeah, end zone I, I think is what yeah it's I drive called. by that place fucking all the time and yeah. this was um, I had made a post about it because during pandemic. I think the the property was put up for sale because the operators, I don't want to like put words in anyone's mouth, but basically I guess the operators were really struggling during pandemic as yeah. so many small businesses in America were being forced to be shut down while other larger businesses were allowed to be open and stuff. All the horrible nonsense of the whole pandemic response and just what an unbelievable shame it would have been to have that place knocked down. Oh yeah, because some developer would have bought it and put up a fucking. Well, especially you know, <laughs> yeah. when, especially when, in that area, right? Over exactly, Gillette, like. exactly. Like the value of that land, oh, yeah. you know, versus that that building the from seventeen fifty. Sort of it's like not falling. I'm apart, sure it needs work, it needs a roof and, and, and it certainly is and, not like a hip, you know, Instagram ready, you know, that they could, they could <clears throat> knock that thing down and build a steel and glass Korean fusion taco restaurant, you know, and, and make whoever, whatever amount of money. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it's kind of a towny place and the inside is not, um, it's not all like, it's not like it's untouched. Right. I mean, the place has changed and, and modernized, uh, but it is the place it is, the building, it is a building that people used as uh, a roadside meeting house in the days of horse and buggy, and there's value to that. Oh, sure there is. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we got to go to the Rome. Yeah. My aunt, my aunt, go there. like my mom's sister, she worked there, and I remember her telling me this years ago. And I asked her about it. I asked her about it like a year ago. She told me the story years ago. Um, she worked there. She was like the manager of the place, like in like the mid '80s, and uh, she's like that place is haunted as fuck. And she was like, I would be the last person to leave there. She was like the manager, bartender, whatever. And the first person to come in, and she was like, a few times I had left, we used to put all the chairs up on top of the, like upside down on top of the tables and stuff, on top of the bar. She's like, I would come in the next day sometimes, and everything would be moved. Like the chairs that were upside down, like on the tables and bars would be like all in the corner and like a pile, stuff like that. And she was like, swear to God. I don't remember why she told me the story, but... Well, that's one of the things that I love about living in New England is the history that we have here and the ghost stories, true or not, it's spooky. Um, yeah, we should go get a drink there some stormy night. Yeah. That would be fun. We, we'll record an episode there. Live. Live, live, live from the Lafayette. Right. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I, 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 I bet they would let us do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember me and you, we had talked through a podcast about a cool location that would be to do a podcast would be uh, the Hotel Biltmore in, uh, in Providence. Providence. Because, I mean, there's like tons of like sketchy things supposedly like <clears throat> we'd, have, we'd have to find one what the sketchy rooms are well i mean supposedly uh, we do it on the roof where they used to have the human sacrifices with the pigeons up there and everything and all that other stuff uh but like supposedly i had rumors that like they had built like the like they had based the idea of like that first ghostbusters movie like oh, off really? of like hotel <laughs> biltmore like but it's like <clears throat> just that idea of like drinking in like an old hotel bar and then like going upstairs to do like a podcast or something like that anything providence like that. is a is a spooky place and sure. that that bar was a place that hp lovecraft knew in his life yeah. you know there's all kinds of legends and lore about that place we 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 should do a big truth podcast episode about the bridgewater triangle specifically that's not like me talking about my experiences but we could do like about the bridgewater triangle and sure. get other guests on and stuff yeah. to talk about their experiences and i think people yeah, would really yeah. like that if we if we did like say if we did like an on location site in bridgewater triangle uh under like for your comfort level as far as like you know not Doing it as like a discussion thing, like what would be an on on location site that you would recommend? I would say the ledge in uh, Freetown Fall River State would Forest. Probably be the best. It's very atmospheric. It's sure. very scenic. Another idea would be that we could do it inside the Hockamock Swamp, uh, yeah. which would be, probably be pretty buggy depending what time of year. Oh yeah. And uh, there'd probably be some wildlife and nature sounds to contend with. Um, or, you know, there's places like uh, in the vicinity of Lake Nipponicket in Bridgewater yeah. that centers that, that there's a lot of these legends about. Or we could do a place near Lake Assawampsit in Lakeville, yeah. Assawampsit Pond, I should say. Um, there's a ton of very atmospheric, very evocative places in the Bridgewater Triangle where we could do something on vacation. I, I mean, I'm sorry, on location. Yeah. Take some cool photos. Yeah. Yeah. Take some video. <laughs> now, and, yeah, and we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll surely talk more about that i and i would pick your brain about who would be good to have on that you know would would uh would would be interested in coming on well i've got a uh i've got a friend and i i don't want to say his name because i don't want to like blow, blow him blow up him or up, whatever yeah. but uh he is like the guy i got the guy and he would i bet he would do it if i asked him to do it i'm sure he would. <clears throat> all right let's do it so do, do we wait until another like landmark episode <laughs> maybe we could do it for a halloween episode yeah because there, there won't be bugs in October. 
who the fuck knows in Massachusetts, man? I don't know. <laughs> right. but it's fucking warm ass. Yeah, no. But, but like douse yeah. myself in like fucking like yeah. deep woods off so I don't get whatever. Deep woods off. And, some and crazy mos- Lyme disease that you got. I got a dealer account with Rothko. We can get mosquito nets. <laughs> no problem. You got a dealer account with Rothko? We got to talk. Absolutely, dude. Damn, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, how about a random question for everyone? What is everyone's take on Ouija boards? They're cool to collect, but I never play with a Ouija board. It's just... Any experiences? I've had some, but I was wondering if anyone else has. I, I think I've never. I've. I've. We played with them, but I always suspect someone's fucking around. You know what yeah, I mean? I, Cause, yeah. Because it's all like, it's like if I've ever played one of those, it's with jerk off friends. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> one of us is fucking around. Like even when it wasn't me fucking around, like I feel I, like I, I want to hear the rare stories when you're hanging out with people who aren't jerk off friends. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any. Like every, all my friends are fucking jerk off. Which, as I say, is a term of endearment. Yeah, you know that, I mean I, that idea. It's like. Like if, if you're doing a Ouija board with, like, for example, Ryan Rio, like, do you think he's not fucking around? We should, we should, the, listen, the only time that I would ever fuck around with a Ouija board would be if we were going to try to contact Ryan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I see them at, like, flea markets and, like, stuff like that. And if they're priced right and they, the, the box is in good condition, like, I'll buy them. I own a I, got, I bought the, one from Texas. But, from but I, like the Parker Brothers one. I, I never <clears throat> fuck with them because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to invite anything. I have. Like, I, well, I'm that's smart just enough it. to know yeah. that I don't want to invite anything that might be attached. There are two views of reality. The, yeah. the first view is is that we understand everything about the world that we live in. Yeah. Which is and, very narrow-minded. Sure. Yeah. And then there's a, another alternate view, which is there may be more to this world than is immediately apparent to us. I'm kind of in that camp. Yeah. I am. I have learned from, from bitter experience in my, you know, for me personally, my truth is that yeah, that's how it is. There are forces on this earth that we don't understand to which we are a plaything. And any time that you're like trying to make contact with that, um, I think it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah so, no, I agree. Yeah, so I, I won't, I won't. Have you fucked around with them before? When I was a kid mm-hmm. with my Same. brother and my brother was pushing it around, you know, and it's just like, uh, it was harmless, innocent fun. I think like a lot of things, um, if this, this thing kind of sets its own terms and I think you probably could use a Ouija board as kind of a harmless joke as a party trick or whatever. But if you tried to get more serious about, um, who is it that I'm really talking to here? Yeah. You know, if you, if you then take it to that level, I think that's when you open yourself up to like mm-hmm. real problems. No, I've, I've had like a few instances. One, one was when I was like in like sixth grade with a group of kids um and this sounds completely fucking insane but we were using it for a while <laughs> you think that's the first thing yeah. on the podcast that sounds so completely insane we were like literally there was f- uh four of us sleeping over someone's house and we we're using it and this literally happened and it sounds like the craziest thing ever but i've talked about it like a couple of years after it happened with the people um we're asking it like questions, doing all the shit. At one point, we had the lights off. We had flashlights and candles, and the house it had um, like paneling uh, on the ceiling, like the shit that they would have in like schools, you know, like and then like, like popcorn every, ceiling. Type yeah, stuff? and then yeah. like you know, every like sixth or seventh one, there'd be like a light, like a yeah. clear on the light bulb. This sounds so fucking insanely retarded, but we're playing it. At one point. One of us sh- uh, had the flashlight and just pointed up at the ceiling and over like the clear light one, a pentagram. I swear on my mother's grave. Like, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, a, a like 
like there was a pentagram embedded like in light in the form of light in the fucking okay. yeah that's weird and in, see this this is a kind of a thing there was where four of us there and where it doesn't matter that if even if you had four people say we all saw a a symbol appear in the light that you know people would say okay you guys are all lying or right. yeah. at the very best you had a collective delusion, a mass hysteria yeah. among four people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's no way to disprove that. Right. right. But, but it's like, you know, that's not how it was. And it's, know? yeah. And it's like, all right, was it like a satanic pentagram or just like a witchcraft? You know what I mean? I don't know. But the it thing was, is, it it's, was, it's the symbol. And we turned the lights on. It's that's the how symbol that appeared like to you. For, for you guys to interpret, you know what I mean? Like if you were in a different culture where a, a fucking square was like the mystical, witchy, evil, quasi-evil yeah. symbol, then it would have been a square. You but, know what I'm saying? Yeah, but also no matter, even if it was just a fucking, like a triangle or a box in there, like that still would have been like enough. So it wasn't even the pentagram that scared me. It was just that there was an actual object yeah. In the light. I mean, like, I mean, all this stuff, like, I've always found really interesting, but, like, I've always, and maybe it's just from, you know, like, maybe hearing stories about stuff that you've experienced or just watching enough horror movies where it's it's interesting. Witchboard. <laughs> Love that movie. But, Such uh, a good movie. But, it, it, like, I, I've always had an interest in stuff. I like reading about the stuff. Like, I like maybe <clears throat> dabbling and collecting or visiting these things, but I know there's, like, a certain level where, like, you don't, fuck around with what yeah. you don't know because I mean even like stuff like as far as like like going to places that are supposedly like cursed or haunted like I'll go walking to those places but I'm not going to try to invoke anything that's there because namely because I don't want to bring anything yeah, if no, there is no. something I don't want to bring anything and, back to and, the homestead and I'm a, definitely a believer that some people are magnets to it because like uh, for example you know Val right yeah so I dated this girl for like a long time ago. For a long time, we were together for like four or five years. And when we were together, a lot of weird shit happened. Like she was like a magnet for it. Like I've experienced some stuff in my life, but when like the four or five years we were together, like a lot and that, really fucking That to me really speaks happen. to the reality of all of this stuff. Because it's not like these experiences were just um, universally peppered throughout your life. But yeah, like there are certain people who are sort of connected to this stuff and there mm-hmm. were people who are not. And that's why you, you'll have, there are probably people listening to this being like, well, I, I spent a hundred hours behind a Ouija board and that planchet never moved. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's because it's a two way street in some right. ways. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, like me and her used a Ouija board and like some crazy, crazy shit happened. Couldn't pay me to use a Ouija board with Bell. Yeah. I would never, I would never <laughs> do it again, especially that was the last time I used it actually. I mean, there's been, there's been like enough, like, oddball stuff that has happened in my life where like I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like a magnet for this stuff but I mean there's definitely stuff that happens like at my cabin you know I mean uh, one of the where's st- your cabin I live over in Plainville oh yeah okay so I mean like but I mean the previous owners like uh they all their ashes have been spread on the property like and there's stuff that's happened there that I've seen, that my girlfriend has seen, that my ex-wife has well, seen. There were people living in Plainville 10,000 years ago. Definitely. You, you know, you don't know. Uh, but I mean, like, even like for as far as like a weird incident that happened a few years back, like uh, the my father had passed away probably about a good 10 hours before my daughter was born. So he never got to meet my daughter. 
Uh, so I was becoming a father as I was losing. That's my a crazy. It was fucking turn wild, of man. events. Like, what a it, mind fuck. Like my uh, my father went into the hospital on a Friday. Uh, my wife at the time she was pregnant. She was like two weeks pregnant. Uh, well, two weeks due, to her due date. And then uh, on the Sunday, like I went to go visit my father on the Friday. Like, but I couldn't really be that far away from my wife in case she went into labor. Uh, my sister on the Sunday night, she called me at like ten o'clock, and she was like, she was like, hey, like, listen, dad passed, and I was like, okay. And then like, talked to her for a few hours, and then I was like, I'm gonna wait until one a.m. to call him to work. I called him to work, and then it was like. You know, I called to work. I told them what happened. I was like, hey, put me on bereavement. I'll give you a call tomorrow morning to tell you what happened, what days I need, all the stuff. Went to bed. And then like a half hour later, like my wife at the time woke me up and she's like, hey, like my water just broke. Crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. So like, like it was like within a matter of 10 hours, like my daughter was born. So my father never got to meet my daughter. Uh, How old was your dad? Uh, my dad was, uh, right now he... He died past 75-ish. He would have been about 80 right about now, roughly. Uh, so my daughter's five and a half years old. Obviously, he never got to meet her. So this was during the uh, the pandemic when everything was, like, locked down Jesus. and stuff like that. Nobody got, like, like my mother and my sister hadn't seen my daughter or me, for that matter, for about a good three months. Mm. And then finally, it was uh, September. It was uh, the fuck's in September, like, fucking Labor Day. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Labor Day. And finally, my mother was just like... I'm sick of this stuff. Come down to the house in Dartmouth. Like, we're going to have a little cookout in the backyard. It'll be me, you, the neighbor. My mom's neighbor has a daughter that's the same age as uh, my daughter. Oh, she's going to be coming over. And, like, the girls can play in, like, the little pool and stuff like that. And so I was like, all right, cool. So my, my mom's house, the house that I grew up in, it's a ranch home. You know, it's a flat ranch. It's one level. So we're in the backyard. And uh, it's me over there and the, the neighbors uh, over there. The two kids are playing together. Like, my daughter has obviously hadn't played with, like, another little girl for, like, three, four fucking months. So she's, like, they're running around the backyard. Nice, nice warm day. It's picturesque. Like, it's perfect. My sister ended up showing up because she, she wanted to see me and see the kid. So we're talking and stuff like that. And uh, we're sitting in the way, way backyard. And uh, we're facing the back of the house. My mom has a deck with sliding glass doors. And uh, I'm over there, and, like, my daughter, like, she hands me, like, one of those, like, single self-serving bags, uh, bags of, uh, like, goldfish crackers. And I'm opening it, and, like, it was such, like, a nice, perfect day. Like, it just hit my mind where I was just like, I was like, man, I was like, too bad my dad is not here to see this. And then I'm opening up the bag, like, of, like, goldfish. And as soon as I had that thought, I was like, too bad my dad's not here to see this. And, I like, for no reason, nothing told me to in my mind. I just kind of happened to just glance up at the house and I look up the sliding glass doors. And then, like, my daughter steals my attention because she wants her fucking crackers. So I give her the crackers. And I kind of look over at my sister. My sister kind of, like, gives me, like, a hard look. Like, kind of like, like, hey, like, look. And she mouths something to me. And I go, what? And she goes, she mouths something to me. And I go, I can't fucking hear what you're saying. What did you say? And she goes, did you just see dad? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? She's like, now, my sister had followed my glance when I looked up at the sliding glass doors to the dog, uh, to, to, on the deck, because she thought maybe, like, somebody had come in through the front door, and, you know, that's what. <clears throat> but I didn't see anything. I just had thought about my dad, and I just happened to just randomly just look up the house, and then my daughter stole my attention. My sister followed my glance. And when she looked at the sliding glass doors, she saw, like, I guess, like, some sort of silhouette or my father. I don't know if it was, like, a trans transparent, like, translucent version of my dad, like, looking back at us. And she was like, 
I just saw dad looking at us. Wow. And she was like, did you see him? And I was like, no, but I just happened to think of him within like a microsecond before I looked up at the house. And she's like, we got to tell mom. So we waited until the neighbors left. And then she told my mom and my mom's like, yeah, I hear your father all the time. Like he like he like in the middle of the night, like he like shuffles up and down the hallway. I've seen his shadow within like the uh, the hall light and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it's it's stuff like that where it's like I fully believe in stuff like that. Like um, my nephew actually lives with my oldest nephew actually lives with my mom and actually lives in my bedroom, which after I moved out of the house ended up being my dad's like den like and my nephew is not one my nephew tim is not one to actually like how like we're into like we'll watch ghost documentaries or haunted stuff or he's not that type of guy who's into that stuff so like he wouldn't really he's not the type of kid that would talk about these things for fear that like people would think that he's a nutter you know what i mean sure but it was a few weeks after that my daughter would be down at uh my mom's house occasionally and she's a little girl so she's running around amongst all the rooms but she never goes into Tim's room which was my father's room and uh my nephew had randomly mentioned it to my sister his mom was just like was like oh I think she doesn't go in the room because she sees papa and like my sister was like what'd you say and she's like and he's like oh nothing and then like she was like she kind of pressed him a little bit and he's like, he's like, I don't want to say anything, but like every now and then, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like I'll see Papa in the room, like sitting on the couch or like, and he's like, I'm not scared because I I know it's obviously him. And then my sister told my sister told him what had happened a few weeks before during like labor. Did day. he die in the house or was he? Uh, he died at St. Luke's. I mean, like he had a uh, he had a ton of health issues. Like mm -hmm. he uh, he had uh, he had came back from dialysis. And uh, he had fallen in the hallway, and he had actually died in the hallway. And my nephew actually had, like, resuscitated him. And then he went to St. Luke's, and then he died, like, three days later and stuff like that. But, uh, but I mean, it's things like that. Like, there's things like that that has happened. There's stuff that's happened at my cabin, like, when we've moved in, when me and my ex-wife had moved into the cabin. Uh, things that people who've crashed at the cabin, like, people on tour have seen odd things. Uh, my girlfriend... Uh, currently, she has seen a bunch of things. Uh, like, and it's one of those things where it's like, I like to write them off, but it's kind of like, you see like a quick shadow, something like that, like something quickly dart in the room from a corner of your eye. You know what I mean? Like whatever's in my house is nothing that I feel is like malicious. Uh, you know, but it'll be like, it'll be things like that. Like one of the things that was really interesting was when we first moved into the cabin, me and my ex, uh, my ex had a, uh, a heavy wooden rocking chair, a uh, heavy wooden, like uh, wooden, like horse rocking chair that she had put on our side porch. And uh, that fall, we had moved in during like the late summer, the fall, like the whole entire property kind of got infested with uh, uh, like uh, stink bugs and shit like that. So I had sprayed the property and I had like, Dude, hundreds and hundreds of dead stink bugs on that porch. So there was one Sunday morning where it was like 6 a.m. I'm on the porch and I'm cleaning the porch. I'm sweeping them off with like, uh, and the side porch is probably about a good, maybe like a 20 foot porch. It's heavy wood. It's well built. The wooden rocking horse was probably, dude, it was a solid wood heavy rocking horse. It's old. Uh, and so I'm brushing things off and I'm on the, like the, the wooden rocking horse is on one side of the porch. I'm on the far end of the other side of the porch. And then all of a sudden it's 
boom, and that rocking horse is going back and forth, full full teal. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like for you to move that rocking horse, like you'd either need to be a, a, a heavy child riding it or you'd need to actually like slap it real hard. So, I mean, like, I'm thinking I'm like, well, I didn't see like if a bird had hit it, a bird would have obviously been like lying dead on the ground next to it because there's that much force to it. There's, I didn't see any raccoon. I didn't see any squirrel jumping off of it. But this thing is just shaking by itself. And in my mind, I'm just like, Maybe I hit like a loose board in the, in, in the deck. So I'm jumping up and down on every square inch of that, that porch. And I'm a 220-pound man. And that rocking horse did not move an inch, even when I'm jumping like a foot from it. Stuff like that happens. Uh, there's been times where like my basement door that's like leads down to the basement, which is a, a furnished apartment, like a, a more or less a finished apartment. That door is always locked because I have a child. I don't want to to go down the stairs. But there's been times where, like, I know my ex, when my ex was at the house, she said that there's been two or three times where, like, she's heard that door slammed shut, and then she comes downstairs, and that door is shut, and it's dead bolted lock. One of the times where I was home alone, with the exception of my dog at the time, like, my ex-wife and the kid was out of the house at the time, I'm sitting watching a movie, I'm eating a sandwich, and then all of a sudden, like, I hear a door slam. I start laughing to myself because I know what it is and I finish my sandwich and I get up and there's only that downstairs hallway is my daughter's room, the downstairs <clears> bathroom. <throat> those dudes, those doors are always opened. And then there's the, the, the door that leads to the basement and that door is closed and it's dead bolted locked. So it's, it's stuff like that. Uh, one of the things that had recently happened a few months ago when my girlfriend was coming up for the house for the, for the, for the week when she was staying was, uh, we're both laying on the couch. I started falling asleep. I'm passed out. Uh, we're watching a movie, whatever. Well, she's watching a movie. I'm passed out. I'm sleeping. And uh, she hears uh, sleigh bells coming from upstairs. I don't own sleigh bells from upstairs. The only bells that are in my house are on the front door. So if the front door opens. And we're right there. And uh, she woke me up and she told me that like the next morning. She was like, she was, do you have bells upstairs? And I was like, I have no bells upstairs. And... She had she likes making videos of just, just a couch of sketchy origin. <laughs> yeah, she, she 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 likes making videos of me falling asleep because she thinks it's fucking funny. Because uh, I snore obviously, and I look like a fucking baboon when I'm sleeping. And <laughs> earlier in that night, she had made a video of that happening, and there's an orb that just appears and disappears. Like, oh, and then later on, like, you know, there's bells, like... Mm -hmm. Is there an EVP of the bells? There's maybe an EVP of the bells. But, I mean, <laughs> it, there was even other things where it was, like... There's been times where, at that house, where... I think it was Valentine's Day, she was over. And we had just gotten back in from dinner. And it was just me and her at the house. I didn't have the kid that night. And we get in, we, we get in the house. Like, we hang up our coats. I go to the downstairs <clears> restroom. And I come out. And she's, like, looking over where my daughter's toys are. And she's, like... She's like, does Lorelai have, like, a toy train? And I'm like, no, she doesn't have anything like that. And she's like, did you just hear that? And I'm like, no. And she's like, when I was hanging up my couch, uh, hanging up my, my coat, like, I started hearing, like, a toy train, like a train noise. I was like, there's nothing like that in this house. I know I bought my daughter for toys. But, I mean, there's, as far as things like being aware of things, 
there's enough of those little things that was your father into trains at all or anything like that or no no my dad was into guns man (laughs) (laughs) my my dad was a real man he was into guns uh but there's enough things like that that have happened in my life where like i'm aware of things and i don't know no i think there's a lot of value in that you know um i used when i was still investigating ufo sightings I, I launched a project that was just called the Anomalous Report Collection Project. Yeah. And it was me tape recording just people that like came to my house to party or whatever. Have you ever had a weird experience in your life that you couldn't explain? And virtually everybody has something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And um, and if we look at the the bulk of these things, it's clear that there are aspects of our reality that we don't. I think it would be a tremendous amount of hubris to look back 500 years and be like, okay, those people 500 years ago, they thought that the, you know, earth revolved around the sun. They didn't have an, they didn't have the faintest idea about reality, but now we know everything. It's like, no, we don't, we don't. And so, I I mean, one one of the first things that I can remember that was like really, really odd that never happened to me was I grew up in South Dartmouth and I'm sure you've, maybe gone down there with different things. I didn't grow up that far away from Duvall's store, which is one of America's oldest general stores. Or, sure. For all I know, it could actually be the oldest general store that's still up and running. And uh, I had a friend that lived on that line of like Dartmouth Westport. And I always remember I was driving out there. It was a fall day, but it was good weather conditions. I was driving out there with my car, my first car. And uh, just having this, like a conversation, like what we're having as far as like weird stuff. And I know that, like, that area was, like, there was raids and stuff like that during, like, King Philip's War and stuff like that. And I was passing Duvall's store at the time, and I remember this thought just popped in my mind. I was like, I said, wow, I was like, I bet you there's a lot of, like, paranormal activity in this area. And the second that I had that thought in my mind, the wheel jerked out of my hands. That's it, such a classic it, Bridgewater it, Triangle it, type it, story. In, into the next lane. So, I mean, yeah. there's been plenty of times, and I'm... Sure, there's been plenty of times where we've all been in the cars with our friends and we like jerked the wheel out of their hands like to be a dick. <laughs> there was like a forcible jerk out of like of the wheel where like my, my Camry went into the next lane. So I got out, I parked the car in the middle of the road. There's no other wow. traffic because there's nothing there. And like I go, I go, okay, that just happened. Did I hit a pothole? Was there some sort of like wet leaves on the ground? Was there anything that could have done that? Mm-hmm. And obviously road conditions were perfect. And I got back in the car. I mean, it is New England. Obviously, the road conditions are perfect. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I got back in the car, and I drove to my buddy Jared's house, and I never had anything like that ever happen to the car ever again. But it was the, the second that I thought about, I wonder if there's any paranormal activity in this area. And that wheel just instantly jerked out. And, and that's, that's how this thing works. Yeah. It's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, you thought, you thinking that created a thing uh, that happened. Yeah. And I don't pretend to have all the answers about this. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody does. Um, it's just... Uh, like, in my mind, I want to think, like, that, like, I had that thought and maybe, like, subconsciously, like, my body right, did, yeah. like, its own twitch and did that. And, and perhaps... And that could be it. Perhaps we, we could have a better understanding of that at some point down the road. But ultimately, yeah, you know, you mentioned, like, your dad, losing your dad, and that 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 
you know, your family's response to that and the experiences that happen as a result. Yeah. I relate to that a lot. Like so many people in our generation, yeah. I like lost a brother and my parents are suffering a lot sure. and um, they had their own experiences. My mother specifically afterward. And, you know, my mom looked to me on some level for validation of these kind of experiences. My mother, of course, looks at this things from a very different framework because my mother is a very Christian person and yeah. with a very serious faith. I am not a Christian person. Um, I don't necessarily share her beliefs about what happens after you die, but I could say to my mother in truth that um, energy can't really be destroyed, yeah. right? And that mm -hmm. uh, our consciousness is not entirely localized inside of our skulls. Like if I had a strong enough measuring device, I could measure the brain activity of everybody at this table from here. It would you be know? fucking low as hell, yeah, another another like uh, weird thing that happened to me. And it, whenever it happens with multiple people, that's obviously the best one because you have other witnesses. And I could text or any of these people now, and they would all remember it. But I was uh, on tour, and it was um, we were in Wisconsin. We pulled off. We stayed at this old hotel. I'll never forget the name of it, Edge of the Woods Motel. And uh, Jasper was with us. Um, my friend Pete from Global Threat. It was an unseen tour. We had a couple of people with us. And we stayed in this hotel room. It was like an old, like, kind of Bates Motel-looking place. And uh, there was like, six of us in the room. And I showered. People showered. We're all, like, like laying in there just watching TV. And someone's like, I hear fucking water dripping. And then, like, we all kind of, like, stopped, like, and we all heard, like, water dripping. And we're like, all right, well, that's fucking weird. I'm like, well... I was last in the shower. It's probably just dripping in the bathtub. I go in there, no water dripping. Like, all right, we still hear it drip, 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 drip. We're like all sitting there. It got to the point where we're all looking to find where this water's dripping from. We're like, it was a carpeted hotel. You know, like the sinks are usually like in the room, not in the bathroom. There's sure. just, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, we're feeling the sink, nothing, nothing, whatever. We finally ignore it. We go to sleep. And uh, I wake up the next morning and I was uh, in a bed with um, my buddy Pete. And well, first of all, a guitar player was like, this place is creeping me out. Fuck this. And he went and slept in the van. And then, uh, so I wake up and, um, like Pete's like, my friend Pete's like, uh, dude, he's like, yo, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sit up. Like something was like not letting me sit up. Like sleep paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I like, I couldn't move. And then like an hour later, like everyone else woke up and my one of the other guys in the other bed are my old guitar player, Paul. He was like, I woke up last night and something was holding me down. And yeah. it was, it was like, it was so fucking weird. And then it's like, none of us ever forgot that. And then like a couple of years later, we're in the same area. And I was like, I'm going to find this fucking hotel. And I found it. Cause I remembered it was like, we're in Wisconsin. There's not much there. And I, I pulled off and went into the office and I was like, this is completely crazy, but I just got to ask you like, like, is this place haunted? Cause and the guy's like, I just bought this place like six months ago. I, like, I've never heard anything about it being haunted. And I was like, well, like four or five years ago, me and my friend stayed here and we like, we, it was fucking weird. And he's like, my, and I was like, it was that room right there. It was like the second room away from the, the lobby, like the little clerk area. And he's like, we were renovated this place. My mom stayed in that room for like six months and she didn't say she never witnessed anything. And I was like, well, we did. 
So you guys are just crazy. That's it was there. It was there for like, you to I've, see, man. Yeah, but I've brought, you guys but, to experience. But we brought night. it up before. Like, if I text, I'm going to text Jasper right now. Edge of the Woods Motel, and we'll see if he replies. Have you, have you talked to him on the phone lately? No. Oh, you should call him. He's got all kinds of crazy stuff. He's doing great. He's uh, he's got a crazy band stuff going on now that oh, I'm really? super super jealous about. But he also has like some health shit that's fucking crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it's just so typical from like, I guess in in many ways like. Like, I'm not saying that his, his experience is super typical, but how many people do we know at our age who are starting to now, like, 25 years of hard living is, like, catching up with them, you know yeah, what I mean? It's catching up with everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Hey, one thing I just that, texted two of them. One, one thing I wanted to bring up, because you had, you had mentioned your mom and, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate passing of your brother and stuff like that, uh, but being that your mom was very religious and obviously you weren't probably growing up, uh, what did your parents think about when you were getting into like all this UFO stuff, all this like supernatural stuff? Like, were they supportive on any level? Like at any point, did they try to pull you out of this stuff? Like, I mean, I'm sure there was like this also with you getting into punk rock and stuff like that. I didn't know how, like, how did they feel about you getting into, uh, subculture shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the guys, my, I was like, remember edge of the woods. He's like, of course, yeah. you know, I, I got into subculture shit when I was like a young, young teenager. Yeah. And I think like probably a lot of young teenagers getting into subculture shit. I kept it a secret from my mom and dad sure. for a little while. Uh, I remember going to a show at the rat and then, uh, being in the pit, having a great time, leaving the show and realizing that my face was like basically bashed in yeah. and then telling my mother that I fell down a hill face first. And that's why I looked that way. You know, I, I would, I would change into like my quote unquote punk clothes yeah. after leaving the house. Yeah. You know, this was when I was very first getting into sure. this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then eventually, um, I was in a band and I was dressing punk all the time. Yeah. And I think my mother at least my mother and father had gotten a divorce and I think my mother and father both felt that I wore my quote unquote stage clothes all the time, yeah. uh, which is an interesting way of looking at this sure. stuff. Right. Um, when I was doing the UFO stuff, my, I actually had a very unfortunate timing thing where I got into this UFO stuff very hugely and was wearing my heart on my sleeve. Right. And then suddenly it was the heaven's gate cult mass suicide thing. Oh, yeah, that and that one. was super, <laughs> That was a fucking bad time to be a UFO was his name freak. Apple, uh, fuck, what was that dude's name? I Appleton or something? I don't remember. Yeah. But was your, uh, was your mom scared you were going to cut off your own nuts? No, but my father, <laughs> my father was super. My father was like, "Hey, man." You're a kook. Now, an interesting <laughs> thing is that my sheet, father had seen sheet. a UFO together with his friend in around 1965. Yeah, and when I was very first interested in ufos as a child my father told me that he and his friend who he named had seen this ufo during the 1960s where was it it was in like i don't know some faraway place or whatever but here's the really fascinating thing about this my father started to throw a lot of shit at me about being a ufo investigator whatever he called me a kook he was filled with scorn i had a fractious relationship with my father at the time which obviously now as i mentioned i work with my father that fractious relationship is long since healed yeah um but at the time growing up you know you butt heads and my dad had some ideas about me that weren't really true. The divorce factored into this very complex situation. Yeah. But I remember that my father had told me that he and his friend had seen this UFO in the 1960s. So I, I got the dude's phone number and I called him. 
<laughs> I said, my name's Chris Pittman. My father is Fred Pittman. He's like, oh, how's he doing? How's you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I fucking took down his UFO sighting report and I wrote an official report and sent it to the mutual UFO network. Yeah. And it's like, I fucking rammed that right up my Have you and your father ass. ever talked about it? Like in the, like after that, like he originally told you Not about it? Really? I, uh, I don't know. I don't, things are different for me now. You know, when I mm. was at the time that I'm talking mm. about, like early mid nineties, like mm. I was like UFO study is important. You know, maybe I'm back around to see, seeing eye to eye with my father on this issue, because right. frankly, um, the way that my father expressed what he expressed to me was, was, was clumsy or yeah. wrong or whatever, but his sentiment was in a way validated what, by what happened to me afterward, you know, do, like, do they know, like, I mean, the stuff that you described on your first episode, like all this shit, like, do they have an idea, like even a fraction? Has your dad listened to the podcast? No. Of, of the shit that you actually experienced, like, no. through. like, what would there be, what would their opinions be? If like they really hard for me to say, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you guys. I, I see my parents almost every day to this day. And I I have a very close relationship with them. Yeah. I'm I'm like that with my dad now. And, uh, that aspect of things, it doesn't come up and I wouldn't even begin to know how to, how to describe it with them, especially if your dad asks you about it, like in the next few days, I'm going to freak. I totally out. imagine that. Imagine that. Like, I got to talk to you. My father, <laughs> he calls my you father, up tomorrow and he goes, he goes, you know how Judas Priest got that name? <laughs> my father is like, uh, uh, that's the name of this episode. How did Judas Priest get their name? When, when that dude, when, when, when that dude said to me, do you know where Judas Priest got their name? I was fucking, I was ready. I would have literally, I, I literally, I would have left. I would have been like, I was I'm like, out. Bye. I was just like, dude, I would have been what like, the fuck? Am I in like the Truman Show? Like, I'm fucking yeah, And out. of course, Bye. I explained to him why I reacted the way, and what, he got what? very excited about it. He was like, this is crazy. What an unbelievable thing. Yeah. And so my roommate came home, and he excitedly describes this to my roommate. Can you believe this happened? That's and my roommate's so response weird. was, that happens to Chris all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pretty quiet during all this. You got any stories about ghosts or at all? Yeah, like, no? here we are in the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. You know, it's like... People, so here's a, a fun fact. We're in the lower right-hand corner right now. My friends, you know, I, I, I've got friends that I hang out with every week. I had told them that we recorded this episode. And then um, the next week I saw them and they were like, hey, how did that like rec- episode recording go? And I said, uh, well, funny that you mention it. Mm. You see, I got some texts about it today. And it turns out. The like SD card was broken and like the episode like can't be salvaged. And the response from everyone was like, you're fucking kidding me, dude. No way. You're not fucking being honest with me right now. No fucking way. But it's like, yeah. We've we've covered enough ground tonight that if this card is fucking broken or there's <laughs> yeah. some sort of fucking tomfoolery well, so that happens. Fuck all this. Yeah, yeah. We're just, you just can't be on the show so anymore. So somebody, <laughs> somebody asked me, they're like, well, why do you think that the previous episode wouldn't have had this problem, but then your later episode, it's like, it's where we are right now is mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Than where we no, recorded no, yeah, it. Because we recorded that in Swansea. Exactly. Which isn't in Technically the tri- outside. It's outside the triangle. <laughs> yeah, man. So no, I. Uh, so this is the test. Let's yeah. see if this one gels. I told this on the last episode, one hundred and one. The only thing I've ever had happen to me is coming home at like three in the morning. I yeah. had uh, two Those orbs, orbs, yeah. orbs of light shoot out in front of me, dance in front of the windshield, and then fucking dart off. That's about yeah. it. But years ago in Dorchester, in South Boston, when I lived in Dorchester, I had sleep paralysis, and I woke yeah. up 
and I was facing the wall. My bed was against the wall, and I was facing the wall, and I woke up, and I couldn't move, and I was like, oh, fuck, they're behind me. Yeah. And that's all I kept thinking is they're fucking behind me. Yeah, I mean, I... But, I think, but here's the other weird yeah. thing, right? Then a week later, I go outside, and I go... We lived on... It was me and Seamus. And you saw an owl. Yeah, I lived on third floor yeah, in Dorchester. Talking. I walked outside. There's a fucking white owl from me to you. That yeah. how, that's how close it was. It was on a branch sitting there looking at me. <clears throat> and I walked out, and it just started, it fucking stared at me, and I'm like, okay. I saw orbs. <laughs> this is what we're doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I saw orbs once, and it, like I was in England, actually Scotland, and we were playing this like weird, like really old place, and everybody went to eat, and my, my our booking agent was on tour with us, and he's like, "You have to put your hair up." He's like, "You think the kids went to see Kiss without the makeup? Yeah, yeah <laughs> they yeah. went to see the Unseen with the Mohawk." I was like, "All right, fine." So I'm up there like doing my hair in the bathroom, and totally fine, slept a lot and everything, it's totally sober. It's like three in the afternoon, and all of a sudden I start getting like just feeling weird, and there was like. These like it, almost like bubbles, but tiny, tiny, and they were like just there was like yeah. a lot of them, like all around the room, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on right now?" <laughs> yeah, like yeah. as I'm like drying my hair and stuff, and it lasted for like it was just hair product thirty fucking. seconds. That's what I, well, I'm like. Maybe it's just like fucking rave number four. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was like in that bathroom. It was just like, yeah. yeah and then yeah. the other, on the other, like the the weirdest thing that happened to me, and nobody was there to experience it, was um, it was like. Super Bowl Sunday, like early 2000s, and we were on tour with the Dropkick Murphys, and we were in England, and they were all like, we want to watch football, so they all went to the bar, and I was like, football's gay, I'm not going to watch football, so I stayed at the hotel, and um, in the hotel room we were in had bunk beds. Earlier in the day, I was walking around behind, like, from like here to the garage door, behind the hotel was a graveyard. And I was like taking pictures in the graveyard and stuff. Like headstones are super old because it's England or Scotland or whatever. And then um, I go back, we go back or whatever to the hotel. Everyone was like, we're going to go watch Super Bowl. So I went down. I was like, I'll go drink and eat for a bit. Went down there, ate, drank, walked back to the hotel by myself. All the lights are on. I find something to watch. I'm on the bottom bunk. I fall asleep. I wake up to the bed violently shaking. It was like, like. I wake up and when I woke up, it was still shaking for like probably like five seconds. And then it stopped. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like sharing a room with one of the dude. And literally my thought was like, Oh, maybe they came back while I was sleeping. And like, I like, I'm like, jerking off that, on the top literally, of literally, that's literally, I was like, he's jerking off. Like, yeah. but I was like, I didn't hear anything, but I was like, that's the only thing I could explain. Cause <laughs> the whole bed was like moving. So I'm sitting up, I'm like, hello? And I don't hear anything. And I'm like now petrified. I'm like fucking like every hair in my body standing up. I'm like, what the fuck? So I like, I'm like, hello? No one answers. So now I get up and I'm like literally like, like creeping up the ladder. I look up, nothing's there. Yeah. And then I was like, I just sat there and I was like, okay. And I'm like, again, all the lights are on and everything. I'm like, I'm not staying in this room. I went out and I sat in the lobby and I sat in the lobby for like three hours and then everybody came in like hammered. It was like four in the morning by the time the Super Bowl ended because it was like time zone change. And everyone's like, why are you sitting in the couch in the lobby? This is like before you could use your phone and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll tell you tomorrow. Like, I'm not even going to explain this right now. So uh, you had brought up sleep paralysis, stuff like that. And I, I definitely, in my early 20s, I definitely suffered from a few episodes of sleep paralysis. Uh the most intense one being like, you know, you, you're kind of laying there and like you kind of feel like the wave. And for me, at least it was like a wave that kind of started 
in like my legs and kind of creeping in. And then it's just kind of like a cold sweat. And then the most terrifying time was I heard something whispering in my ear, but it just kind of sounded like like white noise, like static, like from like an old black and white TV, like. And then it's just like passing out from fear and then like waking up the next morning and like you've completely sweated through the bed. Uh, now I've had like similar like feelings of like that wave, that anxiety wave that like creeps over your body when like I've done like psychedelics before. So like, I don't know. Like, Hippie. Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, so it's like it, in my mind, like, I don't know if like, if that's like just brain chemicals being released like sure. during the middle of the night or if it has actually some sort of like, Whatever, something te- like torturing you in the middle yeah, of the night. Yeah, yeah. I've never had any like sleep paralysis. Chris, have you ever weird. had any bouts of sleep paralysis? Or? I haven't. Um, you know, I've the the closest it. that I could could relate to it is like that thing that I described in the first episode where the, I on on, Di- on that beach in Dighton. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, on the on the Taunton River in Dighton. Um, no, me personally, no. What's your, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, we have, we've had different cultural understandings of sleep paralysis over time. You know, we call it sleep paralysis now. Um, hundreds of years ago, it was like demons or whatever. Hundreds of years from now, who knows what they'll, what they'll think sleep paralysis. Mine was crazy enough where the next day I, I like called the doctor. I don't ever call the doctor about anything. I'm like, Hey, I had like, like I woke up paralyzed. What the fuck do I do about that? They're like, what are you talking about? I was like. I was like, it's gone now. But like, they're doing research on this now with regard yeah. to narcolepsy and sleepwalking and all this stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, there there are people who can drive a car while they're asleep. That's so yeah, I've, yeah, that's, that's so that's, fucking that's, insane. That's, I've heard that's, that. That's me going to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's so every morning. That's every morning. For that's every morning. <laughs> so our our understandings of like of of sleep are 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 not you know necessarily complete. There's a story about a World War One veteran who got damage to his brain and like didn't need to sleep afterward. And I don't, I'm not like an expert on this, but, uh, you know, th- imagine if you didn't have to sleep, how much more life that you would have. That's insane. I could accomplish like a third more so life. fucking much. Yeah. A third more no, life. I get like four to six hours of sleep at the most. So yeah. There was like a guy with a traumatic, a traumatic a brain job. injury and like <laughs> couldn't sleep and like didn't need to sleep. You know? I didn't ever know that was possible. I, well, thought, I thought you kind of went nuts after you. The, theoretically, you know, you you can uh, you can exist without food for for weeks and weeks, yeah. but without sleep for a matter of days, and you yeah, you, you lose like hallucinating it. Hallucinating and but, stuff, right? You know, there's this is uh, one of those things that's kind of on the frontiers of our understanding about human. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the next episode we get sleep divided. Sleep deprived for like two, three days, and then <laughs> do a podcast. An I think I, I think the record is like, was it like nine days, ten yeah, days, somebody know. without sleep? But it's like that's wild. I uh, I actually saw something. A hell of this, a cocaine vendor. I, I actually I actually <laughs> saw something uh, this morning on uh, Instagram. It was like some sort of like oddball history account where they talked about a uh, God. I think it was a German soldier, and you might very well know this. And, uh, oh, what? Because it's a Nazi, you think I know about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, no. I know about it. Yeah, I know you know about it. <laughs> wink, wink. No, it, it actually might have even been a, a Finnish soldier. Uh, but, uh, he's probably a Nazi. <laughs> Anyhow, it was like, it, it was, it was during like a, a, a winter area because they were skiing and, uh, 
I can't read lips, dude. Just just tell me afterwards, all right? And uh, Go like on, how, how they were like how they were giving like methamphetamines. Yeah. Like to, no, I know the, the story you're yeah, talking about. The, yeah. And uh, he the, the the particular soldier, he was like carrying like pretty much like his whole unit's supply of methamphetamines while they were being like chased like by Russians. And uh, I guess his hands were so frozen and he was getting so tired that like he just like somehow fucked up and like or maybe on purpose, he took like the whole unit's supply of methamphetamines, like Whoa. 30 dosages. <laughs> and like he was like his heart rate was something like 200, like and he just skied for like almost like two weeks straight, like completely like leaving his guys in the dust, like completely blacked out. And like when he woke up, he was like. He had like shredded tons of weight. He like weighed ninety pounds. Like he <laughs> ate like a live bird and like like I don't know, like a rock. Look. And they found him like two weeks later, and he was like he had like completely like lost two weeks of time, completely on methamphetamines, like no sleeping, like. But he had like skied something like three hundred miles, <laughs> like something insane. The 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 story of methamphetamine use in World War II is like incredibly obfuscated by like propaganda myths sure. and lore and legends. Yeah. And you know, we hear about uh, the Nazis that their soldiers were like totally insane on meth. Yeah. You know, when in reality, all of the combatants during World War II right, were issuing stimulants yeah. in very you know methamphetamines where you could buy them in in. In Britain, in America, yeah. you know, as a civilian at that yeah. time as well. So in, in, probably in the Sears catalog. Yeah, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were sold like over the counter, like exactly. pharmaceuticals. Like yes. they, they actually made them like in chocolates, like <clears throat> yes. where you can like like. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of like legends and, and obfuscation about, um, especially like World War II German soldiers or quote unquote Nazi Blitz soldiers and stuff. stuff yeah. Exactly. There's like a whole book out there, Blitzed, that's about like how the German army was like drunk out this yeah. is like pop history yeah. trash you know but it is it, there are there is an, a, an element of truth there that you can learn about and and read about but unfortunately it's tough sometimes to parse the propaganda myths sure. from the realities and stuff so new new specialty episode we all get on tons of methamphetamines <laughs> and we try to do like i mean this is probably like a we five do a two, we do a two week we, we try to fight the soviet union two week podcast we go for the world record for longest podcast I wonder what that is. We're gonna fry that SD look card. I'll tell you that. I, I yeah. I guess I could look up like what's the longest. No, no. When I look at it, look it up right now. No, right. look at your text messages. Listen, I'm gonna grab another shot out of this grab bag. Oh, thing well, well, yeah, I guess right. we are. Okay. 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 All right. And then Chris, I think I've asked. I asked you this on the last one. But oh, what is disgusting? I got a Parrot Bay coconut. Oh, why do I keep getting vodka? Because it's probably all vodka. Because no one wants vodka. Did you buy it like that? Green it, it, apple. It, it's eight dollars for ten nips. Where'd you get this incredible deal? Uh, at the Rotary Down the street. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that looks disgusting. Oh, smart enough, green apple. No, I'm <laughs> he throws it back. No you fair. can't throw it back. Kristen Brothers, honey. That's all fine. Right. Take no, it. I'm take going back it. to the green apple. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Because I know you're just going to end up getting the green apple and you're going to fucking whine about That's it. That's what so. I have, green apple. You got a green I apple? I would thing. gladly trade this Parrot Bay coconut to anyone who wants a coconut. What, what do you got over there? Parrot Bay 90 proof coconut rum. <laughs> you're like, no, nothing you want. <laughs> you don't get to pick That's through. No, 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 I'm taking, I got Christian Brothers honey, but it doesn't even say what it is. Well, it's a fucking <laughs> nasty nip, brother. 
It's a dollar. <laughs> 80 cent nip. It just says the Christian brothers. Honey. It's going to make you more That's religious. That's always going to church no, no, tomorrow. Wait. And then it says. <laughs> you were like, oh, it's Guys, brandy. I just woke up and I said I had to go to church. I, I had this feel, epiphany. I feel totally bamboozled by that by that place because that guy was like, there's oh. some good nips in yeah, there. No, there's what's a good too? nip? I'll, you know, the nips are, are disgusting in there. What else is nature. in here? All right, there's apple cider whiskey. I'm um, nauseated. Oh, apple cider whiskey. Nauseated. Give me that. Put this thing back. What is this? Like ectoplasm. You know what? I'll drink this because at least it's. All right, hold on. I'm getting another beer. Too, I gotta get a chaser because I don't know what this fucking honey shit. I'm is. I'm gonna drink this pink thing. You oh, dropped like, it on the floor. Because I'm already gonna have green tea. Mountain Dew. We're we're gonna do these nips, and then I gotta bring up something. <laughs> right. Hell yeah! I know where this is going. But before we do, it's I, my fault. I, I, listen, 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 no, no, listen, listen, listen. No, no. If, if, there's, if there's some shit that you want to bring up, that's a bit Bring shit up. All right. So, before, so before, real talk. Real talk. Before we do this shot, Chris, what is? I think I asked you this on. The I'm going to take one, a piss. But I'm going to ask you again. I can't believe you haven't yet. I've done like 30 of them. That's what happens. You're 46 years old. What is your visceral? What is your visceral gut reaction to what this shit is? Like, when I say what this shit is... Like, Meaning the stuff in this bag? No, no, not that ectoplasm <laughs> that he's got. But, like, you know, like, you investigated UFO stuff, alien stuff, paranormal stuff. I know we classified as non-human intelligence. Punk but stuff. what is your visceral reaction to what it is? Is it something interdimensional? Is it something demonic? Is it something from another world? Like, Well, look, I, I mentioned already on this podcast, I'm not like a Christian person. I'm not a religious person. Sure, no, I get it. And uh, I don't see how anybody can be. But anyways, go on. <laughs> like, I mean, look, to each their own, but yeah. You know, I said in, that, in, the, in, the, in the episode where I told a story about how I got contacted by somebody who very clearly through their questions had a very advanced knowledge of this stuff. You know, they yeah. were emailing me. Sure. And, and then finally I asked them after this back and forth, you know, what, what is your take on this? What is your background on this? And the person said, well, I was afraid you were going to ask. And the reality is, is that I'm a Baptist minister and I think this stuff is demons. And I, and I use this stuff as sermons to my congregation. And I never responded to his email again. I never talked to that guy again. I thought I just dis disregarded that guy and that perspective out of hand. But with the perspective of time, you know, with the understanding that I know for a fact that this stuff is deceptive, I know for a fact that this stuff is negative. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not endorsing any aspect of Christianity or the Bible, but I believe that what this thing is, is, is what is described as demons in the Bible. And could it be what's described as angels in the Bible too? I have no idea. Mm. But like, uh, I'm not interested to fucking fuck around and find out, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's something, there's good, there's evil, and what is the evil sure. stuff? You know, I, I believe that. I, everything. Yeah. There, there can't be Dan good without evil. Right now. But <laughs> you know, the the shortest possible answer. Non, my conclusion, my final answer on all of this stuff, and this is is not shakable for me, is that there is some non-human intelligence that is based on this planet that has always been here, and that we can interact with at our own risk and peril and mm -hmm. that's what this thing represents it's funny that you say because when i did that interview with the dude phil mm -hmm. he doesn't say it exactly like that but says something like that there's something there they talk about like how at the swamp or at the you know in the forest yeah. that there's something there that's not benevolent 
that's been there before people. Well, why Do you think any higher ups have more contact? I with don't. Them? I don't actually think so. You know, okay. there's a lot of stuff coming out now about UFOs that comes from military. You know, when, when I look at my Facebook feed, I'm not, it's not full of videos of people that have been videoing UFOs. The <clears> stuff that is in my Facebook feed that's about UFOs is from government and military sources, and I do not trust that shit at all. Do you think Bob Lazar's a kook? Or? I do. I think he's actually a liar. Do you really? He could be a... Um, did you watch his, his that movie that he did with Jeremy? No, I did not, Jeremy, but, uh, but I will tell you this. I was familiar with Bob Lazar in 1993, and by 1993, that guy was already discredited and was oh, already... Really? not taken seriously among UFO researchers even in the early 1990s because there were so many things that he had said that could, were like demonstrably false and it, you know it's shocking the the fact that Bob Lazar has like returned to relevance is absolutely shocking it was like, yeah a couple of years ago because, he came back because by some dude by him, 1993 no one in UFOs took that dude seriously he was already over because of his lies now maybe you would know this because you're way more you have way more knowledge than me than this but he said that he worked at Area 51 and that the government said he didn't, but then, yeah. but then that he proved that he did through, like... I do not believe that he did. Okay. Um, I, I don't believe he was ever able to prove that he went to the schools that he went to. I mean, I... Um, I'm not trying to like debate anybody about mm -hmm. Bob Lazar based on my memories of, of this from 1993, but, you know... The documentary, it's it's free in a bunch of places now. So I'll try to find the link and send it to you. Do Have not. Seen it? I don't want to watch it. Oh, yeah. No, I just, I think that guy is a liar. Like, like there's a, a lot of disinformation in, that comes from our government about this stuff. And it's not, this isn't like a weird conspiracy theory. You know, you can find declassified documents where the government is like, hey, we need to be able to use this UFO hype for to conceal our own projects and stuff. Yeah. And it makes sense that they would do that. Sure. I we could zoom out from this further and ask, and I think this is a question that people should be asking. Is it good that our government infiltrates dissident groups? You know, is it good that our government tries to entrap people by like setting up fake terrorist crimes for them yeah. to create? Like we, 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 Patriot front. <laughs> yeah, like, we under, we like us, we are just, we've all grown up used to the fact that like, okay, if you have some kind of dissident political group, like it's going to be infiltrated by, feds yeah. but like it doesn't have to be that way no. and and when we think about like the the excesses of communist china and stuff like why don't we think about the fact that like you can't have any kind of dissident movement in the united states without it being infiltrated by yeah. intelligence agencies that's pretty, actually kind of fucked when you yeah. think about it and and it's the same thing with with ufos that they definitely there are intelligence agencies that have their fingers in these pies and i would love to see these intelligence agencies broken up and scattered to the wind. Here, here. <laughs> to that, we, we. Time to take a shot. <laughs> All right. This is going to be bad. <laughs> Who cares, no, man? No one is stoked about this shot. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. I, I'm stoked about it for the record. It's whatever. Woof. Mine wasn't terrible. Mine was. Mine was a terrible mistake. <laughs> that was that was better than the uh, that watermelon head. vodka. I was I was all about mine, but it was fucking. Oh. Well, right. that's I'm the washing end of it me. down with some Mountain Dew energy. Hell yeah! <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, listen. Fuck Christian Brothers, honey, whatever that fucking thing is. I'll I'll 
I guess I should wait until Mark gets oh, back. You can hear. So we're just kind of, I don't want to say we're talking about conspiracy stuff, but we're talking this whole, this whole. <laughs> I see this on your face. You know where this is going. Yes, I, I do. brought this up on the last episode, but okay. I, I feel this is the time to bring this up right now. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to work on getting that last episode back. It'd be fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Just there's there's got to be some fucking way to get it. Someone was saying that there's a thing they can do with like lasers that peels, like layers. You know, we we, we can always to record though. again. It's fine. This episode, just frankly, <laughs> that's just it. This this is in some ways maybe better than the than the last episode. I think the last one was a little sloppier for sure. I mean, we could we could. There was a lot sloppy. of good laughs. I, I there mean, was a lot of laughs. This episode has been, I think, a lot more serious. In, yeah, sure. in, 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 but I think this episode is compelling in its own way. Sure. And we, we, we could do a, a laughs episode. You know, yeah, I'm glad that we... There's many more we can do. If you yeah. take the end of February, it'll be like lost the episode 100 part two. Well, part one. Yeah. Lost episode. <laughs> this, this will be, you know, if you could ever retrieve that lost episode. The outtakes. The outtakes. <laughs> outtakes, yeah. So, I, for one, hope that that episode is never found. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably what will. What you're worried about wasn't even on it. Yeah, but even so, I was... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You want to talk about, like, paranormal phenomenon, like, missing time? Like, how long did you say that last episode Four was? Hours. Four if hours. How long is this one? Where are we at right now? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we're at three hours and 22 minutes. Well, so. so it's going to be the same time. Yes. <laughs> I remembered the previous episode as being, like, an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea. What the that's why that episode needs to be uncovered. Yeah. <laughs> you don't fucking remember. We need yeah, to find out... Sometimes I'll listen and be like, oh, that happened. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's the so, best part. So, I mean, obviously, there's only been one other time when we've all gotten together, the four of us. But, I mean, whenever we do, we just talk about uh, conspiracies, <laughs> urban legends. Whenever we do. The, the other time, you're the, saying. The other time. The one other time. The one other. Well, I'm hoping there'll be many more times. Of course. This is a, a, good, a good mix we got here. So, as far as an urban legend that I've always... Uh, I've always been fascinated about was one that you've been involved in. Uh, you told me personally when I was 15 years old. Remember when I was a substitute teacher at your high school? Which is so incredible. Strange. You were just like Wait, teaching what? You, yeah, he is this the, real? He used to teach fucking Spanish at Dartmouth High or something like <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck off! I was like, Wait, why did I not know this, dude? Like, hey, <laughs> did he teach you Spanish? Because if he did, I'm leaving. No, him I don't know. I would see him, and I'm like, I'm like, I think that's the dude who sings for Civil Defense. Like, <laughs> that dude's an old hardcore dude. Like, it's just like a stupid punk kid. Uh, but. You know, I remember being like 15 years old and like, you know, 14, 15 years old and you're like, you're discovering everything. You're, you're figuring out who people are, like who people have been around and, uh, you know, older guys. Uh, and I remember he came over to me once and I don't remember how the conversation happened, but we started talking about people and he told me, he's just, truth is telling me these stories about old Boston shows and fights and things that happened. Wait, at your school? No, yeah, oh. during Spanish class. This He's teaching happening. me this in Spanish is, why this is happening. This is post-high school. This is post-high school. It's like trying to teach him, like, I'm going to tell it to you all in Spanish. Yeah, so you have to yeah, see what you've yeah, learned. Yeah. I had to repeat it back. <laughs> Mira. <then>. Yeah. <laughs> Paque? Paque? Mira. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and he tells me the story once. He tells me the story about a fight that happened at a bold show. And uh, the fight that happened at bold show, like, I don't remember the specifics. <clears throat> Obviously, I wasn't there. But he was telling me that he witnessed... Kevin Borowski from Ski set the whole thing. Okay, stage. Sucker Punch? Okay. Uh, from, yeah. Yes, yeah. Kev, Kevin Berserker. Berowski was from Sucker Punch. No, he wasn't in Berserker. No, Sucker no he Punch. was in Sucker Punch. Right. 
He he antagonized Bold because this is when they were. Have you heard his other band after that? Stink Stink Pipe. Have you ever heard that? No. Didn't he do something like Nothing But Enemies or something? Was that him? No, that's Opie. Okay. Oh no no Enemies for Life. Master Bleed is the name. of Master Bleed. Master Bleed. Stink Pipe. That's a fucking awesome name. Thanks you brought that up. But uh, so you tell me the story about a fight that happened at a Bold show, and you witnessed Al Quint from Suburban Voice. Magazine punching Matt from Bold in the face. And I remember you told me this story, and I was just like, I was like, man, I was like, I, I kind of talked to Al, like, that's amazing that he would do something like that. And I told that story. Ryan Rio backed me well, up on this. I told that story, and I remember Ryan had told me about it. I remember Shane Mackey. The Ouija board. Shane, <laughs> Shane, Shane Mackey wasn't at the show, but I remember Shane Mackey telling me that you and Ryan had told him that at, in high school after the show had happened, like the next day at school. And I remember. It's uh, a, it was a very remarkable occurrence. So Al Quint, who was probably 30 at the time, punched like a 14 year old boy. <laughs> So I didn't a, see a, a, youth, a youth crew boy in the face, and then I remember, like, I brought this up. There was there'd be times where I was like, "This see, is like." See, the thing is, to me, there wasn't that spin on it. It was like we went to the show. Kevin Borowski started trouble with the bold guys. They fucking acted up. We were at the show. Yeah. Um, as as was the day, as was par for the course of the day, people were yelling "Free Bird" and fucking sure. fucking with them. This dude Mark Bourgeois was like fucking yeah. with them. And the the, the the guitars had enough and, like, smacked the dude in the face with the guitar. Yeah. And then it set it off. Yeah. And then it turned into a little fucking riot. So, and during the melee, yeah. like, during all the confusion wait, wait, and the crazy. Where, where, was, where was the venue for this? It was uh, in Cambridge. I can't remember exactly where. It wasn't the Middle, it wasn't the middle East. It was, was somewhere it a, else. Was it a church show? No. I, it might have been, like, Ground Zero, one of the weird spots. Okay. So, anyway, so long story short, fucking, I remember... Al Quint was up on the stage as he is taking pictures and stuff. And like during the melee, he just fucking got in a scuffle with Matt from Bold and fucking hit him. It wasn't like, it wasn't like. Can we contact fucking, Matt from Bold? It wasn't like a fucking, Can we call you know, him? a knockout punch. Like, it I wasn't like expected yeah, to throw yeah, a yeah. knockout so, punch. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like he fucking like fucking cocked the dude and knocked him the fuck out or yeah. anything. So anyway, but I was like very proud for Al. Like, like oh, look, he was repping Boston like during yeah. the fucking melee. Like that's, that's all it was. That's what the story yeah. was. It wasn't like, like depreciating him or coming down on him. I was fucking like. Fuck yeah, dude. Like fucking, yeah. it was Boston versus Bold at that point. And it was to the point where we were all outside. Bold wouldn't leave the venue because yeah. they were afraid to leave. Because what, what, what year are we talking about? This here? is sometime in the late 80s. Wow. Early, so, late 80s, so, early 90s. So you told me this story. And then See, I. The, admittedly, I, time, time wise, like I get a little blurry on time, but I know it was definitely late 80s, early 90s. I was yeah. still in like high school, like just so, out of high school. So I remember like. Bringing this up probably like late 90s, maybe early 2000s to Al Quint when I was still friendly with him. And I remember <laughs> him getting insanely mad. Like, so to me, in, it, insanely mad. Like, that never happened. And he would do his like, his old man, like, little jump when he gets upset. He's like, that never happened. And I was like, I was like, well, I don't know, man. Like, like, There's no reason to get like, that defensive. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Because if I just came up with like an insane lie that, like, hey, you punched out so and so, and you're like, that's preposterous. Like that never happened. You wouldn't get like insanely mad. But I remember that happened, and he got like insanely mad. And I remember going back and telling you, and I go, I go, well, this happened. Like, and like you were like, nah, man. Like I saw that, 
And then I remember there was a show at the Cambridge Elks Lodge at the basement. And this was probably maybe 2010-ish, I want to say. I'm just throwing a number out. And I'm trying to think what type of a show it would have been. It might have been a slap shot show. Maybe this was when they started playing in Massachusetts again. But I remember Al was there. And I remember you were there. And I brought that up to him. Because I think Jimmy Flynn might have been in the... Uh, in, uh, and, Jimmy. And, like, Jimmy Flynn might have... been. called Jimmy Flynn. Can yeah. we call Jimmy Flynn right now. Yeah. And he was like, he was like hey, remember, remember the time when you punched out Matt from Bolt? And he's like, that never happened. And I was like, I was like, dude, like, that happened. And I was like, he's right over there. And I called you over and I watched you two have this conversation where like, you're like, man, I saw you do that. And he's like, that never happened. And like, I was just watching, like, I was like, here are two dudes that like, I would never, I would never bring it up. Like if, if you, I didn't you, see, you like, were there's having, no reason for me to be like, bro, I saw you punch dude in the face. Like I wasn't yeah. saying it like a bad, like, yeah, you're like good to me. I was like, face. fuck yeah, dude. I was, yeah. Yo, no, 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 no. But I remember him I was like, proud, yeah, him right. getting like, Boston proud, yeah. you know what I mean? Like dumb <laughs> shit. You know him what I mean? getting visibly upset and mad that he was getting, uh, getting accused that he punched a 14-year-old boy. Well, so Which I didn't look makes at sense like because, I mean, he was probably like 35 at the time. <laughs> and see, that's like an act of child and abuse. I don't, I don't think and I'm Matt- just trying to say, and I don't want any legalities for like the Big Truth podcast. <laughs> I'll, we'll take full response if there's any legal actions. But I'm just saying that <laughs> Al Quint abuses, has at least abused children in the past. Well, what I youth will say. Truth, you youth crew boys. Well, what I will say. I don't know how old Matt was at the time. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, it we, was they were not crippled youth anymore. Well, listen, they he were was bold. definitely it was a minor. definitely bold. It was he definitely, was definitely minor. I don't know. I don't know if he was. He's definitely not looking back and laughing about getting punched in the face. Buddy. Does anybody know how to contact him? I he, wonder if he remembers he, this. He he definitely hasn't spoken out about getting punched in the <laughs> face. He probably doesn't know who punched him, but be like, yo, do you remember playing Boston? And like he'll remember that show. Some dude punched you. That show was a riot. Like they literally would not leave the show because there was like a hundred dudes outside, like waiting. And and I mean, like, so I've always like, and over the last probably ten years, I've been really at odds with (laughs) Al. And it was the best example of Boston fucking idiocy. Like they got bullied. And then, like, responded, and then people were pissed that they responded. Like, like, that's just some Boston dumb shit, which I fully endorsed at the time. Like, you know what I mean? mean, Fuck yeah. And and I mean, I'm going to go a little bit further. Like, I've been at. This is when Slapshot had shirts that said Boston with the men of men and the meat is red, that Mm -hmm. type of shit. You know what I mean? There was antagonism. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit further, and there's definitely been, like. Could have been 90, 91. And there's definitely. He could have been 18. Who knows? Well, I mean, he still punched a child, you know? Uh, he did. Uh, you know, I don't want to go further and just be like, you know, like, over the last 10 years, my, my, uh, my relationship with Al hasn't been very good. Uh, I did send him a Trumpy bear in the mail once, which that went over like Wait, balls. Wait, a real thing? Yeah, I sent him a Trumpy bear in the mail because uh, Trump had a, uh, uh, a teddy bear. So I mailed that to him. Uh, to who? To Alquin. <laughs> uh but I mean, like my constant harassment of Al Quint How'd has you get led his address. What? How did you get his address? In I, suburban voice. I got I got my fucking ways, man. Uh, you know, there's been people that have like contacted me, and I won't mention who they are. But there's been people that have contacted me about like him occasionally trying to take lewd pictures of like girls and bands and stuff like that, and uh, he's just kind of a shady character, and uh, there's. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at. I'm a little drunk. Uh, All right. 
let's 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 break let, this let, down. Let Chris, we'll break this down. <laughs> let Chris be the voice of reason. Um, you know, Chris so yeah, Al Quint has been in bands, right, or something? Maybe at some point. But some none time. of them he was, he was very good. good. Okay, he was sure. In, he was in non-police dictatorship. Um, Al Quint has run Suburban Voice Zine, or did run it for decades, right? Yes. Al Quint is a guy who is a fixture of the Boston punk scene, right? Or for Boston what it's worth. Punk slash hardcore. Yeah. For what it's worth. This is a man who has gone to shows, you know, this is a man who saw Minor Threat play in Boston. <laughs> Respect for, to them for never reuniting, by the way. Oh, total respect to bands that, that never got back say, together. I was just going to say, like hours ago, we were talking about something. I was like, you know the only band that never reunited? And I got to respect it, Minor Threat. I was told that anti-CMEX were offered maybe six figures to play a show and refused. That's great. Because they don't get along with each other. It's That's fantastic. Great. That's great. Yeah. Um, six figures. Yeah, so, some huge number, you know. Well, look, uh, you know. Minor not- Threat could have, I mean, as, as lame as it sounds, they could headline like Riot Fest. Think about it. People go fucking crazy. Dude, uh, Minor Threat could play one show and make an amount of money probably equivalent to what like Led Zeppelin would <laughs> yeah, get. Yeah, or like the Misfits. Reunited. Like when the Misfits, originally when the still Misfits, doing re- it. Misfits, the reason still the doing Misfits it. reunited is because they were offered like, it was either two or three, I think it was $2 million, no, $3 million to play two shows at yep. Riot, two Riot Fest shows. Yeah. And they were like, why wouldn't we're we friends do that? again? Um, <laughs> like, you know, why the fuck not? Not, not, in, not endorsing I'll play this band, for but fucking uh, one point five million. You know, very, very controversial <laughs> uh, black metal solo project. Burzum had been offered to play, to play, offered a million dollars, according to the guy who is that band, to play in London, and he said no. You know, is so, Burzum playing with Danzig? Who is that? No, no not Burzum. Burzum was playing with Danzig. I would go see that. <laughs> 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 no comment. Yeah. Uh, no, it's behemoth. Yeah, behemoth. Let's, you're right. let's yeah. find out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, back to um, back to. So these are facts about Al Quint. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> Andy punched the child. Here's a, here's, a, here's a new here's a new segment on the show. Facts about Al Quint. <laughs> you know, look like um, you know for what it's worth, I have never seen any kind of public. Uh, call out of Al Quint on bad behavior. These yeah. are facts. Behind the scenes, um, I personally have had my own negative interactions with Al yeah. Quint, where Al Quint seemed to respond positively to um, negative comments about me on the internet while responding to me as I was a friend in real life, which I found to be very disturbing. Yeah. Oh, wait, so he was responding to you negatively, but... Talking he nice was to he, when 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 he and I would see each other, it was all smiles and hey, how are you? But other people on the internet were basically saying that I should be banned from attending punk shows, and he was like clicking the like button on that, yeah. which so is disingenuous. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I I messaged him directly. You know, if if he's if he's listening to this, he he would attest to this. I messaged him directly. He was like, what 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 do you mean by this by liking this? And I felt that his response. His response did not satisfy me. What was his response? It was some very wishy-washy... Actually, believe it or not, I just looked this up, and I think he's, like, blocked me, or he's deactivated his account or whatever, because I couldn't... It didn't come up readily, but um, I think he was like, well, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I guess it depends on, you know, your perspective or whatever. Like, I was trying to offer support. Hey, why don't you message me? We're adults. Look, 
Um, it, it, there is no middle ground to me. It's like, if you were going to click the like button on someone saying Chris Pittman should be banned from attending shows, uh, you know, it's like, all right, maybe don't fucking smile and wave at me. I know? mean, let's, let's really like face it. I mean, the guy's a loser. He's been a house husband for years. His last job was working at Rocket Records in like 1987. Well, how do you know like, so much about Al Quinn? You do my fucking homework. You, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Like, you know, so like, the bigger question is, I want to know the dude has GoFundMes to buy himself a record player so he can like spin his fucking records on his online you know, record you, show that you nobody alluded, listens to. You alluded to something yeah. that I think was valuable. Yes. That you alluded to an allegation of impropriety with regard to photography. Yes. And this is something that I have heard from people that I regard to be credible. Yes. Now, I am not involved in like a cancel culture thing. Neither am I. Um, Me neither. Everyone has a right to do it. I cannot want. help but, but observe that stuff. Yeah. That some percentage of people who are involved in canceling people for past improprieties indeed have their own moral skeletons in the closet. Very true. And yeah. I would, with, you know, I haven't talked to Al Quint specifically about these allegations, but taking it on the Let's balance of what people have said to me, um, I actually wanted to just message him and be like, hey, what's your phone number? You know, do like, it. I can't. I, I I think he blocked me or whatever, which is whatever. See, so, you know, the whole thing is this. Truth's like, looking right now. If we could actually do this. The, the, the whole thing is this. It's like, in my mind, like. I don't have it anymore. This music scene that we've all belonged to, like, it's unfortunately like a place for people with good ideas, people with bad ideas. You have people who are outlaws, people who are deadbeats, people who are bad people, people that have. Nice. <laughs> Call them up, man. I don't know if that's real or not, but <laughs> I I just don't like I just don't like oh, people. Oh, is it Pea Peabody Massachusetts? All right, all right, all right. Oh, I, I, I just I just don't want people. I just hate the idea of people who put fronts on themselves. Yeah. Uh, I like people being very like if you're gonna be a piece of shit, wear that piece of shit on your fucking sleeve. I don't like that whole like white knight like pretending you're a good social good guy when you're actually like a real big piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah just be quiet about it. Or just whatever. be quiet about it, you know, like uh Yeah, keep it over there. Yeah, keep it over there. Hey, it's what but, my hey, people do. We just keep it over about there. It. Forget about I, it. I, and I mean to, to, just to do what you're gonna like, do and go to uh, church tomorrow, everything's good. I, I, I hate cancel culture. As somebody who's been canceled to a certain degree, uh I I think people should be able to speak their mind whether good nor bad Whatever. I agree. Uh, but I approaching four hours. Absolutely yeah. gone. But I, I, I truthfully <laughs> just like to bring this stuff, bring up stuff like Al Quint punching out a child. Uh, because, well, I, that, because I like to torture I, him. If, I'm, if, I'm a jerk. If, if and Al like Quint punched out that child. <laughs> he punched out a child. I would high five Al Quint. I think that's good that he did that. And if I was You're in canceled. his shoes, I would like to believe I would have punched that same child out. I've, because, never, I've never been a bold fan. Sure. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what, they were from what, New York or whatever? Yeah. Just yeah. on that basis, I don't care if he was six years old. He should have been knocked unconscious. What if he was from Leeds, England? You know, to me, it's more <laughs> later, Alquin, 
first of all, <laughs> uh, Quinn, why the fuck did you fucking disavow me to these stupid people who have left punk or whatever? It's whatever. Yeah, even we could have been cool old people together. We could have been laughing and joking, but now you're on the outside looking in because you fucking threw me under the bus to curry favor with some ever-changing cast of characters of increasingly younger people, which is a big waste of time. Chris and Bo- second of all, why are you so doing upskirt photos of women? That's the other thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because the thing is, is that I am interested in what is up women's skirts, but I have never taken a photograph, an unknowing upskirt photograph of a woman, which is what you have been alleged to have done. So you can, you can either address that or not, but it's like, and and I mean, I like, I like upskirt photos. I'm, I'm a dirtbag, but I mean like. I don't think it's right. To I do would that, encourage Elquin. Elquin, if you're listening to this, I would say, hey, make some kind of social media standpoint thing. Make an official statement and say, hey, I did some upskirt photos. It was absolutely disgusting and wrong. Yeah. I beg forgiveness. And and if you're willing to do that, I am absolutely willing to. Would forgive you have you. him on as a guest? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's cool that you punch that child. Well, my question, like, what were they trying to cancel you over? Oh me! Yeah. Uh, I made some. Uh, I made a lot of comments on the internet that were um, kind of uh, in opposition to what you're allowed to say on the internet, and some okay. of those things were taken out of context. Some of the things so, that I so said were taken out of context. Some of the things that I was accused of having said, I never said. Some of the things that I was accused of having said, I did say, and I never should have said because I have learned and grown as a person since I said those things. Mm. But um, Even still, you have the right to say what you want to say. Look, uh, I understand. You're just doing punk rock and speaking your mind. And- well, uh, you know, the, here, here's my, my take on this is that um, in 1998, when I graduated from high school, I was an extreme leftist and an anarchist. And those core principles, those core values that I held at that time, I have continued to hold my entire life. At some point after 2016, those principles that were extreme left in 1998 became like right-wing talking points yeah, yeah. and uh, th- that that's not like my fault no. you know what i mean and so i did but, not I mean, change like we've said at this point discharge is a right-wing band well that's what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. you, like if you read discharge lyrics it's right wing yeah. it's not but it is you, you know, know what i mean i you know i guess to to really answer specifically your question i made comments that were um I'll be, I'll be totally transparent here. I made comments with regard to identity politics that I made from a white male perspective. Okay. And as a result of that, I was, there was a push to cancel me. Mm-hmm. You the, son of a what, bitch. And when was this? <laughs> In 2017, okay. 2018 right. no, or whatever. Just, all right. And so the thing is, is that I had people specifically say, hey man, these comments that you made about identity politics come from a white male perspective, which... The reality is that is the only perspective that I could legitimately claim to be mine. And that, yeah. Well, that, now you can claim anything. Well, I mean, look, I am, in fact, a white male. These are facts. Yes. And so, you know, my viewpoint on the world comes from that. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, mm. that is not very popular in the milieu of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And so um, people that basically a lot of the shit that I said went over like a fucking lead balloon. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot about it. I learned a lot about what 
punk was and what social media was about and for and meant, you know, these things were all valuable things for me to learn. Um, so it's, it's basically, would you have changed it looking back or there are things that I said that I, uh, regardless of how I felt about these things, there are things that I voiced that I actually just should not have fucking okay. made as a Facebook status. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like simple as that. Like uh-huh. it does not. Well, you're mad enough to admit it. So. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It, it, you know, there was one that's, thing that's that right. I said, yeah. that shit, there was one thing that I said that I actually issued an apology for because it created very serious problems for my band when we were on tour. It created, you know, we had this extreme problem where I was on tour with another band that was like a, my friend's bands that was like lesser known. And suddenly all these bands are dropping off of all of our shows and we're, our shows are getting canceled and stuff. And so, uh, and these were, this was mostly based on a, a comment that I had made that was basically taken out of context. And, um, I issued an apology for that. And the reason why I issued the apology was because I, I did actually understand that I should not have said this thing that I said. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I issued the apology because I wanted the fucking heat to come off. So what do you think the result was of my apology? You more heat. Double down. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, made absolutely worse. Yeah. Never, yeah. never absolutely apologize. worse. No, no, no. I, I learned something yeah. very, very serious that day. So to be uh, very transparent to everybody here, what had happened was... Uh, there was that Pulse nightclub shooting, a mass shooting at a gay uh, oh, and lesbian yeah. nightclub yep. in Florida that was from a uh, someone who claimed to represent a Islamic group. Yeah. So I don't actually care to litigate it, at this point with anybody whether or not this guy really was an Islamist or just insane or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I was upset about that mass shooting. Sure. And I made a comment the day after that mass shooting. And I basically said um, something to the effect of, you know, you guys can keep fighting Nazis and and basically burying your head in the sand. Meanwhile, there is this ideology of uh, Islam. Uh, And I I actually hate to repeat this because this is not something that I would say today. I said, Islam is a... Uh, like a homophobic and misogynist ideology that condemn it or whatever. So people came back and they said, well, this is racist. And I was like, I don't understand how this is racist because I made a comment about Islam and and that's not a race. That's an ideology. White people could, could adhere to that ideology too. I understand though in, in kind of now that that is basically adjacent to like some kind of neo conservative, um, you know, anti-immigrant, anti-Islam thing. That was never the perspective that I was coming from. I was coming from like an anarchist perspective, which is like against all religion. But I understand that the way that I voiced it, the exact words that I used was basically the same as what fucking some theoretical Fox News guy yeah. might have said. Now, it, it was this something that Alquin had gone after you? Because well, uh, no, the, what, 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 specifically... Let's, let's bring it okay, full circle. Let's bring it full circle. Okay. I later made a final comment on all of this because yeah. I had I had made basically a thousand posts about punk identity politics, my ideas about punk. Finally, I basically realized that I had essentially lost, and that my ideas about punk were going to now transfer into history, and that punk was now up to what young people uh, wanted was, punk yeah. to be. And um, you know, full disclosure, this is generalization that doesn't apply to every person. I fucking hate young people, and I think that they are trash. 
<laughs> Tell us what you're, how you really feel. You know, there are there are some young people that are my friends that I value tremendously. But like by and large, like I think that the fact that I have been aligned with a youth subculture and that these youth that currently exist, I cannot relate to them because they grew up in like an internet thing. We could talk about this for an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's not the same. They're I'm not sure the same as me. Yeah. They are fucking trash. Yeah. I hate them. I would literally rather be alone in a swamp living in a stick hut for the rest of my life than interact with <laughs> Would anybody. you rather be in a room with Al Quint or them? Well, this is the thing. Well, sure. So, tell short of a so, this, this should not be seen as a blanket endorsement of people who are my age because there are plenty of people my age who I think are trying to curry favor with young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would I would gladly leave those people to be consumed by crabs and killed yeah. thereby. No, I agree. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I forgot what it was even talking about. <laughs> we were talking about hating young people. Yeah, yes. so basically, um, you know, the, I, I, okay, so I finally realized yeah. punk is a youth subculture. This is a fact. I am not a young person. This no. is a fact. Yeah. The future direction of punk is not up to me as an old person. It is yeah. up to young people. So I decided to make what was basically a final comment on all of this a sort of a manifesto that existed in the form of a farewell to all that i'm out fuck you i'm out yeah but it was basically like um you know punk lives if and then a certain set of like things that i thought like would would help punk carry into the future punk is dead if and then a sort a certain number of things that you know punk would not be able to continue into the future and basically you know the part of this only a part of it was that if if you're if being queer or brown or a woman makes you have more credibility in punk than anybody else, like their punk has nothing to offer anybody anymore. No. You know, and so and uh, somebody's gonna like misinterpret that and be like, see what he just said. Well, that yeah, and many like- many people resonated with that. This statement that I made was translated into multiple languages. Mm -hmm. It was published in zines, like all over the world. And I was pleased with the results, but there were for, for every, you know, 10 people that loved what I said, there were people who fucking hated it. People who were like, you are speaking from a white male perspective. You don't understand. There's a reason why it's incredibly important to elevate black indigenous people of color voices in the punk scene and stuff. And that was their perspective. Right. And, and so, um, a bunch of people, trans people and stuff, uh, real, there were, there were some trans people that liked what I said. I mean, there were many trans people who are fans of my band. There are many trans people who think that wrongly, that I am objectively opposed to them for their identity. That's never what I ever said or was about. Um, But there was a person who read that, didn't like what I said, and made a made their own social media post that was like, you know, Boston Punk is trash because Chris Pittman is not ostracized. Chris Pittman needs to be fucking like forced out of the scene. You know, my yeah. my I, my goal in life is to make Chris Pittman uncomfortable or whatever. And then there's some likes on that post. So who liked that post? Well, Al Quint was one of the people. Who liked it. <laughs> Now, Al Quinn, meanwhile, is a fucking 40-something-year-old white dude. No, where, no, no, no. You're giving you're 40. 50, I'm, 40. I'm yeah, a 40-something-year-old 40 40 40 40 white dude. You're a 40-something. He's a 50-something-year-old white dude. I would dude. see this guy. I would, no, no, this is like 10 years ago, though. Yeah, I would see this guy at shows, and we would always talk and chat and everything. And this, despite the fact that I heard these unsavory rumors about him, which I cannot personally, specifically confirm. You, you couldn't confirm would, it, so you talked to but him. But I would say 
say that the people who said this were people who I regard as being credible people, yeah. and I don't see why they would lie about this kind of upskirt photo stuff, you know? And I don't know, just for him to even click a like on that, I did directly address this with him. I wasn't satisfied about what he said about it. I don't think I've seen him since. And maybe he, you know, I don't know where he's at on this stuff. Frankly, since the pandemic, I think we all would agree that like what we would call the punk scene or whatever, it has changed. It has undergone some changes. Dramatic, and to, to, to what extent Elquint is even still a part of this thing, I don't know. Um, you know, and I don't hold necessarily any personal ill will against him. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. The stuff that he was accused of doing, I've never done that. No. But have I done bad things in my life? Of course I have. Sure. All, everybody here has. And have I done bad things specifically with regard to, to like women and stuff? In fact, I have. Yeah. You know? And so um, I'm not trying to put myself as being a, on a superior moral plane to yeah. Alquit. But I, w I definitely do not appreciate my sense that Al Quint was willing to throw me under the bus yeah. to curry favor with that young people in the yeah. punk scene because something that I've learned as I age in the punk scene is that there's always going to be a new person, yeah. a new younger person. Yeah. I personally am not interested in like making myself look cool to like an ever changing cast of characters who remain the same age while I become older and older, Yeah, you know? And so uh, I, I, I much prefer the fellowship of people who I've been like long-term friends with in the punk scene. And there yeah. are many such people. Yeah. And, and in fact, I make new friends in the punk scene uh, every year, no sure. doubt. And uh, some of those people are my age and some of those people might be 21 years old. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate those people as, yeah. as on a, we're on a journey together. You know, I appreciate all of you guys. I'm glad that we're doing this yeah, podcast here tonight. Absolutely. If it wasn't for punk, I would never have met any of you. Right. And, and even when I was asked to be on this podcast, you got to understand I had been asked to be on thousands of paranormal podcasts. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And I said no, you know, or I just didn't respond. What? But you messaged me and you were like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. And uh, you were recommended by uh, Mark Unseen. And I was like, fine. Yeah, because I got the sense that this is someone who I can relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah. I messaged you, and I was like, "He's a good dude." Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Like, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, "Sure, I'll do like, it." You might think he's like a goon, like, like <laughs> a big tough guy, but he's not. Yeah. He's like a good dude, like you know. And and not that not that you and I'm not. I'm not the one that hates the kids. I don't hate the kids. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate them. I mean. <laughs> You know. Hit the button. <laughs> I've got friends who are in their who are in their early twenties and stuff, and, and maybe even younger than that. You know, which is crazy because I'm I'm 43 years old. But like, generally speaking, like what all of this stuff. You know, the idea of me investing. You book, you, I think we've talked about this. Not to cut you off. You booked that global threat show on Franklin, right? Did you? No, God, I did not. No, no. Uh, are you there? No, I wasn't there. I would never go I to such a show. No, there was, there was this, this is all in the distant past. This was Franklin <laughs> had shows, but by Fra that well, time, Franklin community center, my, we played in like, it was like a basement somewhere. Yes. Yeah, it was a, it was a Franklin community. Franklin community there, yeah. Like, no, I was not there. I know the place. I know like, the venue. I feel like you were around then. People like, I was oh. around. I was trying that, that whole scene. This is a very complicated, very complex subject. Yeah. But wait a minute. Let's get back to something. What you put okay. disaster when, when, when you're when you're recommending people to come on the podcast, why do you have to why do you have to state that I'm not a goon? 
But you might think he's a goon, but he's not a fucking goon. Because he probably wants to hear Instagram. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it said that. No, I might not have said that. No, it was probably like, he's a good dude. No, it was very straightforward. I'm just, you know, and it was like, it was, it was very much like, this is a guy who looks like a violent on the level. You know, he's just a motorcycle and gangs, but he's a solid dude. Like, yeah. Hey, man. Are you, look. It is what it is. But like brotherhood and stuff, uh-huh. like that stuff, like it, that's still something that means something to me. Like you know what I mean? And it, I'm not excluding anybody. Either. Well, I used to, I used to find that kind of a feeling in the punk scene. Me too. Uh, I agree. Well, we all did. But that's and why. That's why I'm, I I understand that there are probably people. I don't I don't necessarily find that feeling. Generally speaking, in the punk scene at large now, but I understand there are people who are maybe in the motorcycle scene who are maybe finding that <clears> in you know motorcycles. Well, there's a, there has been, there is a big, um, a lot of people that are into motorcycles and a lot of people that are club guys are old punk and hardcore guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, because true. It was, it was the the next step. And I mm-hmm. talk about this a lot in the, through the podcast, through episodes. Yeah, like it's the next, lo- like it's a lot the of next the, stage of yeah. loud, dangerous, do it yourself, punk rock, DIY, fuck, fuck society. Well, in, in some ways, in some ways I could, dudes are like I could see that guys. maybe yeah, more that even with. in motorcycles today than in like the punk music scene of today where I don't necessarily feel like there is a lot of pushback against mainstream narratives. No, but the problem is, is that all the American subcultures are getting co-opted and and watered down. I, mm-hmm. That's a, that's what I can say 100. Yeah, percent absolutely. I, and that's why I get. I think so we can mad all agree it. with that. And that's yeah. why I get so upset because I'm like, to me, punk rock and and hardcore and 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 uh, metal to some extent and and uh, and and motorcycle stuff were the last bastions of like, hey, I, I'm going to tell you I'm going to do something. My word is bond. Like it's sure. cool. You're into this. We're into this. We can do yeah. something on a handshake. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, it, well, it, I mean, I, I think and it, and that's gone, dude. Like, it, I, I've had to come to grips that 100. percent Except in some my circles of close people, mm-hmm. that stuff is gone. I mean, I think that stuff still exists, but it exists in like a much smaller level. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, take a look at like what we have going on here right now. I mean, like, we're all roughly the same age. Like, if you like needed that. a couch moved, we would help if you I, do if, it. If, I, if you guys were helping me steal a couch that accidentally got delivered to my house, I know I could call you guys. This. The best part about you'd help that. Me steal a couch. The best part about that is Packer was so genuinely hurt. He was so mad. Like Germany. He's like, he was out of town. You're like, he was in Europe, you idiot. Like, but, but he saw that picture. He's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, well, you know. Should I tell the story? He's like, how come you guys didn't call me? And I was like, you were out of. You weren't even in town. You were in the Netherlands. Dude, you Should I? Should I actually just like? No, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's just more funny. But that's the extent of how tight we all are. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think nowadays, like, what we have going on here is like it's more of like lack of a better term like an like an age bracket like we've all gotten into the same shit right. we're all into the same shit but like we're not yeah. all, we might come age. from like certain different paths but S- the same things path but and... i mean like we're all like well we've all been around long enough we're all into the same shit for the most part we're still here we're still here and like we're all basically adults we're like we own properties or some of us might have families or something like that but it's like you know it's like we know who the enemies are. <laughs> yeah. Al Quint and kids. <laughs> kids. <laughs>
So the takeaway is uh, never mind the bollocks. Here's the here's the podcast. Uh, what, what was that name? The the crusty uh, the crusty package. The crusty, crusty package. package. <laughs> crusty package. And Chris Pittman hates the kids. Yep. So 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 for for, for future for future for future demo bands, we have the the crusty package. <laughs> Doing a split with non-human intelligence. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was our band. That was our band yeah. from the last episode. Time, non-human yeah. intelligence. I'm in. We're, we're doing a split N-H-I. with Krusty Package. <laughs> uh, three singers. Three singers. <laughs> Ass flaps from both bands. Uh, it's the same band. It's just the same two different band. names. Yeah, just yeah, sing about two different things. Yeah. Krusty Package. Man. Punk Rock Museum. Punk Rock Museum. All right. Oh, are we out of gas? Is there anything else we got to talk about? Did, we didn't talk about a single movie. We didn't talk about music. Well, we kind of talked about music. Okay. If I, all right. All right. Now, now, full disclosure, we're four hours and two minutes into this. What was the last one? It was, I don't know. It, was four it, it doesn't matter. This, this, this fucking SD card's going to break the second you pull it. Is there, yeah, is there totally. anybody else we need to call or anything? Or? You want to call somebody? Call Packer right now. See what Packer's doing right now. We already talked to Packer. No, call, call him up right now. See what he's doing. <laughs> Hold on. See if he's watching me first. In the he said he was going to a tiki bar earlier. He sent me hearts. And oh, that's so no, gay. No. no, he likes tiki bars. Does he? I like tiki bars. Yeah. I just can't drink a Who did we talk to on the missing episode? We talked to Jimmy Gestapo, right? I don't know. We can call did him. We talked, to, we talked to Danny. What's Danny doing? We call talked Danny. to some guy from the Dropkick no, Murphys, said, right? He said he was out of town. Danny was out of town? What about the Dropkick Murphys guy? You want to call Al? We call call some Dropkick Murphys guy. Call Al. We can call Matt, maybe. We can call Matt right now. Call Matt. You want me to call Matt? Yeah, let's try it. Wait, I'm trying to you, it. My phone's being weird. Can you patch him in, or is that... I got Matt's number right there. We, we, we must have everybody in Dropkick Murphys. Would Al be awake right? at 1120? Like, is that disrespectful call, to what? call an old guy? Is it disrespectful to call Al at 1120? Look, no, we, it's up to them if they want to answer the phone. We tried That's Al true. last time. Um, we didn't get out of last No, time. but he was upset. He hit me up the next day. He's like, and then I told him why we called. He's like, oh, fuck off. We could try to call him. We just will not talk about DKM because it's probably. I talked to him about firearms. Yeah, that's fine. We could do a little firearms talk. How many guns that. you got? Uh, All right, hold eight on. or nine? I, Mark, not, you got guns? I don't. What do you, what do you, I should get What do you got? You got I guns? got a lot of guns. What do you, what do you, what do you like? Are you a FUD I'm gun? Interested you're, in, you're a FUD gun type of a guy. No, I'm, I'm like, uh, most of my guns, I'm not actually like planning to use my guns. and like. Well, uh, of course, no. My, mine all fell into the Who are you calling? Like, phone's ringing. Who are you calling? Packer. Oh, I'm right. calling. Oh. Is it? Hello? We're, we're shit-faced, are you? We're, we're still doing this podcast, and we're drunker, <laughs> and we miss you. It's four hours. Real talk, it's, real talk. It's four hours and four minutes in. Hey, hey, what, what, song, what song is Bad Religion playing right now? Hey, uh, Ryan, hold on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that one's for you. Never hang up your boots. Hey, uh, <laughs> straight edge in your face. Hey, uh, what, uh, what, what song is Bad Religion playing right now? Are you kidding me? I, 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 when I talked to you before, that's when I was. Merry Christmas! I fucked a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm currently at a bar uh, at the top of the Circa Hotel on the 50th floor, uh, enjoying some cocktails. Uh, not enjoying punk rock. Uh, just enjoying. <laughs> just enjoying some nice drinks. <laughs> and uh, that's it. That was a little time with my wife. Uh, nice. <laughs> you guys are the garage. You guys having fun? Oh yes, yeah. we're having a great time. 
Yeah. No, no, dude. We like you're out with your chick. Like we won't bother you. We're just drunk and fucking. Let's try to call Danny. Yeah. All right. Let's call Danny. Bro, yeah. have a good one, man. We'll talk. Go ahead. Get him on. We'll get the guy. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna call Danny. Right, <laughs> it's the M M six podcast. <laughs> I think Danny said he had something tonight. Yeah, he might answer. Well, I mean, it's like what nine o'clock over there right now. He might be driving know. over there. That's a no what time is it? Probably, probably grilling some sausage or something. Eleven twenty. We hung out with Mick Lambro from from uh, Australia. Oh, the at the, uh, at the bowl in New York. Oh, yeah. He was he's he's out there with a Danny now, or he might be he might be gone already. But he went out to Arizona afterwards. Good dude. Man, Arizona's great, man. I love Arizona. Yeah, Arizona is great. That's great. I I was gonna buy property there, and I was gonna buy property in Austin, fifteen twenty years ago. That would have been a good boy. Idea. You you could have probably retired. Up. You I fucked, fucked that up, up so bad, man. bro. When I was gonna buy when I was gonna buy property in Austin, yeah. it was eighty grand for like a house in the city. What is it now? Like probably that same property is probably like five six hundred grand, dude. Dude, he didn't answer. Oh, no. I know. I think he said he had. I think he said he had something to do tonight. No, so it's a lack of respect. That's lack of respect. Fuck him. <laughs> he's he's canceled. Canceled. I think we're all canceled after this episode, except for Patrick because he wasn't here. I, I, I mean, what, what's left to take away from you? Fucking this was birthday? a good, this fucking... was a good one not to be on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love you guys. Uh, I can't wait to listen to it. All right. <laughs> Next time you go four hours, give it a listen. <laughs> say hi to Greg. Gra- say hi to Greg Graffin. <laughs> Greg Graffin. <laughs> I'm going to introduce him to the rest of his band. Apparently, they haven't even met yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. Uh, hey, well, well, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Later, dude. Later, Bye, bro. Love you, guys. Love, Later, you, bro. love you. Bye. Bye. So, all right. So, uh, if we if we wanted to talk about movies, is now when we start gorilla calling people four yeah. hours into it? Cool. We make this we like call, the f- call everybody. You, do, I, I, you're not much of a movie guy. No, you? we talked about this briefly in the previous episode. Yeah. You like asked me what my favorite war movie was, and yeah. we talked briefly about it. Uh, but generally speaking, I don't like really watch yeah. a lot of movies. I I recently saw uh, that movie Sisu. Did you ever I watched know? that movie. Yep, I saw it in the theater. How fun was that? I had movie? so much fun. I was laughing out loud it's for like, the entire it's, it's movie. It's like the most absurd. Like, it's a World War II John Wick movie. It's cool. It, it's um, fucking awesome. And a, it's just, a lot yeah. of my friends are That's World the one War II buffs. Yeah. And I was basically told like. This movie is fucking terrible. This movie isn't like World War II. And it's, it's like... Not, it's not the, fun. Of that. The, the level... You're going to suspend... Dude, belief. it's an action oh, yeah. movie that happens to take place in, in a World War II yeah. context. And yeah. I was laughing at how they, frankly, clumsily, but also entertainingly, yeah. tried to like force some of the shit into a World War II context because it was absolutely ridiculous. Sure, yeah. I enjoyed it. I had a great it, time. It's, it's basically <clears throat> John Wick set in World War II with like an old prospect. Eh, he used to be like a, a super soldier type dude like trying to get his gold back from like a, like a bunch of Nazis. And it's super fucking gory. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, a, a perfect popcorn movie. 
Totally. It's fucking great. The the way that the Nazis are portrayed is totally not like realistic as far as like the World War II German armed forces. It's so comic book. But I also thought that they like looked and were cool as villains. Yeah. You know, and I enjoyed it. I thought that it was it was uh, it was fun. I, I had a fun time. It's really funny because I I actually this is this is totally comical. I had um I went out in the first part of a day. Yeah. And I went looking for arrowheads and in like Native American stone tools. And an incredible stroke of luck, I found like a bunch of really cool Native American stone tools that day. Oh, that's awesome. So I was in a super extremely good mood. Yeah. I had dinner plans with like a female friend of mine. Yeah. And usually she and I would talk and we would come up with like a plan. And I was like, hey, I'm having a fucking great day. I'm in a great mood. Whatever you want to do, just literally we can do whatever you want. Yeah. And she... Well, she wanted to go to a hot pot restaurant, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. And then she was like, we're going to go see this movie about Nazis being killed, which is like the last thing that I like necessarily yeah. want to yeah. see. You know, but I had so much fun at the restaurant and yeah. I had so much fun at the movie. Movie movie's such a good so time. So your friends yeah. that are World War II buffs, what, what was their take on Iron Sky or Iron Sky 2? <laughs> Those friends, movies are fucking horrible. My, my, friends, my friends who are World War II buffs have a, a kind of understandable thing where they do not like the reduction of the reality of World War II to some kind of historical archetype like a pirate sure. or a yeah, Viking. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You know I what I mean? It. Where I it's like it. the reality of World War II is that like the, the the people who fought for the German army in World War II, they were like conscripted from like all over Europe yeah. and like they weren't necessarily like cartoon evil people. No, you know? So just... so if there's a movie that depicts these people as cartoon evil people, the World War II buff is like this is a historical, but it's like sometimes you just got to let that shit go. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you've just got to understand that, like, the quote-unquote Nazi is, in fact, a historical caricature, character. Yeah, I mean, and, did you see Looney Tunes from the 50s? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I love that movie, Sisu. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that I, like, want to see it again, but, no. like, I fucking had so much fun watching it yeah. in the theater. Did, did you ever happen, and I know you said you're not a big movie guy, but did you ever happen to see the miniseries Generation War? I did, I did indeed. How great was that? Well, even that has its own, yeah. you know, that movie requires its own level of suspension of disbelief. Sure. Where you've got these five friends or whatever they were yeah. who who meet in Germany and then they like they constantly are interacting with each other on like World War II battlefields, yeah. which is like not how it would have been. Sure. You know, so so that that movie was cool. And yeah. that movie was an interesting portrayal of like uh, World War II German soldiers that yeah. was kind of complex and but but even that movie introduced its own tropes where you know you've got this woman who's an entertainer <clears throat> who like gets killed at the end or whatever the, yeah. the whole thing is um, you know w- look there's a dichotomy between the reality of World War II yeah. and what I would call the World War II expanded universe, which yeah. is like this, you know, media thing that spun off from it that that kind of forgets that the real war actually happened. But like, can I still enjoy those kind of yeah. of media things? I can. Sure. You know, w- knowing what I what I know about World War II, it's just 
it's whatever, you know, like I certainly don't expect there to be ever made uh, a totally impartial movie that shows World War II from the perspective of the guy who gets drafted into the, the Nazi army, yeah. right? Like those, that's like whatever, you know? You haven't seen Sisu yet. You haven't seen it yet. No, no, we talked about it on the way. We it. It's, it's worth a watch. It's fun. I, I had a really on? good time. You gotta I mean, rent it. Uh, the, you gotta rent it or buy it. The the fucking, prime they right have now. like a like a po it's like Nazi troops in like a post-war like Soviet tank. And they have like a post-war Soviet machine gun. Yeah. But to make it like a Nazi machine gun, they just put a swastika armband around the <laughs> barrel. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that kind of shit is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, and it's funny because I'm actually taking my daughter there tomorrow. Do you ever go to the American Heritage Museum in Hudson? Uh, you're going to go there tomorrow? I'm going there tomorrow with my daughter. To we go should see talk about this after the recording. You want to go? Maybe we'll meet up. All right, sick. Uh, I, yeah. We'll talk about this after. We'll talk recording. about this tomorrow. Yeah, we can't let the people know where we're going. To be. I'm not. I'm not putting anything on the record about this. Okay. All right. Also, um, this isn't coming out for at least a week or two, so don't worry about it. They no might have a time. No one's going to meet you there tomorrow. No one's going to meet you. Al Quinn's not going to show up and punch you in the face. I disavow, I disavow any knowledge or interest in World War II German armed forces. Yeah. That's it's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, Renfield. Renfield was. Uh, I saw about 25 minutes of it and fell asleep, but it was good. It was okay. an entertaining 25 minutes. I saw that when I went to Arizona. Uh, it, as far as like a horror comedy, like I'm usually thumbs down on that stuff. Is that the vampire one? With, with Nick with, Cage with, playing Dracula. Okay, yeah. I saw I like mean, someone, had, someone had a million dollars. They got Nick Cage. Listen, I mean, like <laughs> the, the thing is, is, is you watch that movie and what makes that movie fun is just those scenes with Nick Cage. And he's like kind of like a side character. He, I mean, for the most part, he's they barely, did a job with the he's barely in it. Yeah. But I mean, it's like you just watch Nick Cage just because you know he's having such a good fucking time overacting playing Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movie's fun in that regard. Uh, i trying to think if there's anything else cool that I've seen recently. Newer films, not so much. Uh, but those two... I've been recent ones I watched. Uh, I didn't see Evil Dead Returns or whatever the fuck it's called. No, we, is it any good? No, I, I didn't see it. I, I was I gonna heard rent it. I heard, I heard mixed mixed reviews about it. I was gonna rent it and then I was like, ah, eh, no. Let's we'll save it for the next M4. Well, what? Because yeah. uh, didn't Danny say it was good? Danny says everything is good. Yeah, but you can't. Always, I was just gonna say you can't always. I, I love Danny, but you can't. Bruce always Campbell even in that. No, no Dan, Danny says everything is good. He's, until he's you bring a Chucky guy. So somebody said it bridges all the movies together. Somehow, or no, something. I don't. I don't, I don't give know. a fuck. Like, did you see it? No, no. I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll see if I'll see if it shows up on Mark's Peacock <laughs> app that I can. That's still logged into my TV. Dude, you gotta get my with kid. Him, my kid was watching the Smurfs you get, on your channel nice. yesterday. You, you, gotta get the, you gotta get the Canadian box, man. What's the Canadian box? I'll talk about it. All. I used to have one called Hot Box. It's it doesn't work anymore, but I had everything. And we got like, a lot of stuff to talk about after this podcast. <laughs> we got. We're already four hours and 50 minutes. I think I'm going to have to break this up into two episodes, man. No, Aww. don't do that. Don't do that. It, it's going to... The, 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 the SD card's going to break and yeah, be fried. Pittman's, Pittman's Freetown no. Demons are going to break this thing It's not going to happen anyways. No, it's not going to happen anyway. This, this I whole, think this one was definitely all over the place. It's good. In a Let's good talk way. about some band stuff. American War Machine. I saw you guys had a local show announced recently. What's the deal there? Um, Sheer Terror Show? Yeah, that, we're playing with Sheer Terror in September. That's, nice. that's the only thing on the books right now. And then we might do... Where that. is that show? Uh, the Middle East, I believe. 
I believe it's the Middle East. That place hasn't closed down yet? That place isn't condos yet? What's going on? It's going to be over (laughs) in December. No, it's going to be over in December. They're already booking the last fucking hardcore shows there. Yeah, but who cares what it's going to be? It's not going to be the same space. And they they say they're going to put a space in for a venue, but that dude's going to take 10 million and be like, peace out. (laughs) We know they're not going to. Battle Ruins, what do you guys got? January. Uh, To be announced... Nothing is announced yet. Yes. Okay. There's nothing coming up. Okay. You can That's tell me later what you have going on, and I'll fucking smash all the fucking cups and bottles off this fucking table. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing going on. Musically, I'm basically retired. Until That's something gets announced until July. It's absolute yeah. bullshit what you've done. Really, th- th- this is the ultimate jealousy and infuriation <laughs> thing for me personally is what you've got going on. I think it's fucking disgusting. The jealousy level off the charts. I just fucking can't even put it into words. I don't know what you're talking about, but I think it's disgusting also. <laughs> uh, Did unseen, that fucking Unseen Fest get sold out yet at Sonia? Uh, it's it moved. Yeah, it did. So it's moved to the Middle East. So well, not. Oh wait, it's moved to Middle East downstairs. downstairs? Yeah, but it's you can still buy tickets from Middle East downstairs. Yeah, it's what at, is it thirty five dollars? Thirty. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, fuck society. Well, 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 those last fifty tickets aren't going to sell. Being that you said you hated 15, the kids. Bro. Fuck. Thirty's the new. I have to go to that show. What about for the worst? Not playing that show. What can you tell me about it? Uh, the guitar player um, can't do it because he's going to be in Europe. So who's who's the fill-in thing? Um, I put uh, Lenny Lashley from Darkbuster on because I thought it would be completely ironic. Absurd. To do that. Uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> why did you put who killed Spiky Jacket on that? No, 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 no. We we couldn't play it. We've got our drummer is a very talented musician, and so it's very like sophisticated and complicated when he can actually sophisticated. play. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you guys? What do you got going on? Uh, we've got a show that is ab like I don't know who's listening to this. No one's listening to this. We're we're, we're four hours five, in. Top five percent of the fucking people are listening. Four hours in. Uh, Some dude in India is gonna be right. This band from this band. This street punk band from uh, Italy that uh, called Call the Cops. Yeah, we played with them. Oh, I've in, seen them. They're good, actually. Yeah, we played with them. They played in, in California yes, last year, and they yeah, were fucking them. wicked that fun. Yeah. We hung out with those dudes. They were super fun. Yeah, they were uh, nice dudes. I was. They like, were hey. super nice dudes. Yeah, they we were really noses. cool. <laughs> they were they were really cool dudes. Um, and then the, so they're booking a tour with this band, Rod uh. Stitches from Atlanta, in. On the west, on like the east coast in September or something, and uh, talented drummers are free, so you can do well, it. <laughs> here's the deal. PJ, our guitarist, was like, "Hey, do you want to play the show?" And I was like, "I don't even want to dare ask our talented drummer <laughs> to play the show, unless some other band of his, which he is in every local band, is going to be playing this show. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. There was like a bunch of conversation about it. It like went nowhere, you know? And then I was like, okay, cool. So we're not going to play it, whatever. And then like a few days later, I got a text from PJ, a guitarist. And it was a flyer for the show with us and his other band, as well as the Italian band and the other touring band. And he was just like, LOL, I asked a lot of other bands, no one else would play, so this is the show. It's like, great, all right, cool, so I'll be there. So where's that going to be? At fucking Sammy's Patio in Revere. Oh, I've heard about that place. Did you guys play there also? Like with That that show was absolutely insane because we we started our set, 
People in the crowd started lighting off fireworks, which is standard for our set. Yeah. Um, the P, the like PA got cut off and the fire department got called, which is very standard. Yep. And typically that's the end of the set. At this particular venue, they let us continue to play even after the fire department showed up and left, but oh, nice. still with no PA. So all the instruments are, are playing. That's awesome. But I have so to would... jump up and down, screaming at a bunch of people who can't <laughs> hear me, hoping that they will also sing along mm -hmm. and that then thereby, like, vocals will be heard. It was fucking horrific. Nice. And, and then afterward, the, the guy, PJ, who booked the show, went over to the guy who owned the club and was like, Hey, yeah, I understand the fire department came, whatever. And the fucking guy who owned the club was like, I thought that was fucking cool as hell. And, wow, that's awesome. Man. And he was like, he was like, we have shows where people get shot in the head and they die. So this was fun. <laughs> yeah, He's like, punk is a bunch of pussies. Yes, yeah. that's what he so, was like. So, and so now we're playing there again. What's that's the, uh, what's the date on that? It's fucking September, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Okay. It sucks. We can do another <laughs> podcast you before the kids. We'll, we'll do I hate them. <laughs> fuck them. The thing is, we played the street punk show. Al Quinn's going to come punch people, you in the face. People were at the show. They were like, I came here from fucking Texas. I came here from Chicago. I came here from California. I came here from you when? Know, I came here to see all these. I came here from, I flew here from fucking all these. You know, I drove here from Virginia. I flew here from Chicago. And it's like, street punk is this thing. Like, did you put your know. hair up, though? To me? No. I'm man. fucking bald. <laughs> Mark, we should talk about this because we could play some show in Revere and literally all of the people who would be at the show would be from other parts of the United States of America so and we could sell our t-shirts and I, it could be whatever. I, I mean, is there a certain guilt that these people are like flying in from all these places? To, Dude, to I talked to these people. I talked to these people and I was like, like I was like, to Revere. I was like, I'm sorry. There's like, a dog track down the street like <laughs> like you came from madrid yeah. well, I, I, I will say we played the show in revere and the the headlining band was copyright chaos from connecticut Ca connecticut i will I, I swear to you at least 50 percent of the people at the show were from outside of the northeastern part of the united states meaning people came from all of these other places and like this is true with your band also yeah like, I, I i like Checked out your band after yeah. the last time we recorded yeah. this, and it's like I I, I like your band. Yeah. I uh, the amount of like what you talked about with like the reaction to your band, I and, don't like get it. It's fucking disgusting to me. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> the unseen American War Machine. All of this shit is insane. Like shit is insane. Our world is fucking absolutely <laughs> disgusting and insane. Yeah, and you know we can talk about this more after we are done recording. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> four hours and 23 minutes in, boom. I think this is the Nobody's going to hear this because it's going to not be recorded. <laughs> Pim and Steemans are going to shut it down. Demons. Am I demon? Oh, we're going to do it. Water demons. Yes. All right, so we're doing a live podcast from the Danzig Behemoth uh, Midnight Show. <laughs> are we? September oh, 11th, 9-11. We'll figure it out. we got to figure Never it forget. out. Never forget. Unless I'll I'll my band is playing on September 10th, too, so we can fucking do whatever. Yeah. We can hang out. Yeah, we should do something. We'll talk about this Where's September later. 10th? Uh, it's in fucking Sammy's patio. Oh, so we're going go to go to it. So we're going to be in Revere. It's a double header. 
like live from Sammy's patio and then live from Danzig's tour bus. Yes. The next day. <laughs> We're getting on. I'm calling Erie. I'm like, use whatever you got to get us on. All right, set it up, man. Set Dude, it up. Like, I don't even have Glenn's Send phone number anymore. <laughs> so the next two shows in September are going to be in Revere. Yeah. On that note, all right, okay. Battle oh, Ruins in Revere. <laughs> all right, thank you for. If you hung in this long, we fucking love you. You're the fucking salt of the earth. I love you. All right, here all we right go. Up. Adios. Adios.